no. Boom. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, people of Earth, and the internet, it is time for episode two, and Jordan, I believe, forgot to change the title of uh, the podcast on Twitter. Damn it! 
<laughs> I believe, of episode uh, two here in season five of the House Divided podcast. Yeah, that might have happened. Hold on. We are here. I can close this down now. Um, one second. God. Oops. <laughs> All right. Let's right. try this again. Season two, uh, season five, episode two. There we yes, go. Yes, that, those things. We are here. We have a packed show today. So, thank you for being here. We have a lot to get to. We got uh, NFL preview, which fitting since Jordan is uh, at Ford Field. Yeah. Yeah. Kind, kind folks here at Ford Field, huh? Before we get into anything. It's everybody's favorite time of the week. Stupid people say stupid things. Who wants to yeah, lead us really off here? Yeah, they really do. Um, I think I let off last week, so I will let you have the floor here. Um, I only have two of them, and only one is actually a person. So I have three and a quarter. The fourth three one, and a quarter. I oh have my. four technically, but the fourth one is from Colin Cowherd, and it was only fitting. Because he's on this graphic. I mean, yeah. Like, that's yeah. the only reason that there's four this week. If it wasn't for him I'm being st- on this graphic, there wouldn't have been four. I'm still amazed that you didn't realize that Tucker Carlson was on the graphic until <laughs> right like last Right below night. me, too. Like, yeah. He's right here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Unfortunately. Yes, he yeah. is. But he's yes. a stupid. He's a stupid person who says stupid things. So for a living, um, I will yes. actually start off with Colin Cowherd. He said this last. I also want to mention all of these came from last Sunday or Saturday night. Um, oh. after college football, most college football happened. I'm going to start off with this one from Colin Cowherd, who we all know. He Unfortunately. said. He tweeted this. It is so nice to wake up in a city with two college football powers. He said this uh, Sunday in reference to both USC winning, uh, beating whoever the fuck they beat. I believe it was San Jose State. Uh, whoop de shit. Yeah. And um, My UC- after, exactly. after UCLA beat uh, LSU in a game that was actually good, but no one cared about. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get there. This is stupid because this past, this whole off season, off season, and however many the past, however long Clay, um, USC coach Clay Helton has been as the head coach. He's Colin, been there a while. Colin Cowherd has said he is a bum of a coach. Um, US, USC, yes. USC wins one game and. Uh, over a relevant-ass team, San Jose State, with, uh, I believe, an irrelevant-ass coach who I don't know who it even is. I'm just going to assume it's Brady Hoke still. Or is Brady Hoke again. Where at? Uh, San Jose State. Oh, wait, Brady Hoke was never there. He was at San Diego. Yes. Well, even worse, I'm going to assume it is uh, a trash can head coach. Of San Jose State. Yep. All right. So they did play San Jose State. Let me uh, let me uh, look that up here. Yeah, please. Um, either way, point goes back to Colin Cowherd has spent the past umpteen months. Anytime he talks about USC, 
saying how awful Clay Helton is as a coach. And, well, now he's saying after one win, it's great to wake up in a city with two college football powers. I feel like Colin just says stupid shit at this point. Like, he's just, like, the ultimate troll. Like, I feel like he doesn't... He's he's entering, like, Skip Bayless territory in Stephen A. Smith, where he doesn't believe the things that he says. He just says them to say them. He, he says them to say them and have... And, and you know, get a, a reaction, whether it be on social media or something else. Um, By the way, the head coach of the San Jose State University football team is some guy named Brent Brennan. Uh, 48 years old. He has a career record of 16 and 31. Oh. He played uh, wide receiver at UCLA for two years. Okay. Fair. Um, but the record of 16 and oh, um, 16 and 31 is not good. Um, I'm going to use a phrase that we use a lot. He's a guy. He's a guy. Yes. <laughs> I um, say that a lot. Through, Looking through his coaching career, there's really nothing good. Um, Woodside High School in California, he was an assistant. Um, Hawaii, graduate assistant. Washington, graduate assistant. Arizona, same thing. Um, at Cal Poly, he was a wide receiver coach. Um, he had also previously been at San Jose State from 2005 to 2010 with a variety of roles. Oh, uh, wide receiver coach, tight ends coach, co-offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, tight ends coach, special teams coach. 2010, he went back to just being a wide receiver coach before he left for Oregon State for, uh, uh, let's see, from 2011 to 2016, where he again just coached wide receivers. And... Then he has been at San Jose State since 2017 and done almost nothing. Apparently, they won the Mountain West Championship last year, and he was the Mountain West Coach of the Year. But it's the Mountain West, and it was 2020. So take that for what you will. Okay, rolling along with my stupid people. This one also comes from Twitter. Uh, Twitter handle Barbara a bunch of letters. Um, Joel Clapp talked or put out his his opinionated top ten. The Texas Longhorns were not in it. This individual here, she tweeted, "I think you left out all the awesome team at Texas Longhorns. Don't underestimate these tough boys. Just wait when they're in the at SEC. They will be playing oh for they will be playing for national championship games." Oh Jesus. Okay. Um. Wow. No. Uh, first off. <laughs> no. Um, no. And no. They. They can't even. They can't even win the beat Big Twelve. Oklahoma. Yeah, they can't even beat Oklahoma for the Big Twelve. Um, ever. So that's a no. Um. I mean, they they might compete to be in the top twenty-five by season's end. You know, no, I think they'll get there because it's the Pac-12 and there's really no the Big Twelve. Yeah, no, not Pac-12. Big 12, Big I mean, 10, the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is also bad, but I digress. Pac-12 is very bad, but yeah. No, um, um, no, it, it, no, and no. Teams that have been, 
teams that have been in the SEC for however long can't win the SEC. Alabama's got a stranglehold on it most years. So, yeah, no, Texas has not been a great program. But, hey, they got Steve Sarkeesian now. I mean, they look pretty solid in week one against a ranked opponent. Um, maybe they'll be decent, but that wouldn't be good enough to win the SEC this year if they were No. My next one comes from uh, also Twitter. Will with the hood one tweets this about Ohio State. He is a, uh, I believe, an Indiana fan, so that makes him a loser. Loser. Oh. Loser. Um, they aren't a real football program with the scandals and the scams over the year. Maybe they should ha- try having basic inte- integrity. Integrity was spelled wrong there, by the way, in this tweet. Bad. There's a shock. Or not facing tomato cans all year just to choke in their undeserved playoff spot. Seven games isn't a season, and they didn't even hide it. And nine games isn't a season either, and that's what Indiana played. Right? Or did they miss a game two last year? I don't um, know, but this man's a, is a loser. Oh, man. And that, button's, that button's getting a workout. Yeah, already. And we're only 13 minutes into the show. Oh, and yeah. three of it was uh, the video intro. <laughs> and my face, my first one, or my final one, comes from the world of Facebook. This one is uh, a shared account between a married couple. They're old people. Because, well, the only people that share Facebook share Facebook accounts are old married couples. Ah. Uh, um, nope. Or very insecure, young 20-somethings. Oh, okay. Well, these two... That happens, too. I've seen that plenty. These two are very old, just by their Facebook profile. Uh, Their names are Sherry and Bill. I will not use the last names. That's Um, customary. Yep. Tweeted, or not tweeted, posted this on a post about the Miami... um, Miami-Alabama game, after which... When Miami's defense forced a turnover, they pulled the turnover chain out. Miami's pulled their customary turnover uh, chain, which I love. The turn the turnover chain is fucking glorious. Uh, glorious. I, I love have, it. have my opinions on that, but go on. I love it, especially the, I don't. This year's is just eh. Just with the 305 area code, the years and years past where it's been the whole state of Florida and glorious. Rep that shit, motherfuckers. Um. This individual, maybe if half their team wasn't wearing a Mr. T starter kit while they're playing, they would know how to football. Oh, no, uh-huh. I'm sorry. How to play football. I'm sorry. I... Yeah. What? I'm going to reread this one. Yes, please. Maybe if half their team wasn't wearing a Mr. T starter kit while they're playing, they would know how to play football. I feel like that doesn't... I feel like he's not even referencing the turnover chain. I don't think so. I think he's probably referencing them just wearing chains in general. Yeah, I would assume so. Cause I, that, yeah, because they never... They can't wear that thing while playing. Yeah, I would assume so. Um, either blunt, way... one force weapon, that turnover chain. Either way, it is uh, stupid. This person is the stupid. Um, Jordan, would you like to... Address your adoring fans who are throwing money at you. 
Are there fans throwing money at me? I don't yes. have Twitch open. Hold oh. on. Well, let uh, me pull this back up. I had to. I had to. Well, I, I I can pull it up. It's fine. What's going on? Well, what's going on? Okay, we got it. Uh, we got some weird Sarge follows threw money going at you. on. Sarge reached yeah, to get see, to you. I see that. That's that's I what it get, was. I will get that. I will get that. Get to that in a moment. I got read uh, this also. Hoss zero zero three one two with the follow and host zero zero three one two with the follow. Probably just bot accounts, but I'm all right with it. Hey, up hey. the uh, up the follower count, oh, I suppose. And and of course, thank you for the sub. Been a while. Uh, yeah, I know those are fake accounts, but I figured I'd reference them in case they weren't. But uh, thank you, Sars. Thank you, Pat, for the sub. Been a long while. Pat. So we go to those pages, somehow you will be hacked. <laughs> oh, solid. <laughs> Probably um, true. But thank you. But thank you so much. Rolling on. Um, there we go. You want to take your stupid people there now, Jordan? Oh, I suppose. Let's see. What do we got going on here? So, again, um, I mentioned when we started this segment. Only one of my stupid people saying stupid things are full. And I'll start off with the person. And I told you about this yesterday. Uh, when Monday Night Raw was going on and it was a terrible show, I decided to um, uh, do my fantasy football draft. And this is a quick draft. And people. watch the, and the uh, worst pick, by the way. And watch uh, UCLA nope. and uh, nope. Louisville and uh, Ole Miss. Oh, right. UCLA Another game, on, might uh, I add, that people yes, didn't want in the primetime slot. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, Louisville was really bad at the football. So I decided to do my fantasy draft. Got the worst goddamn pick. There's 10 people in the league, and I got the 10th pick. So I pick back-to-back, and they don't pick forever. I don't pick for 20 picks. So it is the third round, uh, well, fourth round, when this particular pick of mine comes into play. Um, draft Josh Allen with the final pick in the in the third round, and then I draft Justin Jefferson with the first pick in the fourth round. And then for whatever reason, I looked over at the chat. I I don't know why I would look over at the chat in the fantasy football league with a whole bunch of strangers, but the team named I Chase Young Kids, and I say it that way because. I'm sure that's how it's meant, the Chase Young pun. But anyway, he says, save Justin Jefferson for me, please. In what way am I going to save you a pick? Not going to happen. You don't. I'm not saving you nothing, especially when I don't get the pick for 20 picks. And, he, and that, saw, that little when, notification popped up right, right when I was picking him. Save him for me, please. Not a chance. Justin Jefferson's mine. And I almost, I, I, I'm, I am tempted to trade Justin Jefferson to him, though, because he's got some pretty solid receivers, and I think he might give one up for Justin Jefferson because he's in love with him. But, no, I am not saving you anybody. Cutthroat business, fantasy football, damn He it. is a loser. He probably is because his entire bench is wide receivers and running backs. He doesn't have a backup quarterback, tight end, kicker, wide receiver, defense. Or uh, the, the, he's just got wide receivers and, and running backs as backups. Like, nice. Come on. So he's probably going to win like three games. I don't even know if he's going to win that. Team is okay, but, you know, 
My team, I'm I'm pretty proud of my team. Fantasy football, two-time fantasy football champion over here. So I move on to my second stupid people saying stupid things. The one that's not a person. And today, it is Siri. So, for whatever okay. reason, on Saturday, I was looking up Cade McNamara, the Michigan football quarterback. When I did, Siri says, he's a running back. Never has Cade McNamara ever played running back, nor will he ever. He's um, not even particularly a running quarterback, so it was really, really bizarre. But uh, according to Siri, I don't know if that's still the case or if they fixed it, but I, I googled so, uh, Cade McNamara, and it said he was a running back. I'm going to just say this. Um... Back in the lead-up to the Ohio State-Michigan game, I wrote several blog posts uh, about the Ohio State Mich- upcoming Ohio State-Michigan game. Here's one that ex- never happened. That never ended up happen- happening. Here is one ex- excerpt, excerpt from one of those particular posts. Uh, this oh, post boy. was about Michigan and their COVID issues. Yes. Other things I have of seen... Which they had many. That they had a lot of. Other, things I have, other rumors I've seen is that Michigan would only have one eligible quarterback to play. I'm going to make this joke. That's the same number of eligible quarterbacks Michigan has had since Dylan McCaffrey left. And then in parentheses, sorry, Joe Milton and whoever else is at quarterback that isn't Cade McNamara. Pretty much. And now Joe Milton, he went transferred to Tennessee, and now he's a goddamn dud. Makes no sense. Or he just had one good game. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so there's... that is all I have. Stupid people say stupid things. Uh, yes, now I believe we move on to the news. I believe that's what we have the next. News. Yes. Yes. I had, we do have a new segment here in a little bit that uh, we will talk about once we get to it. Uh, so that's why we had a... You will. I. You will. I have nothing for it. Oh, yes. Not this week. Yes. Um, starting off with the news, do you want to lead us off with it? I mean... If you want me to. <laughs> I let stupid people say stupid things, so you take the news. <laughs> I'm just being a goof. All Sorry, right. this, this first one Finally, is your guy. It is my guy. It's my team. Formula One. Finally, it was supposed to happen last year. It didn't happen because of COVID. Finally got to run the Dutch Grand Prix in Formula One. We're both Formula One fans. You're not as big of a Red Bull uh, guy as I am. Um, but Max Verstappen, who else was it going to be at Zandvoort at his home Grand Prix, wins Lewis Hamilton finishing second. Um, just a dominant race for Max. I'm sure he's probably, and I know they reconfigured Zandvoort quite a bit, but I don't think it really mattered. I just think Max has probably ran that, and he's been preparing for that. And Red Bull went all out to make sure that Max Verstappen won that race. And he won the pole, dominated the race. Great showing from Max. I mean, literally, who else race, actually? Be? Like, seriously, it was a phenomenal race from him. Mm-hmm. It, 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 he, he probably couldn't have ran much better. And I'd like it. The only way it could have been better is if he got fastest lap. 
But right, but he only, didn't need it. The only reason he got fastest got that or didn't get fastest lap point was because uh, Mercedes pitted Lewis towards the end. Yep. Yep. I mean, they, they, they know what they're doing. They're trying to gain as many points because they know it's going to be a tight title race all the way down to oh, the yeah. last race of the season. So they got to get them points where they can get them. I'm amazed it wasn't both tests though. Ah, uh. like Valtteri. <laughs> Valtteri's been. We'll get. We'll get. To, we'll get to him in a second. But they pitted um, both of them. It. Uh, oh, did they? Yes. Back to back laps. Oh, I only saw Lewis. Back to back laps. Oh, I, I, I only paid paid attention to Lewis. Well, if they both pitted, then of course Lewis is going to get it. Yeah. They both did. But if That's they the only pit, they only pit Valtteri, it's it it, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Um, speaking of Valtteri Bottas, at the end of this season, well, beginning of next season, Valtteri Bottas is going to be leaving Mercedes, going down to Alfa Romero. Um, I don't really know how to feel about this. Uh, however, what's great, George Russell will be joining Mercedes, and in his place, taking George Russell's seat, Alex Albion will be back. Yeah, um, and that's good for Alex because he kind of got a raw deal with um, Alpha Tori from Red Bull. Yeah, and Alpha Tori. Um, really, both rough deals because he got half a season in the Red Bull before he was uh, put out for Burn. Gasly, wasn't it? Yes. Then they moved Gasly up from Alpha Tori. They swapped the two. Yes. And then at the end of the season, Gasly goes back to uh, Alpha Tori. And um, Sergio Perez and, and, you know, props to Chico. You know, he, he went out and he, he won a race and he, he earned that seat. There's no other way to put it. Um, but it still doesn't make it any better for Alex. So it's good to see him back. Um, really probably deserved a ride over some other people um, who I will leave unnamed um, this season. Multiple people, not just the one you're thinking of. There's no, a couple who don't deserve of one. One, one of them is a Haas driver. One of them's a Haas driver, and honestly, one of them's an AlphaTauri driver. But he'll be back next year too. Um, but I, I'm I'm glad to see uh, Valtteri not go back down to Williams. Um, yeah, I'm glad he's the Al uh, the Alfa Romeo is at least capable of putting together a decent race, and especially with the um, new regulations coming up next year, that's really going to like even the playing field to a certain extent. I think that you know we're going to see a lot more of a competitive field than we have. It's not just going to be Mercedes and Red Bull competing for wins week in and week out. So good to see him go to a team that isn't totally bottom of the barrel, um, replacing uh, Kimi Raikkonen, of course, there at Alpha. Um, and great for George Russell. Um, you know, it was a move it. that was... I mean, we it was, was it was a move. Yeah, it was a move that was... I mean, it's honestly been a year or more in the making, um, getting George to that seat. So um, hopefully he... Um, doesn't get the short end of the stick like Valtteri did most times. You know, Valtteri, it's James. But um, we, we shall see. I, I, re I really think George Russell's going to be going to be phenomenal. And see, probably a little bit more productive than Valtteri. Um, and that's not saying that Valtteri's not great. Um, he's, he's probably one of the better drivers there. It's just uh, he, he just wasn't the priority at Mercedes. And rightfully so. I yeah. mean, I get it. But. I mean... Yeah, he was behind the best driver of this generation, and what will most likely Lewis Hamilton will most likely be considered one of the best drivers. Best, but I don't think they were ever gonna get rid of um, 
uh, Sergio Perez to to put him there. So no, yeah, Alpha's not a bad Alpha's not a bad place to be. Um, moving on in the world of golf, the PGA Tour season finally wrapped up this past week weekend, I should say. Patrick Cantley wins the Tour Championship at Eastlake, also wins the FedEx Cup. He won the final two playoff events in the FedEx Cup. Uh, he was the only golfer this year with four wins on the season. Um, fun little stat here for Patrick Cantley, who's been playing great golf. He's had a phenomenal run this past month and change. Uh, he Patrick Cantley won $15 million by winning the tournament. Um, up until this past weekend, he had only won 14.1 million in his career. So hats off to Patrick Cantley. You played phenomenal golf. Had a great season in general. Uh, as I said, one, the only golfer with four wins on the season, and had a great season. And it'll be interesting and fun because I believe he got announced as a Ryder Cup captain's pick too. So. His season not quite done yet. Yeah, really, it, he he did have just such a a great last stretch here. Um, so well deserved that that's sad about him winning more by winning that tournament in the FedEx Cup than he, he had up until that point in his career is absolutely insane. Doubled his money. I mean, that's that's it's doubled, <laughs> he doubled his, his career, career earnings. His career winnings. Yeah. Like Jesus. I mean, that's gotta it's gotta feel like incredible. Like, like it can't even feel real to him. Patrick, he's Patrick Canley is one of the good young golfers. He's probably never going to be considered a Jordan Spieth or a Justin Thomas, but no, or Colin Morikawa or Xander Shoffley. But he is one of the great young golfers, and to see him, or great newer crop of golfers, because I can't remember how old he is. He's not like young, young. He's been around for a few years now, but to see him succeed is—it's great for the game. And do you want to hold take on? I'm just, I, I can, yeah. Uh, Patrick Hanley's 29, by the way. Thank you. So yeah, he's not so, young, young. He's—he had been around for a couple years. Um, I knew he was like late 20s. So, but thank you yeah. for getting that. Um. Yep. So yeah, great so, for the yeah, game. I, I, I will start this last bit of news that we have here by recapping what we talked about last week. At the end of I'm the sure show. Most, yeah, and I'm sure most people will have already heard about it, but Bish Sycamore, they played uh, IMG Academy in a quote-unquote high school football game. The problem was... Uh, the team was filled with 20-somethings, and there was doubt cast on their legitimacy, even as a school. Their head coach had arrest, <laughs> an arrest warrant out for them, and <laughs> the story is just wild. So, now that the head coach that we talked about last week with the arrest warrant is not with the I, I can't call it a school. I can't. I don't even know if the, I can call the, it a program. The whatever they are. Yeah, football team. The new head coach of Bishop Sycamore, whatever they are, uh, was quoted this week saying, "We do not offer a curriculum. We are not a school." Then how did you get scheduled against a school? 
It's like, it, it, it will never make sense to me how this happened, how it was the oversight by everybody. Like, whoever scheduled the game, whoever put that game on TV, whoever scheduled Bishop Sycamore ever. Like, how does this happen? So I want to just... I'm yeah. I don't know. Like some there's a lot of screw ups. I want to add into this real quick because I I hope this is the last time we talk about this on this podcast. I hope nothing else. I, like, this honestly, piece of news. I, don't. I mean, I, I don't. don't. I want to talk about Bishop Sycamore every week. I mean, I don't hope it is. I I do. I both do and don't hope it's the last time. This is the last time we talk about it on this podcast. The reason this slipped in is because it was just so absurdly like every time. And I said it last week. Every new piece of this story here, and I know I actually know for a fact it won't be the last time. I'll talk about that in a second once I finish this thought. Um, every time something more gets added into this Bishop Sycamore story, it just makes this story stupider and more outlandish, crazy, whatever you want to say, that you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. How does this happen? Bishop Sycamore currently is um, under investigation by the state of Ohio. Governor Ohio Governor Mike DeWine put Bishop Sycamore under investigation. Because, well, since they claimed to be a high school, they were getting money from the government. Oh, no. Oh, that's... I mean, I'm not shocked. So they are under investigation. That's some heavy shit right there. So... That's that's, that's a big one. That's that. That's... I hope eventually this can be put to bed. Because it's just... Excuse me. Dumb. Stupid. Dumb. I, we could have something Bishop Sycamore related in in this show every week under stupid people say stupid things, probably. Like, the problem is, is that there's been so many people that have done stupid things in that whole scenario. I just I don't get how it happens, and I don't think I'll ever understand. I, yeah. Maybe with, the, maybe with the state of Ohio's investigation, if that ever becomes public or anything like that, then maybe we'll understand how, how this happened. How this slipped through. The, because as I said, there are so many people who screwed up in this scenario. It's it, I, I don't understand how this happens. Because as I said, Bishop Sycamore was never recognized by the Ohio State, the State of Ohio Education Board, or the Ohio High School Athletic Association. Just to be in, just the athletic association they were in was the Texas Christian Schools Athletic Association, and well, Columbus, Ohio is a long way from Texas. I, we, I would say twelve hundred miles. We looked that up last. Yeah, we looked that up last week. It's it's a few miles. Yeah. So that's it. Um, we are going to move. In. That's it for the news. I just <laughs> no more Bishop Sycamore. I hope. I hope. This story stays quiet for a little bit until the investigation happens, and then we figure out what's hap- what happens there. Um, so moving I mean, on. When we know, though, it'll get brought back up. That's yes. for sure. I do. I, I both love and hate this story. I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, man. Moving on, we have a new segment this week. Um, we're calling it In Response to Twitter, as you can see on the graphic right below us here. This topic, or this segment... We're going to, we will be trying to keep short. 
I'm sure it will be, considering I don't have anything for it. <laughs> um, why the fuck do I have notifications? Um, the whole point of this topic, there we go. The whole point of this topic is, well, if we say something in this show, and then you, the listeners, or viewers, or whatever, come to Twitter and say something back to us, we take anything that you said, and we respond to it here on Twitter, wrapping around, closing up the conversation so we can actually have it here. This particular piece uh, came last Sunday, I believe it was. It came on a day in the week. I believe it was it was after the last show, obviously. Um, yes. Came from friend of the show, Caleb Schefter. Uh, Schefter, Schaefer, I don't know Schaefer? how. Schaefer? I think it's Schaefer. Um, it's Schaefer. It is? Yes. Okay. Caleb Schaefer. Uh, on Twitter, he responded to us. Uh, background information, he is a Michigan State fan. Responded to yes. us uh, in our assessments of Michigan State saying, trust the Mel Tucker process. Michigan State can win at least seven games this year. It won't be pretty but pretty by any means, but they are on the rise. So, and then there was a few other um, replies in there that I'm not going to... Just, we're just going to respond to the first one primarily. A few other things... Um, He also at one point said we were sleeping on Michigan State. I want to close this conversation. It's very difficult to sleep on a team that was like had a season like Michigan State last year. Had Michigan State not beaten Michigan, they would have been in the cellar. They would have been as low down as you could have gotten. Mm-hmm. Um... Like, they literally couldn't have been any lower than what they were. So, you can't really sleep on a team when that team has no expectations. The win against Michigan is, excuse me, what kept that team, what made that Michigan State team, this current Michigan State team, essentially put them in a spot of limbo where they could still get worse than they were last year or they could actually climb out of the last two steps of the cellar and get better. I don't really think there's any true way to say oh, every people are sleeping on Michigan State because to sleep on them, they would have to in my opinion have potential to only get better. Michigan State has the potential to get worse from what we have. I will say, I will amend this, um, from what we or I'll amend what I said about Michigan State um, last Friday. From what we saw again when they played Northwestern, it, everything looks on the up and up for that program. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is Northwestern. And Wait, it is. I did say, I did say on the show last week um, that I thought that Michigan State was going to be the worst team in the Big Ten. And um, I, before the show even ended, after they were kicking Northwestern's butt, before they, you know, kind of let them back in the game, um, I did rescind that. <clears throat> they might be the second worst. Or the third. They're, I mean, 
they're not I'm I'm with you on that point that it's hard to sleep on a team that doesn't really have expectations even within themselves to like compete for a Big Ten championship or anything like that. I'm not even necessarily like, like... A team that as bad as Michigan State was last year, they have no expectations to compete for a Big Ten championship. My thing is... Apparently they do. Apparently. Like, my thing is they don't... Realistically, on paper, you look at that team from last year and bring over to this year, you sit there... You just have zero expectations. Like, in my eyes, I have literally zero expectations for Michigan State to do anything. Because... Again, they weren't all the way in the cellar. That ru- that loss against Rutgers right there should have been Oof. low of the low. Grant, yeah, they had what eight turnovers? I don't remember. I think so. I won't say. I think it was it was seven or eight turnovers, which is absurd. And they lost to Rutgers. That was Rutgers' first Big Ten win in four years. So that loss right there should have put Michigan State in the cellar, as low as they could go. But because that next week they turned around and they beat Michigan, and Michigan did not, let's let's be honest, Michigan was not good last year. Yeah. They I still would say, beat well, Michigan. We won, we, we won two games. And one of them was against Rutgers, the other was Minnesota. Yep. Um, As is miserable. That win against Michigan at least put them in a spot where, you know what? coming into this year, they could get worse. It's not really likely because I think in a normal season, judging just off of, oh, we beat Michigan, for Michigan State, just judging off, oh, we beat Michigan in a normal 12-game year, I don't think that's good. It's just good, just basing basing success off of one game. So I think... Just to wrap it up, I don't really think anyone's sleeping on Michigan State. I just don't think there's any true idea or expectations for them to do anything, good or bad. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you there. I I, like, I they they are not the worst team in the Big Ten. I stand. Correct. I will I will agree with that. I didn't really think they were gonna be the worst team in the Big Ten. And right now, it looks like it could be fucking Illinois. Illinois lost to UTSA. But I digress. So that's. The I new- mean, what one last one last uh, point on that? I mean, we did both pick the under on four and a half wins last week. That was their that was their season win total projected win total four and a half for Michigan State. Um, for Michigan State, yeah. And we did both pick the under, but they already got one. Yeah. So I will. Okay, so I will we'll say see. real quick on going back on that. I will say. I picked the under because it was four and a half, meaning four is under. Yep. I think they can definitely get four wins. I yeah, believe. I don't think four. I don't think four is a question. That fifth win is going to be it's tricky just, to get. They don't have a guaranteed fifth win. No. So Which is and where, we both, as Caleb we both said, saw that the same way. As Caleb said, if they do get some win, get some of those extra wins, it's not going to be clean. No. Which I will agree with that. Anything Michigan State wins above four, because I think they'll win their three non-conference games, because I believe two of their three non-conference games are 
cupcakes. One's Notre Dame. So they'll win two of those three, and then they'll beat Illinois because I think oh. they have to play Illinois. Yep. Yeah, no. It's we're, we're very much on the same page when it comes to MSU. Four wins should be easy. Um, if they catch a team on a bad day, they'll get five and prove us wrong. So yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. So, so shall we move on? With the yep. week one recap for college Just football. to re, uh, wrap this up, finally, uh, anything we say here on the show, you guys can reach out to us on Twitter here at my Twitter handle, which is we're at WerewolfFPS. Jordan's Twitter handle, which is uh, TwitchyNitch13. Hold on. Well, I got a few now. So if you if you tweet to us um, either, and I got to look these up because one of them is kind of goofy. Um, one of them is um, the- If you tweet to us... Go ahead, yeah, Jordan. the official the official House Divided podcast uh, Twitter page, which is at HD Podcast uh, underscore. Uh, you can also follow me on my um, personal Twitter page, which is he almost had it right. It's just at Twitching It's uh, Twitching It's same name as okay. the channel. And then I'm also gonna try and get this other one, this other account back going, and that's Motown Rundown underscore on Twitter and uh, and Instagram and all that good stuff. So boom, um, there you anywhere go. there. You'll probably see the content um, and, and, from and this podcast. I, from this podcast and, and other stuff like that, that we do. other cool stuff it. we do. Yes, uh, all throughout those accounts. So um, reply to that anywhere if you want to be featured in response to Twitter, or if you don't want to be featured in response to Twitter. I mean, you might still get <laughs> it if just, it's something that's worth talking about here on the show. I was gonna say, yeah, if you if you say something that could, you know trigger a little bit of a debate and, and, and some yeah. questioning and everything. Like, like I said, this is not going... Not in a bad way. Nothing in this segment will be put on... No one will get put on blast. It's just to take the conversations that we have in a... Let's face it. Twitter is a closed platform. You're limited to, I believe, uh, 140 characters, 160 characters, whatever it is. I think it's 160 these days. I don't know. You're limited... On Twitter, I'm we are limited to... Twitter these days. Yeah. On Twitter, we're limited to 160 characters. It's a closed conversation. Here, we can have an open conversation, at least with us, and then you guys take it to Twitter and so on and so forth. So, with that being said, guys, that's this segment. Um, We're going to have it in the show for the most part. As long as there's stuff to have, it will be in the show. Moving on to the week one recap from college football. Let's get All into right. it. We will start with our teams first. Uh, Jordan, I will let you take Michigan, and then I will go. To, <laughs> I'll let you start with Michigan. Thank you. Well, I'll let you start this segment. How do we want to do this? I know there's some games in the top uh, 25 um, that we want to stop at and we want to uh, talk about briefly. Um, so um, I as I get I'll to them, and, as I get to yeah, them, I'll, we'll just, just stop there. Okay, perfect. Does that work? So, all right. Yes, that works perfect. The Michigan Wolverines uh, opened up their season against the uh, Western Michigan Broncos. Um, game went about as good as you could expect. I mean, we scored a Except bunch of points. There was a negative. Um, <clears throat> there was a negative, and I'm going to get to that in a okay. second. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I didn't know, since we took um, it out of the notes, I didn't know if you would uh, prep for that. Oh, trust me, I, I remember, and it hurts. But, oh. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, we uh, we we played a pretty good game. Um, there were some fans that I saw that were complaining about our defense, and on the first drive, I would happen to agree with them. But they were complaining about the defense all game long. Um, 
which doesn't really make sense to me. Um, yeah, Michigan goes down the field, scores on their first drive, and allows Western Michigan to march down the field and score on their first drive. Um, then we didn't allow another score until, like, the fourth quarter. So, you know, it's the first game. What do you want? You want to shut out in the first game? It's not like this is, like, a Division Two uh, team. Western um, Michigan's you know, no West, slouch. West, the MAC is no slouch. And I, and I, not and anymore, I hate, at least. <clears throat> no. And I hate the fact that, you know, I saw so many people of so many different fan bases going, you know, when, when we, they were talking about Michigan, whether it be the Michigan page, the Big Ten page, ESPN, CBS, anybody, they were talking about um, – Michigan and how they did. Oh, they didn't play anybody. They just played the. They just played a MAC team. Okay, look at the Big Ten schedule this week. There's a ton of Big Ten teams playing MAC teams. Nebraska played fucking Fordham last week. Yeah, not a Division One team. Illinois That's played it. UTSA and yeah, lost. I, I, UTSA I is a Division One team, but still. Yeah, but they're not a good one. No. Um. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't understand either of those narratives, the hating on the defense and, you know, shitting on Michigan because they're, oh, they're playing a cookie, typical Michigan, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's non-conference play. What, what the yeah. fuck do you want to say? You can't schedule I mean, Oregon or Washington for every week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. And we, and, and we scheduled Washington back when they were pretty damn good. Alabama's playing uh, Mercer oh. this week. Like, yeah, I, SEC, the SEC's the biggest defender of that. You they, can't they schedule cupcakes. just to, like, I don't get the hate of scheduling cupcakes because you can't schedule, like, Ohio State has Oregon this week, which we'll talk about at some point on this show. You can't yep. schedule Oregon every, you can't schedule or, teams like Oregon every week. You can't, in my in Alabama's case, they had Miami last week, who Miami was ranked 14. You can't schedule those teams every single week because guess what? Those teams, those other teams have to play games too. They can't, you can't just keep scheduling those games every week. At some point, especially if you're looking at Division One, there's only 126 Division One teams. You're going mm-hmm. to get Division Two opponents. And those Division Two opponents don't want to play Mac schools because there's no money. No. Like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no. Those narratives have never made any sense to me. I mean, it's non-conference. What do you want what do you want to do? Yeah, like, you can't ske- again, as it, it circles back to you can't schedule a big dog every week and then roll but, into conference play and have to play the big dogs in your conference too. Yeah, but other than that for the Michigan game, I don't really have a whole lot to say. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm just I'm I'm happy with the performance that they did put together against Western Michigan. Um Loss and Austin referenced it a second ago was Ronnie Bell, um, our best wide receiver on the team, best offensive uh, player goes, in my opinion. He very well could be, but I think there's a guy who we don't really know a whole lot about yet that could be better than him. But Ronnie yeah. Bell is really good. Um, he uh, he gets injured on a punt return out for the season, uh, which is a big blow. Um, hopefully we will still be all right. Uh, now, uh, next cor- man up sort of mentality on that. Correct me if I'm wrong on this Ronnie Bell injury, because I was flipping between va- various games at work. Um, yeah. this, like, it was a mostly meaningless punt return, right? Or was it still? It was a rather, I mean, every punt return in that game was pretty much meaningless. But, well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would, the game was I would, in hand. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It was. It was. Um, it wasn't like it was seven second, seven. I believe it was in the um, third quarter. I believe so. Yeah, that was already a, a in hand game. That's yeah, I. That I hate to be the guy, but that's that's a Jim Harbaugh fuck up. I mean, yes. Um, that's a Harbaugh fuck up had, right there. He had. Uh, now I don't. Or whoever I, I whoever's decision that I is. Want, I shouldn't just I say. I would want it. your best offensive player potentially at least one of your best returning punts in general i i i I wouldn't want that um but i get it i mean you know it 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 sucks Um, i mean having him return punts you want the most one of the most electric players that you have on your team out there so i get it i get that yeah and and he is and he's he's definitely one of them but i'll tell you moving on from ronnie bell i mean it's he's out for the season uh, they're going to have to find some production uh, from wide receiver, on the wide receiver position somewhere else. But somebody who I was really impressed with in that game was Blake Corum, who is uh, our really second running back. Hassan Haskins is pretty much the main guy. Blake Corum looked really, really good. And he's a young guy, so I'm, I'm excited for what Blake Corum has to bring. And uh, Cade uh, McNamara played very well in this game. Um, just went out there, did what he had to do, had a solid game. And then, uh, late in the game, JJ McCarthy comes in, of course, the freshman and <laughs> makes this one throw where, man, I don't know how to feel about it. Cause yes, it was incredible. And I don't know if you've seen this, this is where he I throws literally, <laughs> he throws across the defense. He scrambles to his right, throws back to his left one-on-one i mean it's one-on-one on the other side yeah so it's really it's, not that bad it's still an it ugly, like, th- ugly throw but it's not terrible it was a beautiful throw but it, it's not the decision you'd usually have yeah. to make I think, I think the only reason that he did was because literally everybody on the western defense went except the one corner who was on our wide receiver so <laughs> i mean I, I get why he did it i think he probably would have ran it had it been a little bit more crowded over there yeah but it was it was a beautiful throw, and that got shared all over the place and everything, and that led to more odds in Western Michigan. I'm Lots surprised I haven't seen it, but, but I digress. It was, it, I mean, the throw itself was, was so was so good, but, I mean, I don't know if I want to make that decision all the time. Yeah. But, you know, it's his first game at the NCAA level, so, you know, he's going he's gonna to make some goofs. But um, strong showing from J.J. McCarthy late in that game as well. Um, really just no, no major negatives other than just losing Ronnie Bell. That's, that's the one thing that, that really sucks about that game. And we'll see what goes on against Washington. Um, I know they lost, but they are, they were ranked to start the year. So we'll see, we'll see what goes on there, but I will throw it over to you for Ohio state and Minnesota. Okay. Um, there's a little bit to unpack with this Ohio state, Minnesota game. Ohio State opened the game in the first quarter uh, going on a 10-0 run quickly, might I add. Minnesota just kind of... Before I had even turned the game on. Yeah. Minnesota eventually brought it back and going into halftime had a 14-10 lead. (laughs) Yes. That's really all I got to say on it is yes. Uh, Minnesota did score a touchdown to make it... Um, well, Ohio State on the first possession scored in, se- in the second half. Minnesota scored to make it a 21-17 game. After that, 
in general, let me just free, rephrase this. We'll get let's stay with Minnesota for a second, actually. Um, late in the third quarter, Mohamed Ibrahim goes down with a season-ending injury, uh, unspecified leg injury. Has surgery. He had surgery earlier this week, or is yep. set to have surgery, I believe. Um, Minnesota was dead in the water. They scored 10 points after Mohamed Ibrahim went down. So they got to a total of 31. Ohio State won. 45 to 31. Ohio State went on a. Th- Ohio State scored 35 points in the second half while having Eesh. a. No, no, the stat gets better. In the second half, up until the final possession. So. Every other every possession Ohio State had in the second half, except for the final one where they had the ball for two minutes, they had the ball for a total of five minutes and thirty-seven seconds. Mm-hmm. It happened quick. Me oh. as me as a Michigan fan was watching the the second half of that game when Ohio State was on upset alert at halftime, and just looking at that and watching hope of Ohio State taking a week one L. Slowly, not even slowly, slip away. It happened so quick, like just you just get punched in the mouth. It was like, it was not slow. It was not slow, but like it, it just all hope just gets drained from you, you that that Ohio State's gonna lose. So it's just like all right, it's more of the same. Ohio State, you, you, you know, Minnesota had you in the first half, but then it, 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 typical Ohio State, they come out and make those adjustments and just bash your brains in accurate statement um all i'm really gonna say here is i wasn't i don't know what i was expecting out of ohio state it's hard to see what like with how minnesota was last year it's hard to gauge what you're even expecting out of them ohio state was a 14 point or 14 and a half point favorite they ended up not covering because of that half point um (laughs) a little bit of a bad beat i'm sure yeah for someone not me, actually, though. No. Um. So it's hard to. It was hard to have an idea of what to expect out of Ohio State. This Ohio State football team, though, and I gotta word this extremely carefully, almost reminds me of the 2014 Ohio State football team that went and won the national title. Now, here's mm. here's a difference. That 2014 team was significantly better. They had JT Barrett starting until he got injured against Michigan. They had Zeke Elliott. They had Joey Bosa. I could go on for a long time about who they had. Dudes. They had dudes. We could be here for a while. Talking about all the dudes they had. In 2014. The pros. Yeah. The outside of everyone that I, uh, I guess I JT Barrett is a, he's, he is a pro player. Somewhere. He is on a professional team. Um, that's all I can say about him. He is on a professional right. team. Braxton Miller was on that team. He is on a professional team. I could go on for a while, but I'm not going to because we'll be here. That 2014 this, team... This show's already going to be long enough as it is. Yeah. <laughs> that 2014 team had way more talent than this 20, or 2021 team. I'm not saying that this 2021 team isn't talented, but that's the difference. Where they, at least to me, are similar, that 2021 team was a little young. 
this wow. uh, that 2014 team was a little young in certain spots. This 2021 team is a little young. They and Ryan Day said it in um, press conferences leading up to the Minnesota game. They j- just need to win. They need to grind out the wins. They just need to win. As Al Davis said, we're just win, baby. Al Davis reference, referencing Ohio State. My goodness. Right. Um, that's where this Ohio State team, in my eyes, is. They're just, they just need to win. So I think it could be a very interesting and fun season in, uh, coming out of Columbus this year. Uh, and interesting, interesting, yes, fun for anybody but Ohio State fans? No, probably, possibly not. Um, and to wrap it up, as I said, Muhammad Ibrahim going down with season-ending unspecified leg injury. He's getting surgery, either already has or will be soon. I uh, hate to see it. He's probably the best running back in the country right now. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's, I don't know he, if he's the best in the country. He's up there, but... I think he um, would have been the best in the country. He was the best running back in the Big Ten last year and was definitely poised to do that again this year. Oh, yeah. Um, just as a fan of football, you hate to see it, but um, unfortunately, that's a part of the game. So, um, And so that's it for our teams. For our teams. Let's get into the top 25. We're going to go pretty quick about this. Uh, number one, Alabama scored a lot of points, and by a lot, I mean 44, uh, beating number 14, Miami, who did not score nearly enough. Not even no. close to enough. Uh, Miami scored 13. Holy shit, we were both wrong about this. We thought this was going to be a good game. I didn't know if it was going to be a good game. I thought Miami would cover, though. I mean, the spread was 19.5. We both thought it was going to be closer. Um, number two, moving on. Actually, that wasn't one of the games you wanted to talk about, was it? No. It, not really, just more of the same from Alabama. Yep. Fucking evil empire, Mark is on. Um, number two, Oklahoma scored barely enough to beat Tulane. Score was 40, wow. to, 40 to 35. I want to touch on this one personally because I have a wow. lot of opinions on the Big 12. I will always have. Really quickly, I said Oklahoma was for real this year. And they go out and do this. I said on... Friday that I didn't think Oklahoma was going to be able to slip into the um, college football playoff because it's the Big 12. So I real quick want to touch on this one. The Oklahoma defense looked porous as ever. Gave up 296 pass yards to whoever Tulane's quarterback was. I can't. I didn't. Hell knows. Yeah. Um, Who Who cares what his name is? Zero interceptions. They did force three turnovers. Force. They yeah. forced. They forced three fumbles. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how forced they were. It could have just been because Tulane's running backs were not good. Probably. The Oklahoma defense gave up 21 points in the second half. Oklahoma's offense was held to three. That's unbelievable, man. Oklahoma's high-powered no, offense can't. with Spencer Rattler, who is supposedly going to be a Heisman finalist, had was held to three points. And on 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 the Spencer Rattler train, he played the entire game other than, I believe, like a couple snaps. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> I believe um, their backup quarterback threw one pass. Spencer Rattler played pretty much the whole damn game, and he threw two interceptions. 
Like I said, I don't think Oklahoma, I think because it's the Big 12, I think, um, and I worded this in a tweet after the uh, Louisville Ole Miss game, I think the Big 12 is still pretty much in the in the full full scheme of things, with especially with the college football playoff, the Big 12 is still pretty much just irrelevant other than postseason awards, individual postseason awards, because... Again, the whole the whole of the Big Twelve just looks defensively shit. So, with a certain team losing that we're going to get to momentarily, um, I think they still have a shot to run in, but they're going to have to run the gamut and they're going to have to do it impressively to get in. But and they probably will, for the most part. But, That's good, Jen. Wow, this this was a this was a big shock to Oklahoma. Yes, uh, l- winning by five against Tulane. Come on, man. Yeah. The hell is that? I don't even remember what they were favored by. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but it a certainly wasn't. Ton. It certainly wasn't five. It was way more than that. They didn't come out and play nearly well enough to to be even remotely ranked where they were. So no, oh, and like God. they they had a lead in the second half or in the, going into half, they gave up twenty one to Tulane. Yeah, and we're helping uh, three. Maybe we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm concerned for Oklahoma. I'm really really concerned. And I know the Big 12 just sucks at defense altogether, but wow, was not expecting that, especially from from a team like Tulane. Yeah, um, insanity. So yeah, there's a, that's your number two ranked team. Well, they that was your number two ranked team. We'll talk about the new top 25 here at the end of the segment. Um, number three, Clemson scored three points against number five. Georgia, who scored 10. If I had to see one more lame duck pass from DJ Ugalele, I would have probably tore my eyes out. So I'm not going to say a lot about this game because I'm going to talk about it at the end of the show. Oh, my. Um, I am going to say one thing. Clemson also had uh, two yards of rushing. Take it. Take the rest of it. They, we were talking during this game, and we said during the picks last week that we thought this game was going to be really good. In fact, did you put it in um, your one for the road? Yes, I did. Along with the then, uh, USA-Canada World Cup qualifying match. And then I, I, I turned this game off. I was so excited for this game. I watched... Um, UCLA, I think. <laughs> uh, this game was... I, I mean, I don't have much to say about Georgia. You know, what? whatever. They did, they did what they had to do. They got the win. But I did say during the picks that I don't believe in... And I'm going to get his name down, but I don't know how to pronounce I, it yet. I see Ugalele. Ugalele. Something I think. like that. 
I I said in the picks that I wasn't impressed with him in his two games last year when uh, Trevor Lawrence was out with COVID. And he didn't look any better. He looked arguably worse. He looked arguably worse. And I said to you during this game that, shit, throw me out there. I can at least throw a tight spiral on one pass. He threw ducks the whole game. Yeah. And, um... One-winged ducks. Yeah. I was say, it wasn't even, like, just ducks. It was one-winged ducks. Like, they... God! It some was... Of the worst, some of the worst throws I've ever seen. Like, I enjoyed this game because it was a defensive beatdown. I don't even know if it was. I just think their I mean, quarterback sucked ass. It was a defensive beatdown of Clemson. Because everyone knows after uh, Dabo Sweeney's bullshit last year how much I despise Clemson. You do you do despise Clemson. But, I mean, my lord. He, he looked awful. I mean, I think you're just going Clemson's to see... Clemson's going to be... Here, actually, this, this is the perfect use for this button. Loser. Yeah. Yep. That's... Yeah. I think that Clemson is really going to be in for a rough time this year. Um, now, they might go out and you know win every other game because it's the ACC. I don't think they're going to. I don't like, think they're going to either. I mean, it, that, was, that, was defense, the, that was some of the worst offense from Clemson's, a supposedly top playoff team. That I've ever seen. I mean, it was it was it was brutal. And I said I wasn't gonna talk too much about it. Clemson's defense didn't look. I mean, they didn't look bad, but they did not look like they have in the past either. I mean, granted, no. Georgia did not score an offensive touchdown. They were held to a field goal didn't offensively. Have to. Yeah, but their defense did not look like top tier. No. It just it looked good, but. That de- that defense isn't going to be able to win them games, I don't think. My last little bit on this is just that I, I think you're going to see this year that Clemson really was Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Uh, uh, that's the past it. couple of years, and then before that, it was Hunter Renfro and Deshaun Watson. Yep. That's, uh, it, was a, it was a brutal performance from Clemson. Uh, ugly. Um, number As I already mentioned, number four, Ohio State beat... Minnesota, 45-31. Uh, we already talked about that. Number six, Texas A&M uh, beat Kent State, 41-10. Not much to say here. Number no. seven, Iowa State scored 16 against unranked University of Northern Iowa Division Two team. I want to talk about this real quick just because, again, it's the Big 12. Um... Terrible showing from the top two, and Jordan, I, you don't have to add much into this because I don't know how much you have. A horrid, Not much, but it's a, a little. Horrid showing from the top two, supposed top two teams in the Big 12. Iowa State just looked fucking terrible all across the board. Yeah. Um, and given that they're in the Big 12, um, <clears throat> if you can't score 60 on a Division two team and you want to be real in the Big 12... And I'm gonna, yeah, definitely. That's big. You um, you, you have to you have to score points in that conference, and they might not be capable of doing so. Brock Purdy I really don't know. Only threw for 199. Uh, Brees Hall, their 
best running back, one of the supposedly best running backs in the country again, uh, was held to 69 yards. Yep. Defensively, they just weren't good. I mean, this was a game they won because Northern Iowa was just bad. Is Northern, Northern Iowa? They're, they're Northern Iowa, so. So that's really all I I I don't have as much to go to bring in as uh, Oklahoma Tulane because well. Iowa State Northern Iowa wasn't even on TV here in Michigan. No, no, it was not. Unlike Oklahoma and Tulane was, which was on TV. Woo! Don't remind me. Yeah. Um, number eight Cincinnati beat unranked Miami of Ohio forty-nine fourteen. Yay! <sighs> not much to say here. I believe you wanted to talk about this next one. Number nine. Briefly. Yep. No, I don't have much to say about it. Number nine, Florida, or number nine, Notre Dame, beat Florida State in overtime, 41-38. I will actually add one thing. On Sunday night when this game was going, I was like, nobody wants this fucking game. This, I was sitting here looking at this, like, and even last week when we were getting ready to do picks, I was just looking through games and stuff for other reasons. There are a lot of fucking games that just nobody wants this week. I thought this was this was one of those games, and it turned out to be a fucking dandy. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Notre Dame uh, really almost let this one slip away. Um, <laughs> Brian Kelly, man. He almost made stupid people say stupid things, and he really should have, I think, still. Yeah. Um, Holy shit, that <laughs> is bad. Okay, so no. I'll, briefly touch, I'll briefly touch on the game and then get into that, but, like... They let this game go. And yeah. I don't blame Brian Kelly for being pissed. They get the win in overtime. Um, off of a missed field goal by Florida State, might off I add. Off of a missed field goal, yeah. Uh, it's, not like, it's not like they earned it. They really didn't. It, it, that was just awful, awful showing from, from Notre Dame. But they, then Brian Kelly <laughs> tried to... In his words, quote, some football coach from the 80s whose name escapes me. I thought it was before and that even, but... It just, yeah, it was like the, uh, from the Owen something, like, Buccaneers. From yeah. Owen 14 Buccaneers, I think, from the 70s. Yeah. And I was amazed at how many people, I think they probably just looked it up and were looking for a reason to defend this guy, because, like, you know, people hate cancel culture and all that shit. All I'm, before but, you get into this, all I'm gonna say, Brian yeah. Kelly's a fucking scumbag. I've never liked Brian he Kelly. He was a scumbag uh, when Notre he was Dame, back at Cincinnati. Notre Dame fans don't like Brian Kelly. Exactly. It's, it's, it, it's the, the dudes, yeah. He's a scumbag. He's a trash bag of a human. So he comes out and says, I think my whole team needs to be executed. Yes. Um, now, I'm going to give in... I want to just First of all, real you, quick. You, you, go, go ahead. Yeah. I want to give some context. Brian Kelly didn't just. I w and this is not defending Brian Kelly. I think what he says is fucking terrible. I just flat out fucking awful. The reporter. Even asked, the context, yes. The context just makes it doesn't make it good either. Um, and I can't. I can't remember who the ESPN report sideline reporter was. She had asked Brian Kelly about the execution of Notre Dame, and then he Wait, led so with that. I don't know if she did. Not in that, not that word. 
No, because I, I, I can't even remember the full interview piece. I think she just asked a simple question like, what did you think of your team's performance or something like that, which is different from the quote that he claims to be referencing of there was a coach way back in the day that was asked, what did you think of your team's execution? And he said, I'd be in favor of it. Yeah. <laughs> and this one, the word execution wasn't even brought up. And he's just like, yeah, I think my whole team needs to be executed. Oh, that's really funny from a college coach that basically killed a player. Yeah. That's phenomenal. I'll be back in two seconds. Ay, ay, ay. Brian Kelly, man. He's, he, he, I, you know, rival school in Michigan. We don't play as much as we should. Should be playing every goddamn year. But um, just, just awful. The fact that. <laughs> like he's just so he lacks awareness so much <laughs> like the fact that he said that is just unbelievable now i don't want him to be fired over it don't get me wrong but uh, that that to me is just <laughs> how do you how do you even let that happen let's see what the next game is while he's gone hopefully i can burn through a couple of these save a little bit of time uh north carolina virginia tech i don't think austin gives a Damn about that one, even though it's got some asterisk next to it. I don't know. We might want to talk about that. I think I better hold on. I guess I'll rant about Brian Kelly some more. <laughs> but, now, you know, the thing is, is that if you want to claim that you're, that you're quoting somebody, um, then you at least have to be proposed the question that this dude was when he said what he said. If the reporter comes out and says, hey, what'd you think of your team's execution? And you legitimately quoted him, and maybe referenced it then, I'd be okay with it. But just, oh, hey, how'd your team perform? Oh, I want them executed. Like, what? Dude's insane. But, I mean... Like I said, Notre Dame fans don't like Brian Kelly. I don't like Brian Kelly. I think I know why he wants to talk about this North Carolina-Virginia Tech game. I didn't watch it, but I think it was a little bit of an upset or something like that. You're right there. Open the door. The door's open. What am I saying? Walk in the door. Oh, there's a dog. What's up, dog? Just sitting here floating. Let me pull Twitch chat up. Anything going on Twitch chat? Back out. Stream manager. No. Just sitting here floating, guys. I'm sorry. I would be moving. I would be burning through these. <laughs> but there's asterisk next to the next game, and I think he wants to talk about it. Oh, another dog. What's up, Dolce? And Maggie. Maggie's here, too. Pardon that brief interruption. Where were we? Uh, Notre Dame, Florida State? I I ranted about Brian Kelly for as long as I could. I tried to move on to the next game, but there's asterisk next to it, and I think you might want to talk about it. Um, so. Number 10, North Carolina lost to Virginia Tech 17-10. Uh, to 10. We will talk about this later when I... At the end oh, of the no. show, when I talk about... Um, Miami and Clemson and yep. North Carolina, when I talk about the ACC as a whole later so All right. number 11 Oregon barely beat 
Uh, Fresno State 31-24. Oregon might be ass. That's all I got. Yeah. Um, they might be, but we'll see. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to say anything about teams week one, so I usually try and refrain from it. But, yeah, <laughs> they, they might not be very good. We'll see what, what kind of showing they put on against Ohio State. So. Yep. Um, Number 12, Wisconsin. If, if, they, if, they, if they just go out and suck ass, then... Man, I don't know. Number 12, Wisconsin lost to number 19, Penn State, 10 to 16. Uh, we were wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too deep into it, but we both thought this was going to be a Wisconsin win by 14. So, and this is a video I shared uh, on Twitter. Um, and we said last week, I said it and you agreed with it. Because the spread was four and a half in favor of Wisconsin. And we both, I said, that spread could go up by 10 points. A 14 and a half point spread. I'm still picking Wisconsin. I thought Penn, I didn't think Penn State was very good. And I, I really don't think they're still very good. But we were very wrong. Yeah, we were wrong. We about, were very wrong. At least about Graham Mertz and Wisconsin. We're not wrong about Graham Mertz. I, I, I don't think we're wrong about Graham Mertz, but I think he we might be wrong good. about Wisconsin. He didn't look good. Maybe Penn State's good. I don't know. I think Graham Mertz is still good. Again, I, I, I refrain my judgment. Let's see what happens this week. I, I'm not ready to give up on Graham Mertz being one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Moving on to number 13, Florida. They beat Florida. I was slightly wrong on this. I thought Florida was going to win by more. They beat Florida Atlantic 35-14. Uh, Florida Atlantic is ass. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon might be ass, but we know for a fact Florida Atlantic is ass. Um, the Florida Gators still trying to figure out who their starting quarterback is going to be, and they still beat Florida Atlantic handily. Well, you know. <laughs> That's all I got. That'll, that'll happen sometimes. Number 15, USC beat... San Jose State, uh, 30 to 7. As I said at the uh, top of the show, and stupid people say stupid things, Colin Cowherd is a douchebag and he is stupid. Yeah, um, I mean, nothing nothing new there, really. <laughs> nothing else to say about it. Number 16, LSU lost to UCLA, 38 27. This game was good, but still, no one wanted it in a primetime slot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, not a chance. Um, game was uh, way better than I than I expected oh, it fuck was yeah. going to be. Um, I did not expect LSU to lose, but goodness, they they sure did. Uh, this game came up in the picks last week, and we were ranting about. And I believe we both agreed that the only reason this game happened is because uh, Fox was just looking for somebody to put in prime time against the Pac-12 team. Uh, they were looking for the best team that they could possibly find, and it happened to be the team that wasn't even under contract with Fox, <laughs> LSU from the SEC. Of course, the Pac-12 was on Fox, so they were just looking for the best team, and um, they didn't find it. No. <laughs> uh, number 17, Indiana lost to number 18, Iowa, 6-34. to Now, last week we both said that this was going to be a game Iowa wins. These are the kind of games Iowa wins. Uh-huh. Iowa, Iowa was the home team, and I have in the notes... Michael Penix Jr. looked like Michael Penis Jr. In other words, Michael Penix Jr. was fucking atrocious. Putrid, horrid, terrible, bad, awful. Uh, 
Any more uh, any more words to describe Michael Penix Jr.? He sucked. <laughs> Whoop, I accidentally muted myself. Also, yes, he did suck. Loser. There. <laughs> I had to get the button in. Uh, do you have anything? I went in and out on this game. It was never a game. No. Uh, they, they, Indiana, Indiana never had a chance. <laughs> Indiana got rocked. And I wasn't expecting it, but they got rocked. Yeah. Um, number 20, Washington lost uh, to Montana. 13-7. Wow. Uh, is everything all right at home, Washington? Uh, probably not. <laughs> Nothing else to it's say. Not, not looking pretty, but uh, we'll see what they do against Michigan this week. Number 21, Texas, scored 38 against number 23, Louisiana. The Raging Cajuns only scored 18. Texas fans are having delusions about winning a national title, as I said at the top of the show, and stupid people say stupid things again. Now, another little callback here. Yeah, um, this was actually a pretty good game until about halftime. Once the second half started, Most, Texas yeah. the first half them, was them through. The first half was solid. And then yeah, and Texas I mean, just that's proved what that they're a better, from, they should be a better team. Yeah, from from the number 21 and 23rd ranked team in the country, you would expect a close game. But then the uh, second half, just Texas just yeah, proved that they awesome. on paper, Texas on paper should be the better team. than the, the Big 12 team on paper should be better than the Conference USA team or the yes. American Conference, the American Athletic Conference, whatever Louisiana is in. That's it. That's all I got on there. And a slate of irrelevant oh, games. And irrelevant game number one, number 22, Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, scored 52 in a massive beatdown of the Citadel. As I said, irrelevant. Yep. And the mega irrelevant game, number 24, Utah scored 40 against Weber State. Weber State scored 17. I did not know Weber State had a football team. Uh, Again, game mega irrelevant. And I know they had a football team, but it was, it, yeah. Actually, no, I didn't know they were a football team. Mega irrelevant. And in a game that was beyond mega irrelevant, tw- number 25, Arizona State, beat Southern Utah 41-14. to uh, Herm Edwards is doing things over at Arizona State. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, I guess. I mean, do it by, by doing things, making sure they're in the top 25 by season's end, eh, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they might be the best Pac-12 team outside of Oregon. It's hard to say. They might be better than Oregon. I, I, I don't know. No, no one knows. We shall see. Um, so, real quick, a, top, a look at the week two AP top 25. Alabama's number one. Georgia moving up from five to two. Ohio State moves up one spot to three. Oklahoma drops down to four after their bad performance. Uh, Texas, A&M. Texas A&M drops or jumps to five. Clemson, after their loss, drops to six. Cincinnati jumps up to seven. Notre Dame jumps up to one to eight. Iowa State drops down oh. two. Uh, how Notre Dame went up? Uh, because they won. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh-huh. Other than that, I don't know. Uh, Notre Dame jumped or Iowa State dropped down from seven to nine. Uh, number ten, Iowa jumped up to number ten after their beatdown of Indiana jumped up eight spots. Um, Big Ten's getting some love. Penn State jumped up eight spots to eleven. Oregon dropped one to twelve. 
Florida stayed same at 13. USC jumped up one point. Texas jumped or up one spot to 14. Texas jumped to 15 from 21. UCLA, who was non-ranked, went to 16 after their beatdown of um, LSU. Coastal Carolina. Yeah, Coastal Carolina jumped to 17 from 22. Wisconsin dropped from 12 to 18. Virginia Tech uh, went from non-ranked to 19. Ole Miss, after their smackdown, uh, they were unranked. After their smackdown of uh, Louisville, jumped from unranked to 20th. Miami dropped from 14th to 22nd. Arizona State jumped up to 23 from 25. And in the biggest fall-off of the week, North, North Carolina, who was 10th, dropped 15, or 14, I'm sorry, to 24, and unranked Auburn went to 20 to the 25 spot. Dropping out of the top 25 were LSU, Indiana, Washington, and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Um, Goodness. A couple others getting some votes. Michigan and both Michigan State got some votes, but not enough. <laughs> yeah, fitting. <laughs> That's all I got on both of them. <laughs> Um, let's move on to the heart of the show, the NFL preview. Woo! I hit the wrong scene. NFL preview. What scene did you hit? What are we talking about instead? Uh, ending. Oh! <laughs> We're talking about going to bed. Oops. <laughs> oh. oh, goodness. Yes, the NFL season is finally here, and we will be previewing every single team in the NFL, all 32, by their division and by their conference, I guess, I suppose. We don't have any sort of conference uh, predictions, who's going to be doing that, because the segment's already long enough, yes. but but we, we will have our over-unders on their win totals and uh, see um, when the season's over uh, how right we were. So I I will lead this off. I'll lead off with the Denver Broncos. Um, we can mix up the order if uh, I end up trying to talk about your team based on the order. So okay. Uh, the Denver Broncos are the first team we will be talking about, and they have just been a disappointment. They've tried uh, to find their quarterback in the future of Drew Locke. They have not. Teddy Bridgewater will become the 11th starting quarterback since Peyton Manning retired after they won the Super Bowl. And of the previous 10, only two have a winning record. Um, One being Trevor Simeon, who I do know, and some dude named Brett Ripien, Ripien, who the hell knows. Can Teddy Bridgewater change their fortunes, or will this be another year of wasting the defense that they have with Von Miller? Um, this is a hard question to answer. I think Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater's a solid quarterback. Yes. They're just in a division that no matter what, I think they're going to get two losses guaranteed. Within the division? Yes. I mean, the Chiefs, of course. Yep. Yes. They're going to lose, I think they're going to lose both games to the Chiefs. Um, I would say yes. And then they're going to 
probably lose one to the Los Angeles Chargers. Both teams we will talk about here momentarily. Um, yeah. So, I, I think this team, um, did you say they're over-under? Not yet. Nope. Okay. Do you want to real quick? Yeah. <clears throat> Their over-under on wins is eight and a half. Okay. So, obviously, from looking at the notes, I knew that. <laughs> I did not want to just jump in and take that right there. Um, I think they could get nine wins. I, I'm going to take the over. I think they could get nine. I think they can get nine. This is important to note to everybody. This is a 17-game season. I was going to bring that up. Yes. I mean, I, we were, I was looking at these totals, and I already knew, but I was like, man, a lot of these are really high. And, of course, I knew that the, the season had been extended a game, but I was still like, a lot of these all throughout the NFL preview are very high. Yes. Odds, uh, I did find on FanDuel, if they different, uh, differ from anything else, then, well, I don't know what to tell you. These yeah. are FanDuel odds. We use FanDuel um, a lot. For bo- Both of us use FanDuel. FanDuel, I'm usually a bad MGM guy, but it was way easier to find on FanDuel. Not um, sponsored, of course, by either. No. But uh, eight and a half. Man, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to say eight. I'm going to take the over at nine. That does, Again, with the extended season, that doesn't guarantee a playoff spot. Nine no. used to, under 16, nine could have been a playoff spot. I don't think not. Um, do they have the three wild card spots this year, or has it gone, gone back down to two? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, let me look that up real quick. If you want to start on the Raiders, you can. Okay. Um. So, yep. Uh, just finish the Broncos. Yes, I'm taking the over. He's ta- Jordan's taking the under. Uh, moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, we are year four in year four of the John Gruden experience, and the Raiders um, haven't gotten a whole lot back. They haven't really no. done anything under John Gruden. Uh, Derek Carr is back with uh, well nobody else. They have no other option. Um. Gruden and Mike Mayock have both said they need to be a playoff team this year. Uh, but will they? It, I don't think so. The over-under for wins is seven. I am going to take the under. I've not even seen the Raiders schedule, but I'm going to take the under, I think. Uh, Jordan is muted. Yeah, I was. I'm still checking out the um, playoff format. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah, it's um, not overly important. It's not irrelevant. We're not picking playoff teams. Um, wow, the Raiders. Um, <sighs> they don't have a lot. I could see them winning maybe one or two of their division games. Probably at home against the Chargers and Broncos. Yes, I agree with both that's, of those. That's about it. Everything else they're losing. They're losing to the Chiefs both times. Um, seven wins. Seven wins even. You're going to go with the push. I'm going to go with the under and say six. Okay, yeah. I don't think they're, like... I, cause I'm, I'm already rethinking. I think I'm I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under with you. I'm looking at it. They have Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins, Chargers, Bears, Broncos, Eagles, Giants, Chiefs, Bengals, Cowboys, 
Washington, Chiefs, Browns, Broncos, Colts, Chargers. I think they will... Let's see. Let me count this out. I'm good. I really do think... I think they're the worst... Worst in that I division. I think they're the worst, worst team of the division. I think they. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a question. I think they only get one division win, and I think if anybody, it might be against the Chargers. Really, I would say if they're going to get one, I would say it's against the Broncos. I think Chargers are better than that. I think that de- that Chargers defense is just a little, not quite there. I think they could be good, but we'll talk about them in a second. So one against the Chargers, and. I want to just remind everybody, these are games I am 100% that the Raiders can win. I think they get one against the Chargers. I think they get one against the Eagles, one against the Giants. Yep, and yep. Um, I believe they will get one against the Bengals, so there's four. Yep. And then one maybe against Washington. Maybe. It's hard. It's... That one's like kind of a 50-50, so we, um, so they could only get five. Maybe sneak one in there against, um, possibly sneak one in there against the Bears. I think they could beat the Bears, but if if that's, if that's what we're looking at for the schedule, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go under on, on the Raiders. Yeah, I'm going to take the under. Um, moving on, you want to take the Chargers or you want me to? I will take the Chargers. I do we'll love this team. We'll just alternate. Okay. So yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll just alternate these teams. Like I said, unless one of our teams comes up and then you know yeah. obviously jump in. Okay. So the LA Chargers, LA Chargers have what looks to be their quarterback of the future in Justin Herbert. Had a great rookie season. Um, he of course has Keenan Allen, um, a couple other really really solid wide receivers to throw to. Austin Eichler. Their running back has said, hey, pick me high in fantasy football. I'm going to have a great season. So, I don't know. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. He's a pretty solid running back, so I I wouldn't say absolutely not. Um, Offensive line has four new starters. Looks all to be upgrades. Um, The defense is probably going to be fine. They're not going to be awful. They might just be average. But with how good that offense, I think, can be, um, I think they have a pretty good shot at a wild card spot. I don't think they're going to have a chance to to beat Kansas City for the division, unless Kansas City implodes. But uh, the over-under is 9.5 wins on the L.A. Chargers 2021 season. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I'm looking at it. I think... I think I might have to take the under, as much as I don't want to. I think I agree with you. Because they play some solid teams. For the simple reason that it's nine and a half. Yeah. I think they'll get nine. Yeah. I think nine's a very solid number. Um, It could very well get them into the playoffs. Um, they still, I mean, Herbert's still going to have a lot of growing pains and this team still isn't where it needs to be to compete for a championship. Yes. So for the chargers, I think nine's a very solid number. Ah, man, 10 and 10 and seven 
is a possibility, though. I think it, I think I'm gonna, ten. I'm could gonna happen. stick with it. I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick under. I do think ten could happen, but I just don't know. Um, moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are the current favorite to win the Super Bowl at plus five hundred, and well, they're it's hard to argue with that. <laughs> like, I mean, literally every every important piece is back. The offensive every, line uh, got. I don't really know if I want to call it overhauled or updated, but that offensive line wasn't bad in the first place. They just I would say overhauled. Yeah, overhauled I think is the best word. Um, they weren't bad. They were just had a couple guys who were a couple key players who were injury prone. The defense uh, should be good, be solid again, um, with the potential to be more than solid. But it doesn't matter how, as long as your defense isn't giving up fifty a game, isn't giving up sixty a game. Uh, the Chiefs, with how much the Chiefs score, your defense, as long as they can walk out on the field and force like a couple punts. The Chiefs are going to win games. Over under is at 12 and a half. I'm taking the over. You're taking the under on 12 and a half. Over. All right. Over. <gasps> over. Oh, okay. I think my phone like did some weird shit for a second. Um I did say it kind of quick too, so over on 12 and a half. <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's the Chiefs. I gotta go over. Yeah, I think I, they could easily. I think they they could easily win thirteen, fourteen games, something like that. Yeah. Who the hell? Who the hell knows if they put it all together? Maybe more. Uh, I'll go with you on over on the Chiefs. I think they're. I think even with the man at the center of our screen here still in the league, I think the Chiefs are the best team in the league. I think Patrick Mahomes is. He may not be the best quarterback to ever play the game. But I think Patrick Mahomes is one of, if not the best player in the league right now. <laughs> like, he, I think he's, I think he's the best player in the league right now, um, best of all time. No, who not, knows? Not we'll yet. see. We'll see. Yeah, not yet. Exactly. He he could be if he puts this together for another twelve, fifteen years, something like that. So, uh, he, 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 so the Chiefs are just so insanely good. Uh, they, uh, I don't even know how they did it. Um, well, they still have a man. <laughs> I mean, when you have a man who on your team, his Twitter handle is at Cheetah, you're probably going to be good. Tyreek Hill is... Tyreek Hill is a, a wild, wild dude, man. Like, he is so that's all incredibly fast. When you have the speed, like, you can't teach speed and speed kills. I know they're old, yep. they're old, just cliches in football and sports in true, general. Though. But when, especially when you get a team like this, it's just insane. All right. That does it for, for the, the AFC, the AFC West. We move on to the AFC South. These are a bit out of order because I wanted to put our teams at the last little bit of each conference. So we move on to the AFC South and the Houston Texans. New head coach David Culley sent his players out during training camp with no numbers or names on their jerseys. Which is fitting because I don't know who plays for the Texans. Other than Tyrod Taylor and... uh... Well, who was just announced Maybe. as the starter in Mark Maybe Ingram. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but Deshaun Watson doesn't knows? count because he's not even on the active roster. 
Is, isn't he though? Because that no. would mean he's he's well, he's he's like uh, he's on some reserve. List yeah, he's on the res- he's on the roster. He's just not on the active roster. Okay, all right. Yeah, no. Deshaun Watson has all sorts of nonsense going on. We're not going to get into that. If you haven't heard about that, either Google it. Or go because you live under, season, Google it because you live check under season a rock. Four of the podcast. We talked about it a lot there. Oh yeah, you have to find um, it yeah. on YouTube because Spotify was bad. But <laughs> Tyrod Taylor is the starter. Um, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay should make for a decent running back um, bit there. And Lovey Smith already making. People. No, Lovey Smith is already making his impact on this defense. Although it is the preseason, they got ten turnovers. They got 10 takeaways as the defense. I love Lovey Smith, man. I love him. Him and that, him and that beard. I don't know if he ever ended up shaving it off. I know he got such a rough deal at um, Illinois. He did. I mean, it's Illinois. What the hell do you expect from him? But uh, Lovey Smith already making his, his impact felt on this defense. 10 takeaways in preseason. You want to know how many they had all of last season? Less in 16 than 10. games, they had nine. And, and the preseason, might I add, is three games. Now, granted, you're playing Chase. against some some scrubs, but still, but still, it, not not every team's doing that. And that was really impressive to me. The over under on the Houston Texans wins is four on the season, a lowly four. I believe that's the lowest in all of football. What say you? Houston, we don't have liftoff. No. Houston, we've got a problem. A little I bit. am taking the under. Oh, brutal the, on the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans very well could be the worst team in football this year. Um, I would... I would side to agree, but they're going to be one of the three worst teams in football. Um, man, four's a low number, though. Four's a really low number. Shit. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under. Three, three or lower. Uh, four wins is a lot for a team that really doesn't have any pieces. I yeah, mean, they have nothing. The biggest, the biggest piece they had is in legal limbo with like twenty-two, you know, civil cases against them. So yeah, and uh, isn't even on the active roster because he doesn't want to be there. Right. He requested a trade before any of that nonsense happened. It's just because so, of legal issues, he can't be on a different team or something of that nature. I don't really know the whole story as to why he can't be on a different on that team. Um. Well. He could be on a different team, but nobody wants to touch him. Yeah, no, I... They yeah. could easily... They could easily trade him um, for nothing, but... Nobody wants to touch nobody's, him. I don't know, seventh-round pick? What the hell... What are you losing? Yeah. But <laughs> but Houston's, Houston's not going to trade him for that. Not a chance in hell. You take the next team. I need some goddamn likes. This next team is... A team that is, uh, I'm going to be rooting for this year a little bit. The Jacksonville Jaguars are in year one of the Urban Meyer era, along with Trevor Lawrence. That is right. Gardner Minshew is gone. Gardner Minshew will not be on the team. 
There was rumors originally that maybe Gardner Minshew could be on this team and possibly fight for a starting spot, but Urban Meyer sent him to wherever he is now. The Jacksonville Jaguars return the five, same five offensive line starters they've had for the past two seasons, which, uh, well, I think the only reason they're returning those guys is because there was nobody better. Because that offensive line was horrid. James Robinson, the undrafted rookie from 2020, will be sharing carries with Carlos Hyde after Travis Etienne went down with an injury. Um, this next spot is a little interesting because Urban Meyer likes tight ends. However, the, the, the Jaguars, I will say, have some people who play the tight end position. That's it. Um, Marvin Jones will make their receiving core a little bit better, and well, they're they have the pieces on defense to be solid. Over under is at six and a half. I, if this was an even number, I would take the push. I do not think the Jacksonville Jaguars can win seven. I think they will win five or six. I'm taking the under. Taking the under on the Jags, eh? I think it's going to be five or six. I don't think it's going to be uh, less than five. I would almost be willing to take the push if this was six, but I'm going to take the under <laughs> at six. So, me and the Jags, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I think they could – one certain thing <clears throat> could have got the Jags to have me take the over. That's if Tim Tebow was on the roster, man. Oh, if Tebow was on the roster, I'm taking the over. If Tebow I'm was on the, the roster, over. that they're would going, have been a Tim going, Tebow jersey behind me, not a Chad Ochocinco jersey. They're going, they're going 17 and 0. I mean, it's, it's Tim 100%. Tebow's a, a deal breaker. Yeah. Can't tell. I'm being very sarcastic. But I mean, I do I love you, me some Tim I know Tebow. You can tell. I, know I love you me can some tell, Tim Tebow. I don't know if anyone else can tell. Um, That's the thing is, I do love me some Timmy Tebow. Trevor Lawrence is definitely going to be a difference maker for the Jags um, this year. Uh, but it's not going to be enough to get them seven wins to justify taking me over. I'm going to go under on sixth map. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we now have the Indianapolis Colts. Jordan just muted himself again. So. It was accidental that time. Oh, then go ahead and take the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> All right, I'd love to. So they got, um, well, not quite what they wanted when they traded for Carson Wentz. They were big players in the Matthew Stafford trade deal that we're going to be talking about later on. But they get Carson Wentz, who was a broken man in Philadelphia. Quite literally. <clears throat> literally. But he, he, you know, didn't look like he even wanted to play football. Very interesting for Carson Wentz. But he comes to Indianapolis. He gets to uh, be coached by uh, his old offensive coordinator in uh, Philadelphia and Frank Reich. Trying to revitalize the career and get him back to those 2017 MVP-type numbers that he was putting up. And it was good last year with Phillip Rivers. An old Phillip Rivers. And if they can put something like that together again, 
the rest of the team wide, then things are going to be looking good. I mean, he's got he's got plenty of talent around him. Of course, they got T.Y. Hilton um, out at wide receiver, and the bowling ball known as Jonathan Taylor that terrorized the Big Ten and every team that played Wisconsin when he was still in college, except Ohio State. Except Ohio State, but he <laughs> but... still wasn't. He wasn't awful against you guys. I mean, it's just the rest of the team that. Uh, that I mean, you know, the thing at Wisconsin was so bad when he was there outside of him that Ohio State knew where the ball was going. Exactly. And when you had Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, all in back-to-back years. <laughs> Why are you guys so good? But I die. we're continue with the Indianapolis Colts. I just Colts. had to, I had to throw that jab at Wisconsin. I, I think that I think it could be really good this year. It remains to be seen. Jonathan Taylor. I think it's going to be one of the best running backs in the league within a couple of years. Um, this he's, year, he's next behind year, the best offensive line in the country or in the league. Potentially, yes. Uh, I really, I really do think that he's behind what could be the best offensive line in the league. Um, but speaking of best in football, their defense isn't that. But. If Carson Wentz is successful, if Jonathan Taylor is the bowling ball that I describe him to be, it really won't matter in a Chiefs sort of sense, I think, with this Indianapolis Colts. They're not as good as the Chiefs, but they could be just behind them, I think. The over-under is nine wins on the year. I am going over Over. on nine. Over. I'm I'm taking the over, too. Fair enough. We move on. To the Tennessee... Titans, Jordan muted himself again, so I will definitely take this one. The Titans. It was your team anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. You're right. <laughs> the um, Titans can be scary. Derrick Henry is phenomenal. He will continue to be phenomenal. He's been the best running back in the league the past three years, and if defenses even attempt to sell or sell out to just try and hope they can contain him and to keep him to like three yards, three, four yards, Ryan Tannehill has AJ Brown and Julio Jones to throw to AJ Brown being a 2020 pro bowler. And well, Julio Jones is good. And Ryan Tannehill, who was just activated off of the uh, COVID virus list uh, this past week. So he will be playing this weekend. Um, Ryan Tannehill's not a pushover of a quarterback. He doesn't have to be this all-star with Derrick Henry on the team. He just has to be good enough to not lose them games, and he's good enough to do that. Defensively, they need to be better than what they were, but their defense was ass last year. Over they under- could have been one of the they could have been one of the best teams in football last year if their defense was even competent. It wasn't. Yeah. Over-under is at nine. I am taking the over. I mean, I don't mean to fall into a pattern here with us making the same picks, but I'm picking over as well. I mean, you add Julio Jones to a mix where an offense is already dangerous. Derrick Henry on his own is enough to, to power that offense most times. But then you have two legit threats in A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the outside. Then you can't just sell out. Derrick Henry. No. You can't do it. Because again, and as I said, like, Anahill isn't a pushover. 
he's not a pushover and he's not the same quarterback that was in Miami that got let go. Yeah. <clears throat> he is he's found the system that's perfect for him. Massive running game behind him and that's what he needs. He can't be the focus of the offense. But right now with this team, he doesn't need to be. Derrick Henry is a monster. He's the best running back in the league. So I think I think the over on 9 is easy. Josh Norman is uh, probably still terrified of Derrick Henry. Josh Norman actually probably isn't terrified. He's probably still flying through space. The the entire league should be terrified of Derrick Henry. Nobody's safe. No. Josh maybe Norman. JJ, maybe JJ Watt. I don't know. That, that might just cause like a explosion and the earth will collapse in on itself. Yeah. yeah. Humanity as we know it ends. Yeah. Jo- I, all I do know is Josh Norman is still flying through space right now. All right. We both agree on the over on nine on the Tennessee Titans. We move on to the AFC East and the New York Jets. The goddamn Jets. The, Sam Darnold. Oh, go ahead. The J-E-T-S suck, suck, suck Jets. Yes. Well, at least for now. Sam Darnold booted off to the Carolina Panthers, and they draft uh, Zach Wilson, second overall. Despite what Colin Cowherd thinks of him, Dude could be pretty good, and their success offensively is just going to be based on how difficult the adjustment is to the NFL for Zach Wilson. We shall see. He's not the biggest guy, so who knows? Um, Jets are kind of hard to predict, but he does have some big tar- targets around him. Corey Davis comes over from the Tennessee Titans, and Jamison Crowder, uh, rookie Elijah Moore as well, and then he's got a good receiving threat in the backfield in Tevin Coleman, also a good little scat back. Defense, who the hell knows? They are young, they haven't proven shit, and we shall see. But the over-under on the New York goddamn Jets is six. What do you say? So real quick, I'm going to just say, Greg Williams is, as we all know, gone from New York. After, Thank the Lord. After running a all-out blitz, dropping three back in um, a scenario when the Raiders were all-out Hail Mary. Had to throw yep. the ball 60 yards through the air just to have a chance for a touchdown to win the game. And, well, you know, Greg Williams still all-out blitz, and that with eight guys, that defense still couldn't get to Derek Carr in time. Which is everyone sad. Everyone says that the um, fake punt that wasn't a fake punt by the Indianapolis Colts, when you see Pat McAfee on the sideline with his jaw dropped, is the worst play in football history. Wow. That might be worse. I think that's worse. Because that's that was a well-designed play that went wrong. That was just... Not... What? Greg Williams just... His brain did this number. Yeah, either that or he was tanking for Trevor Lawrence. And they couldn't even do that right. Couldn't even do it right. They won um, a game. Whatever, so whatever happened with um, Greg Williams, his his brain evacuated his body somehow. I mean, he got fired the next day. Like, yeah. I don't know if he. I mean, he, he he had to be. He literally shit his brain out on Which that play. Leads me to believe that it wasn't tanking. No. He wasn't just trying to lose the game. He genuinely thought that was a good play. And they punted him. Um, this team, I'm going to take the push. 
Like, Bush, ah. I don't know if they're so terrible because as long as Zach Wilson can make like a somewhat semblance of a all right transition, um, they will win some games. And because he has some decent players to throw to, and Tevin Coleman is a solid back. That defense is still question marks all across the board, but I'm gonna have to take I'm gonna just have to take the six, the push. Mm. I still think they'll be the worst team in the division. So. Yeah, I don't think that's a question. Um, I am going to take the under, and this might be one that I that I come back to regret because <clears throat> maybe the Jets proved me wrong, but until they prove me wrong, I can't trust in them at all. That organization has been dysfunctional for so long. I'm going to take the under on six, five or four wins somewhere in there, if that. I mean, if, if Zach Wilson is just pants, then I, I don't know what to tell you. They might win two games again. Yeah. And draft another quarterback next year. I don't know. Yeah. Alrighty, moving on to the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins just barely missed the playoffs in 2020, and now Tua Tagovailoa is the undisputed starter in South Beach. Uh, however, Tua had one of the lowest yards per completion totals in the nine games he played. Hip injury or no, I mean, it's not phenomenal, but it is what it is. He has solid wide receivers. Not better than solid. He has capable wide receivers, um, including former Alabama teammate Jalen Waddle to throw to. They don't have a standout running back. Um, and their offensive line exists. They have five people who play the offensive line position. How about that? Um, which that's a start. So there, there is something. The defense was great for the Dolphins last year, and if that is the case, they could be another playoff competing team, and I think they could slide into the playoffs. So the over/under is at nine and a half. I'm going to take the over at ten. All right. <clears throat> um, me and the Dolphins, man. I, I, I do like. Uh, I like Tua. Um, I actually like the Dolphins as a team, not not the roster they have necessarily right now, but I, I do like the Dolphins. <clears throat> My only concern with this team is the lack of an offensive line, and they don't have a standout running back that can provide a running game for Tua, and it can't all be on him. I'm going to take the under on nine and a half. <clears throat> they might... They might get nine, they might get eight, something like that. I don't think they put together the same sort of success that they did last season. Even though they just missed the playoffs, I don't know if you can call it a success, but for what Miami's done lately, I mean, it's, 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 who, who knows? Miami's been in the dumps for quite some time. Um, I'm going to take the under. Um, I think that's I'm, – I'm fairly, I'm fairly positive about that. I mean, no team can be successful without a running game, and if you're running behind a bad offensive line with no clear number one running back in, in general, then you're in for a rough time. So, under 9.5 for me on the Miami Dolphins. Okay. All right, New England Patriots time. Post-Tom Brady era. Didn't get off to a great start in 2020. 7-9 and nine with Cam Newton as their starter. Cam Newton isn't here anymore. 
Mac Jones from Alabama is the new starter for the New England Patriots. And they went ham on off-season signings. Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne added a wide receiver. Um, Matthew Judon on defense. And they get back multiple players on defense who opted out of the 2020 season due to the coronavirus. New England could get back to being solid if you trust in Bill Belichick, which is hard after last season. You think after what you saw last season, Tom Brady's just been carrying this team for the last 19 years. So hard to say. Um, I think that defense is going to be much better. Matt Jones is the big question for me. They are putting all their faith in this rookie quarterback and now, given what's come out about Cam Newton, the fact that Mac Jones was telling Cam Newton things about the playbook that Cam didn't know, that's concerning. And, that, and, that, and that's concerning for Cam as a player. And I, I don't know, his NFL career might very well be done, at least as a starter. But at the same time, Mac Jones is still a rookie, and there's going to be some growing pains. We know that. But, wow. <laughs> the shots fired at Cam Newton. Um, the defense should be good enough to keep them in most games, and they have a very capable um, group at wide receiver. Uh, James White back. They did trade Sony Michelle, uh, which we will talk about later, which team he went to, if you haven't heard about that. But Patriots over-under on the 2021 season is nine and a half. What say you? So I'm going to say this. Alabama quarterbacks have a history of once they get once they leave college and go pro, they are complete and utter loser. Yes. Um, like, but at the same time, and I don't know if this is 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 a glowing endorsement for Mac Jones, but a lot of them don't get drafted as high as he does, and that you know is we true. still don't. We still don't know about Tua. We don't know what he's going to be. But maybe that, that narrative is changing a little bit. Tua was, was solid, and he was coming off an injury. So who knows what we're going to get from Tua this year. Just but, a complete sidebar. Maybe, I, don't think that side, I don't think that, that narrative is going to be changing anytime soon with Mac Jones. I have less than zero faith in Mac Jones. Um, continue with what you were saying, though. Ooh, less than zero faith in Max. I'm with you. I mean, this season specifically, I can't necessarily trust Mac Jones. And now if he comes out and he's competent and he gets better from week to week, game to game, then you're looking at, okay, maybe things are good. This season, however, the fact that I've seen national analysts put the Patriots in their top five teams that can compete for a Super Bowl, I think is insane. You're looking at, like, yes, a fine roster, but Mac Jones, he he was like the fifth quarterback drafted. And maybe that's just how deep the quarterback class was. Maybe he's actually pretty good. But I, I don't have faith in Mac Jones yet. And this is another one where I'm where I could be wrong. I could just be overthinking it. I don't think Mac Jones is very good. I think I already threw the over under out there at nine, nine and, and a half, half. <clears throat> nine and a half. What do you got? 
Um, as well as I said, um, I have complete and utter faith in Mac Jones. Uh, the 2020 Alabama Crimson Tide, as I said last week, were the best, in my opinion, the best team in college football history. And it wasn't because of Mac Jones. You look at who that team, he, who that team he had on offense was. <laughs> that team was un fucking phenomenal. It was fucking phenomenal. Three, three wide receivers that were drafted within, if not the first round, then the first two. He had two guys in Najee the Najee Harris. He had two guys in the top four for Heisman voting. Yep. Like that Which team is was un fucking believable. I say a wide receiver and a running back at in in the Heisman um, top four for Heisman voting. One of them won. And then um, Jalen Waddle, who who didn't even who didn't even get them. into the Heisman the Heisman finals, because he and missed still the last got drafted six games, and still got drafted higher than the Heisman winner Devonta Smith. Yeah, Jalen Waddle, who missed the final like seven games of the season until he came back for the uh, national title game, was also in that. That team was unfucking believable. I have zero, actually, I have less than zero faith in Mac Jones. I'm taking the under. I think that defense should keep them into games and could win them some games. So I don't think I think they're gonna win seven games. They're gonna go seven and ten. So I don't have zero faith in Mac Jones. It's not that I don't have I don't have zero faith in him. But he's a rookie quarterback. Four quarterbacks got drafted ahead of him, and. He, you look at all the talent he had, and he's got some pretty good talent here. You know, Nelson Aguilar is no slouch. I know I, he's bounced around a little bit, but he's quick. He can do some stuff. But, ah, man, nine's a, nine and a half is a big number. They have to get ten wins for me to be right? I can't. It's, it's, it's under for me. It, it has to be. And, you know... I do, I, in a way, I hope I'm wrong because I don't want Bill Belichick to all of a sudden have his legacy just fucked because Tom Brady left. And then once Tom Brady leaves, that this team is just like just booty cheeks, you know? So I, I hope they get it together, but I don't think it's going to be this season. Mac Jones is going to have some growing pains. If he's a capable starting quarterback, which we don't know if he is, and we won't know until literally the season is over. So right now I have to go under. Nine and a half under. Fair enough. Um, moving on to the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen was runner-up in, in MVP voting last year, and they still have a lot of offensive talent around them, and he could be great again. Uh, Buffalo's defense kind of went a little backwards, but it still wasn't terrible. They got the talent to be great and even elite defensively. But with how good their offense is, uh, even if their defense is average or just above average, they'll still win plenty of games and they'll still be a threat to contend for the Super Bowl. (coughs) The over-under is 11. I'm going to take the over, I think... The Buffalo Bills will be the number two team in the playoff, in the AFC. Behind the Chiefs, of course. Behind the Chiefs. All right. So, 
I am with you as well. Um, it's it's over for me. Um, I think Buffalo might be the best team in football um, behind the Chiefs because even though the Bucks are as talented as they are and Tom Brady's there, talent-wise, I think the Bills surpass them. And, of course, the Chiefs surpass everybody on talent, but they just have to, to put it together in the big spots, um, which they have for the most part outside of one game in the Super Bowl. Um. The the Bills are for real. They're gonna be they're gonna be a real tough team to beat. Eleven is eleven is the number. Like you're telling me the Bills are gonna lose six games? Yeah. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Not a chance. Over easy. Buffalo Bills. I mean, unless Josh Allen gets hurt, that that eleven is easy. Yeah. All right. Uh, we move on to the AFC North. And a division that I'm excited about. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I'll lead off with the Ravens. John Harbaugh's team has to find balance in their offense. This is a wild, wild statistic, and I double-checked to make sure it was even right. They finished first in the entire NFL in rushing yards last season. Yes, they did. And then they finished last in passing yards. Uh, also, yes, they did. The best rushing offense, the worst passing offense. I get how that happens with Lamar Jackson. Though. They will have to find, more so this season than ever, they're going to have to bring passing into their game. Because... The big blow to the Baltimore Ravens is the loss of J.K. Dobbins, who, you know, would easily have been a solid counter in the running game to their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who, let's be honest, running is his strong suit with yes. Lamar. So you, you lose J.K. Dobbins. Mark Ingram's gone. You have to open up the passing game, and you have to be better in the passing game. You really, you can't be Lamar Jackson or bust running. I, I, I feel like that should be so easy to stop, even though he's so elusive. So that'll be an interesting point to see. They did add Sammy Watkins, bounced around, hasn't really been the player that everyone expected him to be. Uh, since being drafted uh, out of Clemson, but um, he might be their number one guy right now. Who knows? Um, so the offense has to find balance. The defense did lose their uh, two best pass rushers, Matt Judon to the Patriots, Yannick Ugoku, I believe, to the uh, uh, L.A. Raiders, or LV Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. The Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Yes, but they did add Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison to, um, you know, substitute that. So they should still be fine uh, with the pass rush and that secondary. Oh, my God. Marlon Humphrey, uh, Marcus Peters, they are fantastic. Um, Going deep on this team is going to be rough. Corners, a little bit less so. But still, passing against this team is going to be very, very tricky. 
Um, the over-under on wins for the Baltimore Ravens in 2020 is 11. What do you say? <sighs> this is hard. Because I think with the exception of one team who we will talk about shortly, this division is good. This division is tough. All these, all four of these teams have a lot, and I mean a lot, of downright ugly and nasty hatred for each other. So these oh, easily. I've, I'm not a fan of any of these four teams. I love watching AFC North games. They are violent. Especially Raven, Raven Steelers. I mean, good lord. They are hard-hitting. There is a lot of hatred and disliking for these teams have amongst each other. So I'm going to say 11 is because it's the AFC North. If the Baltimore Ravens were in just about any other division that didn't have the Chiefs if the Baltimore Ravens weren't in the were any in any other division other than maybe a division with the Chiefs or the Bills, I would say I would probably take the over. I'm gonna take the under here. I'm gonna say ten. You're gonna say ten on the Baltimore Ravens. I yes. mean, especially with the loss to J.K. Dobbins, I'm gonna to have to say ten. I think. So under. Uh, this is such a tough division to predict because all. Well, three. three of these four, three of these four teams could could be very, very good, and um, you know, not everybody can win, you know, a high amount of games in this division. Like, it's not like everybody's going to be winning eleven, twelve games, something like that. It's going to be a rough division. This is going to be a tough one to predict because there's a lot of talent in this division. Um. I don't want to pick a push, uh, but I'm looking through these teams, and I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to say over. Over 11 on the Baltimore Ravens. Because it's definitely, out of probably all the AFC North teams, the over for the Ravens is the, or the three top tier, the three good AFC North teams, taking the over for the Ravens is the most believable. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I. I. just think that this division is so good, and you gotta. You gotta think like. Um, you know, they they play each other six times total. Yep. Two games against each division opponent. Yep. I mean that leaves that leaves eleven other games, and I'm not saying they're gonna run the table on all those other games. They're gonna win some division games too, even like if they just lost the rest of them. Yeah. Um, but I think 11, 11 and taking the over, I, I, I'm looking at the Ravens, and I do think they're, if not the best, very, very close behind the best in the division. So I will gladly take the over on 11. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I was just looking at this. It's funny how I got both Ohio teams. I'm okay with it, but... How about it? Um, I've talked a lot about Ohio football this, this afternoon. Just a, just a smidge. Um, next up, we have the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are bringing back their entire 2020 offense with one of the best offensive lines in the game. Baker Mayfield will be getting Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. back after his ACL, ACL, MCL, or I think it is, was it just ACL? Um, 
It was, might have been both. Okay, his ACL and MCL. ACL MCL injury um, to go along with somebody on this somebody on this list, and I don't remember who tore them both. Yeah. Um. I think it might. It was probably Odell. Um, uh, along with Jarvis Landry, Diamond Peoples-Jones, who I thought I saw he got injured in their preseason game, but I could be wrong. Uh, continue on, I'll Google that. And now rookie Anthony Schwartz, uh, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt are in the running back stable in the, uh, well, they're going to be good. Um, their new, slightly new look defense, uh, should make them better, but who knows. Over under ten and a half in oh God. I have been saying this for the past couple of years with the Cleveland Browns. I've been saying this since both Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb were brought in together. And then you added Jarvis Landry, you added Odell Beckham Jr., you added DPJ. That offense has a lot a lot, a lot of egos. Then you bring Kareem Hunt in too, who is a Kareem Hunt's a good running back. Um, just has his issue. His he's had his issues off the field. This Cleveland Browns offense is good, but they have a lot of egos and a lot of divas. People seem to forget that Baker Mayfield and starting running back Nick Chubb do not like each other. They have not liked each other since college. Even though they went to two different colleges, they do not like each other. Their rookie year, they got in a fistfight on the practice field. This team, if they, and every team, falls into this little spot in the middle of the season where they just they lose a game and then they may win one that's really ugly or they may lose a couple game, lose two games and win a third that's ugly. They go on this little mini losing streak, kind of like what the Pittsburgh Steelers went through last year. The Pittsburgh Steelers were really good up until week thir- what, 12 or 13, whatever it was, that they lost to the Washington um, football team. And, and they then tanked. Then they lost to the Bills. Then they lost to the Bengals. They, the Pittsburgh Steelers last year went on a three-game streak in like week 11, just towards the middle part of the season. Well, a little after middle, but um, this is this Cleveland Browns offense is a team that, or is an offensive unit that, because of how many egos they have, if they go on that little mid-season just kind of slump, it will fully fucking explode. And I've been saying that since they started bringing this team together, that once they do go on this little slump, boom, it will happen. It's going to be ugly. I think, did you find anything out on um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, by the way? I saw that he got hit. Um, I don't see anything solid about an injury. Okay. Um, so the over, over under at 10.5, I'm going to take the under again. I'm going to say this could be another 10-win team. I think, the, All right. I think the AFC North could have two 10-win teams. I am going to take... The over on the Cleveland Browns. Okay. And this is I'll, – I'll explain. So who would have Actually, ever thought – Real quick, I want to add we, one last thing. Yes, go ahead. This, t- this is what, year three or four of Baker, by the way? Three. I believe it's year four. Four, so he's, this is, he has one more year on his had, rookie contract then. Yes. <laughs> this Browns team needs to succeed soon. This year. Like, it has to pretty much be this year. Okay, now go ahead. 
So who would have ever thought when we started this podcast and I was picking against the Browns every week in the picks that back when we were doing it before the spread, it was yeah. wins and losses. Yep. Who would have ever thought that I would pick the over on the Cleveland Browns? Unless the over was one. I doubt that it was. <laughs> but Unless the over was one win. <laughs> who would have thought? Yeah. I mean, I was just shitting on the Cleveland Browns, as was everyone else in the country except Browns fans for years and years. Even Browns fans were. That's true. Like, I mean, it, 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 I know me a lot and of Browns, Browns fans. fans. Me and Browns fans have a lot in common because we both root for historically terrible teams. So I get it. You know, it's hard to be positive. I think they got a team. And I mentioned in the Baltimore uh, bit that they could be the best team in this division if they're if Baltimore is behind anybody, it's the Cleveland Browns. I think. Fair, I agree. I do agree with that. They have all the talent. <clears throat> they do have a lot of egos. I'm not. I'm not discrediting that point. I mean, you got you got Odell Beckham on the team. He's got enough ego for every goddamn person on the team. So, not even mentioning the the Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb stuff. So, they have their chemistry concerns when you look at it in a broad perspective of over so many years, going back to college, of course. Especially with Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield. Yes. But I think this team, and now, after they got so close, they got to the playoffs, they... Lost the Chiefs. Now, granted, Mahomes left that game, and Chad Henney of all goddamn people <laughs> got put into that game. Had to do something uh, relevant in his career. The most relevant Chad Henney's been in 10 years. Um, I know. It, you know, Kansas, Kansas City is so good, and yet they still played them really, really tough even before. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt. So, I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC. Um, I think they're right behind Buffalo. I think it's Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland could be flip-flopped. I mean, I really don't know. Fair. So, over for me, in a 17-game season, I think they go 11-6, and just barely getting there. But the Cleveland Browns go over. They make the playoffs. Maybe finally make a run because they have to. They're running out of time. They're going to have to sign some dudes. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. Over on 10.5 for the Cleveland Browns. Book it. Okay. Fair. Uh, fair. Like I said, I'm going to take the under at 10. All right. Um, um, now we get. <laughs> this is where we yeah. need Jeff. Right? I know. Of all the podcasts that we need Jeff on, this is the one. I mean, other than uh, the hockey podcast. Other than the hockey podcast. That's a great one for Jeff to be on here. But uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jeff's team. Love you, buddy. Oh, boy. Big Ben. In what's more than likely his final season, the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing everything they can to make Ben Roethlisberger successful. They're doing what they can to give him a solid running game by drafting Najee Harris. I, l- I love Najee Harris. <clears throat> He's all phenomenal. the way back. 
all the way back to when he was being recruited. A little bit bitter that he flipped his commitment. Uh, or he didn't flip his commitment, but he was very, very strongly suggesting that he was coming to Michigan, and then he didn't. Can't blame him. He went to Alabama, the best goddamn program in the last 15 years. So, um, is what it is. Najee Harris is phenomenal, and they are really, really trying the best that they can to make this potential last year for Big Ben a success. All new offensive line. The entire offensive line is new. Um, Which might not be a bad thing. That offensive line last year was not good. It might not be a bad thing, but you never know. With all five new starters, you don't retain anybody that's good. Hard to say. Hard to predict. I will agree with that. Something I'm very excited about. If you've ever watched my gaming streams back when I was playing Madden, I'm a big fan of the fullback. They are going to use a fullback in Derek Watt, the brother of TJ and uh, 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 J.J. Watt. <laughs> that that other his one. name escaped me for a That second. other one who's kind of good at football. Just a little. Yeah, all of them that are good at football. Yeah, Derek Watt insane. is going to play fullback as, they, as the Pittsburgh Steelers try to add new wrinkles to their offense. Steelers' defense is always good. It only has a few question marks. Um, mainly their secondary corner um, after Joe Hayden. The defensive line's pretty damn good with uh with uh cam hayward and uh, of course tj watt that's gonna you that know linebacker is phenomenal phenomenal yeah i mean he both of those dudes are one gonna of get the best linebackers in the country if not the best um in the league i should say but i think they'll be in the playoff hunt and now we get into the over under for the pittsburgh steelers eight and a half taking the over I think I think the AFC North has three very good teams and could find a way to put three teams in the playoff. They very well could. I think I took the push for Baltimore at 11. I took the under at 10.5 on Cleveland at 10. I'm going to take around 9 or 10 for Pittsburgh. That defense, other than that... Once that secondary corner, because, I mean, Joe Hayden's fucking phenomenal. Yes. Joe Hayden is... Top... Oh. I'll broaden it, and I'll say top ten corner in the NFL. Yes. I would say top seven. Even... Could, I, I, I can't argue with it. <clears throat> even, like, you're even getting into a top five, but top seven, definitely. Yes. Um. Elite. He's he's elite. Um, T.J. Watt, who Ben Roethlisberger said just today or yesterday, the Steelers need to fucking pay him. Yeah. yeah. The Steelers need to Absolutely. play T.J. Watt or pay T.J. Watt is fucking elite. One of the best linebackers in the NFL. <laughs> this I'm, defense. I'm willing to I'm willing to say the best. Uh, just just straight up, T.J. T.J. Watt's phenomenal. This defense is. All across the board, one of the be- is probably the best defense in the country. Let's or the NFL. I keep saying country because I'm a college football guy at heart. <laughs> but one of the best is probably the best defense in the league, if not top. I mean, definitely one of the best, if not the best. I'm gonna say the over. They'll be around nine ten. Also. All right. 
So this is this is strange because this is now the third team in the AFC North that we are predicting the over under for wins for. Yep. Gone over on the first two. Both of us have. Uh no, I and went push you, under. And now you've huh? I went push under. Eleven ten. But yeah, you've gone over for both, I think. I I don't even count your push pick. I mean <laughs> <clears throat> I mean I do because I've done it too, but like still. Um I'm gonna continue the trend. I'm going over on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's hard not to. Eight's not eight is not a lot of games. <laughs> but eight eight and a half. They have to get to nine. Oh yeah, nine. And I think still not that's a lot. where I think that's where they get. And this is so weird to say, given how talented the Steelers are, but it's because of their division. I think they're the third best team in the division behind Cleveland, behind Baltimore. I think nine's a realistic number when you're talking about, you know, 11-12 wins for the Ravens, 11-12 wins for the Browns. Somewhere somebody's got to lose some games. I think that's the Steelers. So here's the thing. I think... These three teams, outside of, like, the Browns play the Chiefs, I think all three of them play the Chiefs at some point. I could be wrong. I would imagine the entire division does. Uh, yeah. Hi, Maggie, what's up? I'd say she just kind of walked through. Let's see, the Browns play... She didn't walk through, she, like, laid her head, and I can see her head, like, right... Right behind me, your, uh, your, uh, microphone stand. Yeah. All of them play the Chiefs. I think outside of that, like I think out of con- or out of division, all three of these teams have a phenomenal chance of winning almost all of their division games. Yeah, or their their non division or non division games. I mean, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I think so. I, I, th- I think they're going to win. They're going to win more than they lose. That's that's a guarantee. I think outside of. As long as they show up, and it's obviously long, 17-week season, long season. Outside of um, when they play the Chiefs, I think this team, I think all three of these teams have a good chance of winning pretty much all of their non-division games. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna take the. I think all all the three of these teams are gonna be around 11, 10, 11, 10 wins, 10, 11 wins. It's gonna be it's gonna be the most. It's gonna be fucking wild, and it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be the most fun division to watch in football, I think. And now we move on to something that I'm just gonna let you take the floor because this is your team now. We've talked about three really good teams, and there's four in a division, and the fourth is the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, I love the enthusiasm in your voice. Yeah, there's there's something in my voice. I don't even know why I wrote notes for this team, because I knew I was going to let you roll with it, and you got your own opinions on your own team. Well, so just I, I'm just going to sit back. <clears throat> you let me know when you when 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 you want me to just pop in again. Yeah, I will. Joe Burrow uh, tore both his ACL and MCL last year after appearing in That's 10 the games. That's guy who tore yeah. both. Odell didn't. Joe Burrow did. Um, and the Bengals are hoping that he will be able to take the next step. First round pick, which was a abysmal, awful, 
fucking terrible pick of Jamar Chase might help. I'm going to say no because that offensive line is still going to be fucking horrible. They should have taken Panani Saywell. That's the big, one of the biggest misses the Bengals have had in a long line of fucking misses. Thank you for that, by the way. The, the Bengals taking Jamar Chase is one of the biggest misses in a long line of misses. The Bengals should have easily taken Panani Saywell. However, they instead give the... Um, Detroit football Lions a softball and have the and they take the generational talent offensive lineman one of the real best quickly off- real quickly I hate I, I didn't hate that pick when we made it I wanted excitement offensive linemen don't provide excitement I'm pretty pumped about it now well, I was wrong yeah I was wrong on draft night but continue Panani Saywell's probably one of the best offensive linemen we've seen in since Eric Fisher came out from Central Michigan Oh, God, don't compare it to Eric Fisher. But I'm just saying, like, one of the best linemen out of college we've seen in that fucking long. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to be a stud. He's, he's going to be a dude. And the Bengals picked, passed on him to try and get Joe Burrow's buddy, Jamar Chase, who did not play in... And a lot of Bengals fans were like, Panay Saywell didn't play in 2019, or 2020. Jamar Chase didn't either. Jamar Chase was one of the first players in all of college football to opt out of 2020. Yeah. Because he's a fucking bum. (laughs) T. Higgins is going to be returning as well at receiver, and so is Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon will be coming back off of injury, hoping hoping to go back to his good rushing, as good as you can behind that offense, that horrible offensive line. Um... He had two 1,000-yard rushing seasons in the years prior before his injury. Uh, last year's offensive line, as I alluded, was fucking abysmal. Uh, Riley Reef is replacing the worst guard in all of football anywhere, whether it be in Europe, whether it be in fucking Canada, whether it be here in America, whether it be in f- fucking Cameroon. Bobby Hart was the worst guard in all of football. The Bengals did draft three linemen, but none of them were Benani say, well, it could help. The defense might be average, might be, might be average, might be bad. Who knows? Um, some other things. Zach Taylor, this is Zach Taylor's third year, and the only differences, be- difference between years one and years two is that the Bengals made the smallest, literal smallest improvement. They went from two wins to four wins. Um, really, the only big, big noticeable difference is in year two, they beat the Tennessee Titans in a surprise, and then they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers when the Pittsburgh Steelers were falling off of a cliff. Um, other than that, the wins against, the other two wins were against Jacksonville and Houston, which were two of the worst teams in the NFL. Were absolutely yes. Jacksonville was the worst team in the NFL. Houston was the third worst. Both of them were absolutely fucking terrible. It's just all the uh, those two wins, all they showed, because both of those wins, again, the win against Jacksonville was by eight points. The win against Houston was by four, I think, if I remember correctly. Those two wins just showed that they could marginally eke out a win against teams that are worse than them. The the win against Tennessee was, I mean, it was a big win. It was a double-digit win, and it was a fucking a huge upset and a huge surprise. Yeah, it made no sense. The win against Pittsburgh late in... December was a big surprise, uh, especially without Joe Burrow. But again, Pittsburgh was 
had fallen off a cliff. They, the Steelers were two weeks before were 12 and 0 or whatever it was, or 11 and 0, whatever it was, and then they go on that three-game losing streak. Um, <sighs> the Bengals have been dead. In the, they were dead in the water before Zach Taylor. They are dead in the water now too. Zach Taylor, his first year, first year there, he had Andy Dalton, and then um. Whoever the fuck he drafted in the fifth round in 2019. Um, last year he had his guy. He had his guy, the guy he wanted. Which again, I think Joe, p- taking Joe Burrow wasn't a phenomenal idea. I think they should have taken Chase Young. I think taking Chase Young would have been a better call because any Bengals fan, anybody who's watched any Bengals fan who watched Bengals football in 2019, knew things were not going to go well for Joe Burrow in 2020, and they didn't. And after 10 games, he tore both his ACL and MCL because that offensive line was just fucking terrible. I think this is the year that the Bengals need to do something. Otherwise, I don't think Zach Taylor is going to get fired after this year, but they need to actually show some sign of improvement. The over-under is at 6.5. I'm taking the under. I think the Bengals very well could be one of the worst teams in football. Oh man! I think the Bengals will be a bottom three again, three or four. I feel the hope just non-existent in your voice, and I understand it because my team's in the same spot. Like there is no hope for Bengals. Like I had hope when Panane Saywell was still on the board, and they chose a wide receiver. They chose Joe. They chose Joe Burrow's buddy. Like, that's what that was. Like, there was no, in my opinion, there was no really defensible action to pass on the one of the best offensive linemen the, coming out of college that we have seen in 10 years, if not when more. When offensive line is a need when for it, the Bengals. Yeah. Fuck, I would have actually, like... It's sad to say, like, obviously, if if Panini Saywell wasn't on the board, I would have been okay with them trading that first-round pick to get more picks for later, for the second round. Or just yes. even get... I'm never a big, I'm never a big fan of trading back. That's just me. Um, but... Like, I, I was very much one of the handful of Bengals fans that it was Panini Saywell or Bust in the first round. So... But... Yeah, there is like there, there there's no hope for this season for me. So my my spiel on the uh on the Bengals will be brief. Thank you. I think you covered it very well. I took a long time. I think I just took 15 <laughs> minutes. No, it wasn't that long. It was like 5. Um, I can't remember what what my little time with time was on mine, but go ahead. What time we were at there. So me with the Bengals. Um, yeah, offensive line's a big concern, but they did upgrade it a little bit. It's not going to be as bad as it was last year. You know, they drafted late-round guys, albeit they drafted guys in the late rounds to fill in. They can't be any worse. They really can't. I, the one so, thing I will say, there's only one person on that offensive line I didn't want replaced, and that was... Uh, Excuse me, former Al- Alabama offensive lineman Jonah Jackson. 
Jonah Jackson did not play in tw- his rookie year in 2019 because he suffered a um, MCL injury in preseason. Yeah. So he was the so, only one I didn't want replaced right off the bat. But like Bobby Hart needed to go, oh and he's gone. Boy. Gone and. He didn't even make, I think he was on the Bills preseason squad, didn't even make the 53-man roster. Good. I was like, good, because you never want anybody to be unemployed, but he he's not good. He sucks. Like, he, 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 is, he is the worst guard in the entire NFL at this point. Like, I mean, I don't want to say. Not at this point, in last year. Because he ain't even in the league right now. I don't want to necessarily say good that he got cut. It's good that he's making that he's not on a team, so someone else actually has a spot. Exactly. Because like I should, only so many spots. Only I so many should spots reiterate to... my good. Like good that he's not on a team because he doesn't really deserve a spot after what we saw last year and uh, what the Bills must have saw in preseason. I didn't watch any preseason football for the most part. I watched very minimal and that was only the Lions because it was on over SmackDown two Fridays out of the last three. So Yeah, like I say good that Bobby Hart's not on a active roster because after what I saw last year and must have been what the Bills saw this year, he didn't really deserve a spot. It's it's rough, but um, again, uh, to, to wrap up my point on the Bengals and to wrap up the AFC, um, me and the Bengals have a great relationship right now. I mean, again, I was sour on the pick of Penn A. Citywell in the draft. Because I wanted something exciting. I wanted something that was going to blow my goddamn pants off. And an offensive lineman doesn't do that. But Penny Sewell is is a a fantastic talent. He's a dude, as we say. I mean, he is a dude. He's going to be one of the best offensive linemen in football, I think. Not this year necessarily, but in the years to come. You know, rookie adjustments, everything like that. I'm not expecting fucking, uh, you know, loads from him in in year one. But we'll get to the lines in a bit. But you guys drafted Jamar Chase. And he played in the preseason. Yep. And he didn't play well. Also, no. Against backups. And I didn't really even iterate. I was not even really iterating to how he, when I called him a bum, I wasn't even really iterating to how he played in the preseason, I should add. But he but he played like a bum in the preseason. And that doesn't mean he's going to be a bum. It's way too early to tell. But if that was my team, I'm worried. That's our top pick playing against backups. He ain't even he ain't even faced real NFL talent yet, and he's dropping balls left and right. Yeah, it's concerning. And anything else? Anything else sad on your team? I'm giving you the floor. You you say whatever you need to say about this team. I I've said my piece. I I have no hope for this team. 
I think they will be a bottom three NFL team. Okay. That's it. All right. It's going to be a long, long season out of Cincinnati. All right, so as we move on to the NFC, I'm going to give you the oh. Arizona Cardinals. That'll set me up for my lines, okay? Oh, that's unf- – how about I just take uh, Seahawks and San Francisco because I need to go get water. What was your – I'm assuming you were going to go with the under on the Bengals. Fucking hell. Was there under? Six, Six and, and a half. half. Yeah, it's okay. under. Yeah, easy. You take the um, Cardinals. I'll take the Seahawks and 49ers because I got to go get some water real quick. I can easily – Bail on the Cardinals. I got a lot going on. Okay, I'll be back. All right. Okay. The Arizona Cardinals. Oh, boy. So, former Offensive Rookie of the Year, Kyler Murray, is obviously back. He's still on his rookie deal. Obviously, he's going to be back. But longtime wide receiver, Larry Fitzgerald, who was with the team the last time they went to the Super Bowl, he's not. Big blow. He hasn't officially retired yet. He's he's older. People thought he was going to retire after last season. And now, in the midst of training camp and preseason, he just says, well, I'm not really into it. I don't know. Can't blame him. Dude's had a, had a long, successful career. Larry Fitzgerald, surefire Hall of Famer. Fantastic player. But they do have rookie Rondell Moore and, of course, DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the entire NFL to give Kyler Murray some receiving options. Uh, Chase Edmonds and James Conner. Interesting situation at running back. James Conner, I personally would put above Chase Edmonds. I don't know a whole bunch about Chase Edmonds, but they're two very contrasting styles at running back. James Conner's a power guy, big guy, going to run through him. Chase Edmonds, a little bit different. Strong offensive line to run behind. And Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, doesn't really believe in tight ends in the traditional sense. So Cliff Kingsbury has tight ends on the roster because you kind of got to have them. I suppose you don't really need to, but he does. Yeah. Uh, but they're just, they're just blockers. That's all they do. They aren't there to catch passes. That like like so many tight ends are. They're there as an essential skinny offensive lineman. That's what the tight ends and Cliff Kingsbury's offense are. Yeah. Um, but much like Larry Fitzgerald's absence, <clears throat> the Cardinals lost longtime cornerback Patrick Peterson in free agency to the Minnesota Vikings. And then, as if that wasn't a big blow enough, they try to replace him with Malcolm Butler. He retires just before the season. Now, there's some some uh, rumors he wasn't going to make the roster anyway. Um, tough to tell. Nobody's saying anything. But you had a guy, a proven veteran, you know, <clears throat> he was there. Especially after losing Patrick Peterson, I feel like Malcolm Butler couldn't be any worse than any young young guy they could put in there. He retires just before the season. <clears throat> but J.J. Watt, of course, coming over from the Houston Texans, former Defensive Player of the Year, multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year. Um, phenomenal. Aging, injured uh, more often than not. Um, if he stays healthy, he can really boost his team, get some pressure on the quarterback. Um, 
Arizona's a very tough team to predict. Um, the offense, other than the running game, looks to be really solid. If they can find a stud with the offensive line that they have, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, if anyone just takes a hold of that number one role at the running back position, they can score some points. Defense should be okay, enough to win them some games. Over-under is at 8.5 on the Arizona Cardinals. You're back. Hello. I knew you were back, but I'm... Oh, ooh, what do you got on 8.5 on the Arizona Cardinals? I think this is an odd team. It's a very odd team. And they're in a division that could be good. Might be. The, Might be the best. Might the, be the best. The rest if of the not, NFC... If, if this isn't the best, then it's the uh, AFC North. The rest of the NFC looks like they could be ass. Well, yes. Like it normally is. Normally the NFC is NFC West, and then everybody else is just kind of ass other than the Saints and Packers, which we'll talk about in a short while. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the Cardinals could be the worst team in this division. Um, I'm going to have to take the under 8.5. All right. Um, I'm going to take the over. Okay. Uh, and a half, because I do think there's a team that's going to be worse than them, and we'll get to them momentarily. But I'm going to take the over. It's not going to be much over. Nine wins, maybe ten, if they're lucky. I'm going to take the over on the Arizona Cardinals, simply because the offensive talent that they do have in Larry Fitzgerald, uh, not there. Larry Fitzgerald, rather, uh, Rondell... Uh... We, I, went, I went over that while you were gone. Uh, uh, Rondell Moore and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Rondell Moore, of course, they're, uh, I believe, second-round draft pick this year. Yes. Pretty solid pretty solid guy as long as he doesn't have any major growing pains in the NFL. Um, Rondell Moore, DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray has plenty of people to throw to, and he doesn't need people to throw to because he's a very mobile quarterback yeah. when he needs to be, which could limit the effect that the potential lack of running game that this team could have if they don't find a solid number one has on this team. So I am, I'm, I'm going to say over eight and a half and I'm fairly solid on that. Yeah, fair enough. Moving on. Um, cause like I said, I'm, I'm going to take the under cause eight and a half, I think is just, Nine wins, I don't know, with this team. So I'm going to take the under. Uh, moving on, though, to the Seattle Seahawks, um, a team that is probably happy to be moving into the regular season, or just football in general. The Hell off-season, yeah! The offseason is over. They had a lot of Russell Wilson drama, and he's still there. He didn't get traded, but he got what he wanted on paper. He wanted a better offensive line, and, well, this offensive line is better on paper. They still have Chris Carson, who's good. They have DK Metcalf, who is very good. And they have Tyler Lockett, who is also good. Um, If their defense can play a full 17 games of football, a full season of football, they should be decent. Because, well, last year it looked like they kind of forgot how to play football after the first half. Seattle should be as good as we normally expect 
that Seattle slash Pete Carroll led team to be. The over under is at 10. I think this is going to be one where I'm going to take the over. I'm with you, but it's barely. I think 11 is a solid number. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and that's and that's if everything just goes okay. Um, for me, I do think with a like like we've said on paper, better offensive line to protect Russell Wilson, like he wanted. I think that this team, the sky's the limit. They could compete for the NFC Championship if everything goes right. So. Uh, over for me on the Seattle Seahawks, but barely. Okay, fair. Um, I'm with you there. So moving on to the 49ers, the, the next team, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, in the draft in the well, first round. Hold on, I can take this team since I didn't. I only managed to do one team, and we won't screw up our order. So I'll fucking land on the Lions. Okay. Uh, I'll take the 49ers. Um, they did draft Trey Lance in the offseason, and then they didn't let him compete for a starting job against Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't good in the preseason or by reports in training camp. So Kyle Shanahan looks to have changed his plans and has said to reporters that he will look at playing both of them. He said he has two starting quarterbacks. Which, which is terrible. In es- well, which essence, that means he has none. Yeah. I was going to say, having two, two starting quarterbacks is worse than having just one. It really is. <laughs> having two starting it quarterbacks, really you have is. none. You don't know who you're going to start. You don't know who's going to be good. Like, this is bad. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is more than likely going to start week one, but if he's bad for multiple, multiple games, three, four games, and he just is awful with the team that's around him, oh, boy, Trey Lance is going to find himself starting sooner than he ever imagined. Yeah. Um, All I'm going to say, like, this team on paper, if they can figure out a quarterback, and it should be Jimmy Garoppolo. I I have reservations about Trey Lance. Um, that's all I'm gonna say. I you draft these division two, even like North Dakota State is a good division two team. That has once came from there. Yeah, you draft these division two quarterbacks, even with them being good, you still don't necessarily know what you're gonna get as much. Um, so it's still, it can always be a bit of a toss up. Um, the rest of the team is good, good enough to contend. They're good good enough to win games if the quarterback shit gets straightened out. Yes. So. Over under for the San Francisco 49ers, 10 and a half. What do you say? Um, fuck. I'm going to say under at 10. I'm going to say under at way lower than 10. Think so? Um, again, while I was talking about the, uh, 
uh, Cardinals. I said that there's a team worse than them after you took the under on them. Uh, I think it's the 49ers. You need a straight-up starter, and I don't think they have it. If Trey Lance, <clears throat> maybe Trey Lance is good enough to compete for the starting job, and they just didn't let him. Yeah. Because that was the case, but maybe he's good enough to have competed to start for this team. And Jimmy Garoppolo is just broken and didn't belong in the NFL pretty much to begin with. So it's hard to say. But the fact that you don't know, it's just dysfunction. It's just questions within your own team. You don't know who's throwing to you. I can't pick them to win 11 games when I don't know who their starting quarterback is really going to be. I'm going to say under. It's an easy under for me. I think San Francisco finishes in last place in the division. I'm not saying they're awful. Seven, eight wins, somewhere in there, but not not 11 okay. to, co- to, to cover that over. I will take this one and then the following one so you can talk about the Lions once we get down there. Nope, you, uh, you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, I will. <clears throat> Lions should be last. Yeah, which is why I would be taking the Falcons next, too. <laughs> I was just looking through oh. it. Um, oh, we got we got goofed up somewhere. Around yeah, here. yeah. Go ahead, knew that. I'll take the next two. Um, uh, to wrap up the NFC West, however, we have the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, since this is Hollywood, exit stage left, or well, realistically, stage right for you Jared. You like that in the notes? You um, like that? I like that one. Uh, exit stage right for Jared Goff because he was coming east to uh, Detroit, who we will mention later. Um, Matthew Stafford comes in and is in the bright lights of Hollywood and what for the Rams is essentially a Super Bowl or bust move. Um, Cam Akers is the main guy on paper, or well, was the main guy on paper uh, in the running game, but he tore his Achilles in training camp, or before training camp, actually. Uh, They have Daryl Henderson, and Sony Michelle, who they got from New England. Stafford has plenty of solid targets to throw to, and they have a great defense, and they still have Aaron Donald, who is the best defensive lineman in the NFL. Um, even with a new defensive coordinator, um, that defense should be good. That team should be good. Uh, the over-under is 10 and a half for the Los Angeles, not St. Louis. <coughs> still owned by the same shitbag. Los Angeles Rams. I mean, the dude, the dude is a shit bag. They haven't been in St. Louis for a few years, but uh, um, yeah. Wow. Um, I'm taking the over, by the way. All right. Well, I don't feel as bad and as biased as I do by taking the over. Then, um, I think that Rams defense has been the best in this division. Yes. Uh, throughout the last few years maybe the best in the NFL. Um, And then you look at the improvement they made at quarterback. And I know Lions fans hate, not all Lions fans, half of the Lions fans hate Matthew Stafford. Oh, he didn't win anything here. He never won a playoff game. It's the Lions. What the hell do you want him to do? Yeah, I say, what is he going to do? I am very much rooting for Matthew Stafford to prove those pricks wrong. I'm taking the over, and 
a potentially deep playoff run, at least a playoff win to shut those motherfuckers up. Yeah, uh, I think they have over easy. I think they go. I think they have a chance of going deep. Um, so I'm definitely going over it also. I think so too. Uh, moving on, the Atlanta Falcons. We're here now in the NFC South, which has been defensively abysmal, and well, has mostly been not great. Um, the Atlanta Falcons. Todd Gurley did not re-sign with the team, so they went and got former Carolina Panthers running back Mike Davis. Julio Jones has is no longer in the picture, but Matt Ryan, uh, he's still there. He's still their quarterback, and he has Calvin Ridley and now former Florida Gators tight end Kyle Pitts to throw to. Kyle Pitts is pretty good. Dud. He, dude. He is a dude. He was a dude in Flor- at Florida. He was, He's going to be a dude in the NFL. Yeah. Best young tight end right there with TJ Hawkinson, I think. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit ago, we talked about how the Arizona Cardinals just uh, have tight ends just to – Stand in front of people. Earlier tonight, we talked about how. Earlier, we also talked about how the Jacksonville Jaguars have just guys that are, are tight ends that play the position of tight end. They just have guys that there. One hundred percent not dudes. <laughs> that are not dudes. Far from dudes. They're just guys. Um, Kyle Pitts will have the ball thrown to him. He will catch the ball because he is a dude, and he's a big dude. A big dude that's a dude. Um, the offense, other than, well, Matt Ryan, I think is, he exists. The offense really shouldn't be that bad. Um, that Atlanta defense has a few pieces that could be all right. Defensive but, line, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. But... Again, it's the NFC South. Defense doesn't really uh, exist. Uh, over, it's like the Big 12, but over under uh, seven and a half. Uh, oh man, this is a very very tough division. Yeah, predict. it is. Um, somebody's got to lose sometime. I'm gonna say under. I think this is an under. I just... I think... Th- I Yeah, I agree. The confidence just isn't there. Yeah, they got Matt Ryan. Yeah, they got Calvin Ridley. Mike Davis is okay. <clears throat> Kyle Pitts... Is a dude. But we, we've obviously we've covered that. We talked we've about established, him. We've established that Kyle Pitts is a dude, but... Matt Ryan uh, might not I, be I a dude. He's been... I think he's still... I think he's still a dude. I he, think he just hasn't... He hasn't had the team around him. I, I, I still think Matt Ryan's okay. He's not... He doesn't deserve to be benched. He doesn't deserve. Oh to no, I don't agree with face. that. But I, I think he's he is he's definitely okay. a starter. He's okay, and with the talent around him, with Ridley and Pitts, Davis to provide a running game, dude could be a bowling ball. Like they should have I a good think, offense. <clears throat> they should, and then the defense. Dean Pease is a legend. Comes out of retirement to to help this Atlanta defense. That's that's got pieces, not to be elite, but to be there and to do their job. Yeah, to not be air. I still can't pick the over, and I hate it. I wish I could. It's a low number, but you got to win eight games, and this division's tough. This 
So I'm going to pick the under. Yeah. I I have to take the under because... Yeah. All right. All we have in the Falcons? Yeah. We move on then. The Carolina Panthers. We've already mentioned that Sam Darnold was traded from the New York Jets to the Carolina Panthers to solidify, hopefully for them, their post-Cam Newton era. And uh, Sam Darnold's going to have the best receivers that he's ever thrown to with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and the second-round pick, Terrence Marshall Jr. And there's some dude named Christian McCaffrey, I mean, that kind of takes focus off Darnold a little bit. I've heard he's kind of good. Christian McCaffrey's pretty good. I think he might be a bit of a dude. We've said dude a lot tonight. Because there's dudes in the NFL, and Christian McCaffrey's a dude. I can't even be sarcastic anymore. He's a a dude. (laughs) We've talked about a lot of college teams that have dudes and a lot of NFL teams that have dudes. And Christian McCaffrey is a dude. Defense isn't spectacular when you look at them. You look at the names that they have. They have some guys, sort of like a team that we're going to talk about later. I think they can be okay, and okay enough to win some games. They're or to not lose games. It, or to not lose games. I don't think they're bad enough to have the defense cost them most weeks. Yeah, I Seven agree. and a half is the over on the Carolina Panthers. What do you say? This is another one that, like the Falcons, they're just somebody has to lose in this division, and I, I think I might take the over though at eight as long as Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy. Uh, in the words yeah, of, that's um, big, and that's a big if. In the I've words heard, of, I've heard a lot in the NFL. Yeah, in the words of Colin Cowherd, Sam Darnold is chunky. That means literally fuck all. Thick, chunky boy, That's... Colin Cowherd. Stupid people say stupid things. Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield, you bum. Yeah, um, Sam Darnold being thick and chunky means literally fuck all. Sam Darnold has been, other than that, First, his rookie, his uh, debut, his regular season debut against the Lions three years ago. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) All I'm saying, other than that, Sam Darnold has been bad. So, I don't know about you, but I would consider Baker Mayfield a pretty thick dude. He's not small. He's not small. He's He's a big guy. Yeah. A little shorter than Darnold, but he's a big guy. I never yeah. understood that hate. Um, but back to the back to the Panthers and they're over under at seven and a half. I think yes, Darnold has the best receivers he's thrown to, but I still don't think he's good. I don't. I think. I don't think he's. I don't think he's good either. But he has the best receivers he's ever thrown to, and the best running back that he oh, will ever, ever see. Oh God, yeah. So, I I think. Um, is this going to solidify quarterback for Panthers po- uh, long term? No, I think Sam Darnold's gonna be on is gonna be losing a starting job within the next couple years. Uh, back to the now seven and a half over under. I am gonna take the over because Christian McCaffrey is just that fucking good. Yeah, and that's that's where I'm at. Is that I don't think that Darnold is the make or break. It's McCaffrey. And then Darnold is a secondary. 
yes. for this offense. So if Darnold can be sufficient, they can win some games. I'm still going to take the under. Okay. Still going to take the under. I mean, I definitely... Barely. I... Because it's half. They have to win eight games. They have to win eight games. I'm going to say they win seven. But that's it. Okay, fair. Uh, moving on, the, excuse me, New Orleans Saints. Uh, Drew Brees has gone. He has left. He has retired. He has moved on, wants to spend time with his family and do things with his life that aren't football. And, you know, he's been pretty damn good. He's spent a lot of time in the league. Yep. Jameis Winston has monumental shoes to fill of the former Hall of Famer, or not former Hall of Famer, the soon-to-be Hall of Famer. Um, he played phenomenal in the preseason, or as best as he's played in his NFL career. Michael Thomas is out for the first six games. Um, Jameis Winston has young, but some inexperienced receiver, or, yeah, receivers to throw to. Um, I don't think this is going to be a scenario where Drew Brees just takes random generic white dude number 800 out of the stands and throws a touchdown to him. I don't think Jameis Winston's going to be able to do that. Um, Drew Brees, it just seemed like forever he was just throwing touchdowns to just r- random generic guy. After random dudes, and I don't mean dudes in the sense that we mean dudes, random guys. Yeah, random, just random generic guys. Um, Their offensive line Other is still good. Michael Thomas, who can't stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, is Alvin Kamara still there? Yes. He's good. He's a dude. He is a dude. Alvin um, Kamara is a legit dude. Yeah. Uh, their defense has some dudes. Yeah, their defense is really, really good. Um, very, very few questions in terms of that Saints defense. It's what propelled them to be so good, even though Drew Brees, late stages of his career, wasn't what he once was, and you can't blame him for it. But yeah, uh, The over-under is at nine. <laughs> I've done it a couple times tonight. I think I'm going to have to take the push at um, nine and eight. The first time I've done this, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on the push. I think nine is solid. I yeah. think nine is is you about know, the ceiling for the Saints team. Although I will say, uh, Jameis Winston looked phenomenal in the preseason. Got some eye surgery. Might be seeing a little bit better. Maybe we're gonna see the best Jameis Winston ever, and we're gonna be wrong. Yeah, I th- on the nine. I'm gonna take the push because, but I will say I think we could. I think this is a potential to be wrong. Yes. Yeah, um, and, and and by wrong we mean they could win more. Yeah. I, at, at least I think. Yeah, oh, I, how, I think. How fitting I get the Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers. Yeah. Oh baby, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay. Bucks look to repeat. When was the last time that somebody repeated as Super Bowl champions? Well, it was Tom Brady and the New England Patriots way back in the day. Oh, Michigan. I ain't even going to say Michigan man. Michigan dude. That should be the new. 
He wasn't true really... Michigan man. True <laughs> Michigan man, because that's that phrase is dead. Hasn't that helped phrase you guys. Means nothing. That uh, yeah, Bo Schembeck was a Michigan man. See how that got us. Um, yeah, Tom Brady he, is the all greatest say, of all time. Tom Brady wasn't a dude in college. He was just a he was above average guy. No, because Lloyd Carr <laughs> insisted on yeah, splitting that, Tom with Drew Henson. That is true. Drew Henson. <laughs> that is true. Where'd Drew Henson wind up? Uh, Getting drafted in Major League Baseball. He he wasn't a dude. Phil <laughs> pisses me off, and I was four. He, he wasn't a dude. God damn it! Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. What can you say? They return every starter they had on offense. Their defense was very very good last year. What do you say? What else do you say about the Bucks? I mean, they started off slow. They had to build the chemistry in 2020. But they did. In that playoff run, they ran through some teams with some dudes. Most and notably the, the last team that they beat. Yes. Yeah, the Packers. The, the, no. No, the the other last team that they beat. Who the hell was the last team the, they beat? The Chiefs. I forget. Oh, yeah, that wasn't what I was talking about. I oh. was meaning more so the NFC. Oh, um, I'm talking just yes. overall the playoffs. The the Chiefs, yes. they... The Chiefs yeah, are good. To get, to get to the Super Bowl, I'm talking about more so their playoff run. Oh. To get there. Um, they, they, beat, they beat some teams. Green Bay, with all the guys they have on offense, that defense shut them down for the most part. Um... You're talking about year two with essentially the same team. They got that same mojo going, potentially. Oh, boy. It could be a rough ride if you want to dethrone the Bucks in the NFC. I agree. I will say. What else What else do you say about the Bucks? They're good. Go ahead. I will say the only thing that past defense last year was not great. Up until the playoffs, that they had that good that run at the end that was good, um, and, especially against the Saints. I mean, yes, neither team played good against neither quarterback played good in that game. <laughs> like, yeah, Breeze, Rogers, all the way up. Whether you're talking about the uh, divisional round, the uh, the the championship round. Well, neither quarterback played spectacular in the divisional round, the Saints-Buccaneers uh, game. At yeah. least spectacular in the sense that we are used to seeing Breeze and um, Brady play. But they played good in the playoffs. The rest of the year, they were questionable. I won't say the rest of the year. The The first half of the regular season was, was very... a bit rocky. Was a bit rocky and you were like, oh boy. Uh, I think Brady made a little bit of a mistake. And then he wins a goddamn season. Yeah. Um uh, <clears throat> anything else to add before we get to this over under? No. Like they're All a good right, team. Over, over under eleven and a half. What do you got? Over. You're saying over, I'm with you. Um now granted and we're gonna get to this later. Uh, with the picks, I never pick against Tom Brady. A little bit of a spoiler, but over 11 and a half. With the division they've got that has some weaker teams that I don't think are as 
good as them that they can even compete for wins in the division. I'll say over on on eleven and a half at the Bucks. Yeah. Oh boy, moving on to the NFC East, a division full of loser losers. Oh, the worst of it. That division was absolutely terrible. That division was a 20, division. 20. Loser. That that's all the division was was Ugh. a loser. This loser. The NFC. Loser. 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 That defines. I just hear the button being pressed. That defines the NFC East. Uh, right as we got to uh, when Jordan mentioned Tom Brady, I had a soundbite. Um, of Ricky Bobby saying he wakes up and pisses excellence. That's not By the what way, the... I have some more sound bites saved in my Google Drive that I'm going to throw in the house divided folder for future occurrences. Okay. The NFC East, nobody in that division wakes up and pisses excellence. Uh, I am going no. to be... Nobody! I am going to be... Who's um... got it better than us? Says the NFC East. No! Everybody! Everybody! Everybody has it better than the NFC East. Um, I have the misfortune of starting this portion of the NFL preview. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this is the way it shook out that you got to talk about the Eagles. I yeah have to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts, who's good at football took over the job for Carson Wentz late at the season, uh, late last season. Uh, Carson Wentz is at Indianapolis, as we mentioned, so it is all on Jalen Hurts now. He has um, Devontae Smith, who he won a Heisman last year. And yep, sure did as a wide receiver. As a wide receiver. Um and Jalen Rager at his disposal. Zach Ertz. Uh, oh, by the way, hold, a quick note. I love Jalen Rager. Yeah, he's he's also good. Um, Probably a number two option behind Devonta Smith, but Jalen Rager's really good. Um, Zach Ertz is there, even though he doesn't want to be there. The O line should not be bad. The defense could be average. At best. At best. Yeah, at best. The over-under is six and a half. Um, I've already pretty much said all I am going to say about the NFC East in general, just by about any team in the NFC East, uh, just by how we started when I brought the NFC East up. They're bad. <sighs> yes. Uh... Someone has to win games. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be the Eagles. I'm taking the under. <laughs> I was wondering where the hell you were going with that. I don't uh, think it's yeah, going to be the under. Or it's going to be the Eagles. So, it's going to be the under. I don't think this division is... It's it's bad. It, don't get me wrong. It's, it's abysmal. But it's not going to be as closely bad as it was God, a year I ago. hope so. I hope not. NFC East games last year were just terrible to watch. (laughs) In terms of just watching football, hell yeah, they were. Um, I think the Eagles are without a doubt the worst team in this division, and there's no way that every team in this division can compete and yet still be so bad like they were a year ago. Yeah. Somebody's got to lose. The Eagles are it. Yeah, the Eagles. One of the teams that are it 
Eagles are not getting to seven wins to get the over on that. They're taking I, they're under. Easily going under. Could be like, four or three wins. Like I said, the somebody has to win games in this division, and it's not the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, it won't be. All right. Oh, man. How did I get stuck with the New York football giants? <laughs> with Daniel well, Jones, who uh, Daniel tripped over himself Jones. on a what could have been a 90-yard touchdown run. Dude had 10 yards of space and fell down. Yeah, he had more than that 10 means... yards of space. Jesus Christ. He had Daniel Jones, that being said, about his ineptitude at just running in a straight line. Not, not essentially what I mean by taking the next step, but he's got to be better than what he is. And that's not – he's been okay. He's been a game-manager type quarterback. But he's got to be better if you're going to take the New York football giants to the next level. And they went out. They got him a little bit of help, even with their bum-ass GM, Dave Gettleman. Yeah. Went out, went out and got Kenny Galladay and Kyle Rudolph to give him some more targets. Along with Sterling so now, Shepard. Yeah, so he's got those two that they just added. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Engram. I mean, two of those are tight ends, so Still. say what you will about that, unless they're going to run two tight ends all the time. Might Which be a little bit sketchy. Honestly, might not be a terrible idea <clears throat> with the other guy they really have much. back there in the backfield. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard they got some guy, some dude yeah, so, named so, Saquon Barkley. It's just, he's just a dude. Just, he's just a dude. Maybe top three running back in the NFL if he stays healthy? Yeah, I would run two tight ends. Fuck it. Two tight ends, Barkley back there. What are you gonna do? Yeah, run two tight ends and like, uh, um, huh? Might be might be tough to stop if they put it together. Yeah. Uh, Giants defense was surprisingly average a year ago. Um, I say surprisingly because they don't really have that star. They don't have any any real guys. It has played well as a unit. Yes. If they can do that again, <clears throat> hey, sky's the limit for the Giants. And by sky, I mean, you know. Maybe winning about, seven games. About 500 in terms of their record. Um, yeah, or that. Um, they, they, they can compete. I think in this worst division in football, potentially. Yeah, I want. I also want to say, and we both said that the, or you said that the uh, NFC East, while I was talking to the Eagles, would not be as bad as it was last year. It's still gonna be the worst division in football, I think. Oh, so there's there's no doubt that it's the worst. But it's it's going to be better. For the love of God, I hope. <laughs> Fuck. So do I. Uh, over under seven? Did we go there? Uh, well, I said I mentioned I did not say it was the over under. I just said uh, when you said if they could, if the defense could be surprisingly average, the skies is you said the skies limit as like in the sky being seven wins. <laughs> that was you my think clip. that's their sky? Yeah, I think that is their sky. Is seven? So are you picking over put or uh, under rather or push? Under. I think even with how good Saquon Barkley is. I think Daniel Jones 
we can make fun of his inability to walk a straight line without <laughs> falling down. <laughs> um, oh my lord. I just don't think Daniel Jones is that guy. Is the guy. I don't think he's that bad. Man, this is tough. I just it's don't know wins, if he's the guy. And I think there are two Evan teams wins. in this division that are better than the Giants and Eagles. Seven wins. You're you're taking the push? No. I'm thinking. Over. I'm going to regret it. Over. <laughs> Over. Barely. What if you bad beat of the century? They uh, end up getting a tie and had seven wins. A tie. Well, I don't have money on it. Yeah, good point. Uh, okay, so moving on, I have the Washington Football Team. Well, they won the division last year because the Eagles tanked. I think. I think they intentionally lost that last game. Um, but I digress. Uh, they got thrown to the Wolves. That was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Washington has a quarterback now, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. No single offensive position group will blow you away, but they have—they're all solid role players. Their defensive line is terrifying. Jesus. Their defensive line. I think you know something about one of those guys. Uh, some some dude named Chase Young. Chase Young is a dude. He is a scary dude. With them dreadlocks and everything, that man is a scary motherfucker. Chase Young wants to go out there and hit people hard. And he's done and that yet, a time or two. And yet he's only going to be better presum- presumptively this year? Uh, yeah, he's probably going to be better than he was last year. Most likely. That's the, that's, that's the goal. Yeah, that's the plan. That's uh, the That that defensive line is terrifying. Um, the rest of the With defense... Montez, Montez Sweat on the <laughs> other side, might I add. Yeah, Montez Sweat, is, he's a dude. Also a dude. They got two dudes in one position group. Yeah. And then the... Back it, the rest of their defense is just... They, they exist. They're not bad. They're not good. Over, under, eight and a half. Um, this is going to be one of the overs I'm going to take in this division. Really? I think having an actual option at quarterback, because as much as I think Dwayne Haskins could be an, can be an NFL quarterback, I just don't think he was with this team. Um... Having a option at quarterback that fits this team, <coughs> I think they could clear nine wins. I mean... And someone in this division ah, has to win games. This is true. Like, someone has to. This is true, and Fitzmagic is... It, it, he's, he's not a dude, don't get me wrong. He's Boy, a guy. He exists, and he's solid. And, I mean, you don't make it 17. This is your 17 for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a man. You don't make it this far without being 
all right. And that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. He's all right. He, he's a man. For everyone uh, wondering the scale, it's guy, <laughs> man, dude. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. And Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick's a man. He's not a guy, but he's not a dude. He's a man. Oh, man. Oh, this is one of the toughest over-unders I've, I've, I've seen so far. Yeah. Because, like I said, someone in this division has to win. Over. 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 That's my that's my final decision. Over. And over eight and a half. I'm going to take the over also, and you get the fortune of taking the team oh, that is supposedly God. America's team. America's team! Oh, otherwise known as uh, the team nobody gives a shit about outside of Texas. The Dallas Cowboys. Oh boy, they were on fire. To be fair to them, they were on fire with um, uh, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was looking like an MVP candidate in 2020. And then, then, he, got hurt. And then he got hurt. And yep. they had no depth at quarterback. They had Andy Dalton. Sucked. They had Andy Dalton. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. We still haven't gotten to that man, but we'll get to him shortly. In fact, next. Um, Unfortunately, I will. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm so excited to hear your opinions on Andy Dalton. I already know him, but I'm excited to hear you say him again. Um, Dak Prescott's back, and he's healthy, and he thinks that this offense is capable of being the best in football. Now, will it be? Best in football? Probably not. Uh, that Chiefs offense is way too good to topple. And just think about what you're going to have to do to to outdo Kansas City. A lot. Like, A lot. Zeke Elliott's not been phenomenal the last few years. Dak Prescott's been hurt. He's got to stay healthy. Offensive line isn't as good as it once was. They've got great receivers in Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. But, mm, tough to say on up. Uh, they finished last year 31st in the league in total defense. But, if the offense can stay healthy, the defense can just be okay. They can be alright. Especially in this division. Over and under on the Dallas Cowboys is nine and a half. I'm excited to hear your opinion on this. So, I'm going to say, like, I am one who I still love Zeke Elliott. I will for a long time. I think that some of his struggles as late as of late have been because Dak Prescott can't fucking stay healthy. The offensive line hasn't been great. I agree with that. But anytime Dak Prescott goes down with an injury, their next man up is isn't even a guy. It's a bum. It's a bum. May as well be a dumpster. And everybody in the universe knows that the ball is going to Zeke Elliott and they're taking the ball out of the backup quarterback's hand and giving it to yes. Zeke Elliott. I think if Dak Prescott stays healthy, this team could win more than nine games. So I'm going to take the over. 
off of the assumption that Dak Prescott can stay healthy because they have the pieces offensively to... I don't think they're going to necessarily be the best in the NFL because that's <laughs> yeah, just hard. But I definitely think they could be a good offense as long as Dak Prescott can stay healthy because I'm sure their backup quarterback is some irrelevant-ass dude because we all know Jerry Jones doesn't invest in backup quarterbacks. So I'm I'm going to say over, but that's also assuming Dak Prescott stays healthy. Real quickly, I am Googling the depth chart. Okay. Also, I will add on to that. Then the defense, as long as the as long as offensively they can stay healthy, the defense just has to kind of show up. All right, I got it. No need to ramble on further if you don't feel like it. That's. I mean, I did kind of want to add that in. I mean, you had already pointed it out, but I did want to add it in. The backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys is Cooper Rush. <laughs> who did play? Who did play last year a, a bit? Because Andy Dalton got hurt. Yes. <laughs> and now Andy Dalton's gone. Yep. All right. So to wrap up the Cowboys, I am with you. If the Cowboys stay healthy, they're easily the best team in this division. They should win the division if they can stay. If if Dak can stay healthy, they have the team to beat. Really, any team in this division, if Dak is healthy. If he's not, oh boy, <laughs> we're in for another rough one in the uh, in the NFC East. So, good lord above, don't don't make the worst division in football the most intriguing playoff race again. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, but please, for the love of God. Dak Prescott, stay healthy. Don't make me watch this division anymore. Right. It was because the thing is, like, the reason that the NFC East race was intriguing last year is because they were all so bad. I mean, it was that wasn't NFL football. It wasn't NFL football. It wasn't college football. It was. It was college football. It was college football essentially. It was bad college football. But without the band and the energy and everything that makes college football interesting. It was bad college football. It was like... Conference I, USA I, college football. Wet. There's no, there's, there's no other way to, to say it. Yeah. It was the worst division in football last year. Yeah. And it's going to be the worst division in football la- this year. Because three of, these four t- three of these four teams aren't good, but they're all clumped together in a division. That, yeah. That, oh God. Ugly. Division. Division's infuriating, but. Let's move nine on. Nine and to, a half over. Yeah. Go ahead. Over. Let's move on to the NFC North, just because I can't talk about the East, the NFC East anymore. I will start with uh, the Chicago let's Bears. Talk about a capable division. Let's start with the Chicago Bears. Yes. Andy Dalton um is on the team. Yes. Andy Dalton is a bum. Andy Dalton should not be starting. Oh. 
There's this dude named Justin Fields. Oh, don't call him a dude. Or at least he was a dude in college. Uh, he he was, yes. Okay, that I'm all right with. He was a dude in college. We don't know. There's, a, there's this man who should, who very well could be a dude in that Justin Fields. Um, Andy Dalton probably will get the starting you know, nod this week. Maybe. He uh, he will. Uh, he is? No, no potential Ohio State bias with calling Justin Fields a dude. None at all. I mean, Ohio, Justin Fields is the best quarterback Ohio State's had in a long time, and we've had a lot of good quarterbacks. I agree with that, and y'all have every single one of them's kicked Michigan's ass, so. Um, Andy Dalton will be getting the start this week, but shouldn't be. It's honestly probably better for Justin Fields that Andy Dalton's the one who gets murderized by the Ravens because he's used Andy Dalton's used to getting absolutely murdered and killed and destroyed and ruined by the Baltimore Ravens. So, David Montgomery and Damian Williams are solid at running back. The offensive line is ass. The Bears defense is good and is going to be good again. The over-under is seven and a half. I'm interested to hear your spiel first. I know that's out of what we've done, but go ahead. And I also want to get your opinion on will we see Justin Fields start a game? Not if we'll see him. Will he start a game this year for the Bears? Yes, Justin Fields will start a game this year. He will start probably by week eight. Eight or nine, he will be starting because Andy Dalton is just that fucking awful. Andy Dalton is just that fucking awful. Um, oh, man. I'm going to have... With how good this... Without that Bears defense being good, I... I still got to take the under because Andy Dalton's going to be uh, starting the beginning of the season. Which yep. is honestly probably for the best for Justin Fields because Andy Dalton's ass anyway. That offensive line is pretty ass. Let Andy Dalton be the one who gets the shit kicked out of him. That way the Bears don't have an issue that the Bengals did last year where they're franchise quarterback after six games or for um, Joe Burrow it was ten but after half a season your franchise quarterback goes down with a possibly career altering injury alright so I'm taking the um, under I am also going to take the under but it's only slightly I think they win seven games yeah I think they win seven I, I think they will win six or seven <clears throat> but yeah. Anything anything to add though? So putting Justin Fields in in any time in the first eight games really doesn't it's it's not advantageous to the Bears. It, I agree. It really isn't. Because they're not going to win the division. I agree. The only reason you put Justin Fields in is to give him a taste of a real NFL game. I agree, which is why I think he'll be starting and by like week ten. Eight to nine to ten. 
eight, anywhere between eight and ten, I see Justin Fields taking over. Yes. Um, but the Bears aren't going anywhere. So you throw him in there mid-season, you're probably already out of it because I don't think the Bears are good enough to be in the division. If they no. are, and Andy Dalton's played well by some miracle, which would be a not a minor miracle, it would be a act of God. <laughs> Fucking miracle. It would be a literal if, if act Bears of God. led by Andy Dalton, maybe their, their offensive coordinator has found some, some thing with Andy Dalton that he likes and he likes to, likes to do. I don't know. Uh, he like, Andy Dalton likes to turn the ball over. That's... <laughs> if he maybe... I can't, I can't go over... To, to, to wrap my point up, I can't go over. I think by by midseason, you're looking at Justin Fields as a starter. It's it's just yeah. just the way it's got to be. Uh, <clears throat> especially if you're you're moving towards the future, you don't sign a guy like Andy Dalton to be your future quarterback. He's a bridge. That's all he is. Yeah, that's I agree. He's a bridge or a backup. Um. And I think and, it's... Go ahead. I mean, I could I could listen to you rant about Andy Dalton all day. Uh, it's not worth it. It's it's not worth it. Because... <laughs> no? This podcast, is, this episode's gone on a while because we've had a lot to talk about and... Yeah. I could make... I Talking about Andy Dalton, I could only make it go longer. I mean, yes. <clears throat> but... All right. Anything else like, on the Bears? Nope. Uh, I just I think you touched it pretty good. I think we both touched it pretty good. Um, Andy Dalton is not the future for the Bears. Andy Dalton is just I think placeholder. By, that's, that's, yeah. that's what Andy Dalton is. He's a mediocre placeholder. Um, he's not even a Ryan Fitzpatrick placeholder where it's just Oh yeah, he'll win us some games, or he solid, won't. solid guy that'll win you some games. Yeah. Andy Dalton's not even gonna do that. You could, you were able to see it when his, those first three years of Andy Dalton at the Bengals were a flash in the pan. Were his best three years when the Bengals actually had a team around him, and Marvin Lewis was something happened in Marvin Lewis's brain that he wasn't just signing ex-convicts. Wasn't signing. Oh my! Wasn't signing Adam Jones-esque players that had spent seven months in prison, missed all of the training camp. Oh yeah, let's just come play for the Bengals. Something happened for those first three, those three Andy Dalton years where they were going to the playoffs and winning the AFC North. That something happened in Marvin Lewis's brain that this is how we run a football team. I should, you should love Pac-Man Jones. I mean, <clears throat> he got you a. Uh... Uh, pick against me in Madden in the end zone <laughs> after Eric Ebron butterfingered it. <laughs> We're not. I'm not even going there. Um, but that's just <laughs> back to the old Twitch days. <laughs> yeah, like Andy that Dalton. Clip, that clip is still one of my favorites. <laughs> Andy Dalton just by week ten he won't have a starting job in the end. This will be his last starting job. This next ten weeks he better love. He better play he better try and play lights out. That way maybe at like a Carolina 
He get because Sam. We all know Sam Darnold's not going to work out at Carolina. Maybe he can go to Carolina and bridge there for a couple, a year or two. He, for him, he better hope he just plays lights the fuck out. That way, maybe he can get a job elsewhere as a bridge quarterback. He can try and be a slightly worse Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think it, I, I was going to bring up Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think at this point in his career for Andy Dalton. What he is. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. We move on. The Minnesota Vikings. Goal or whatever the fuck that means. Um, Believe it or not, the Vikings as a team have big goals for this season. They believe they can win the NFC North and compete for a championship. Hold your opinion on that, even though your face says it all right now. Um, they do have the talent to make it happen on paper, but little little wrinkle called Kirk Cousins that we're gonna we're gonna talk about momentarily. Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league, if he stays healthy, which has been a problem. Uh, Kirk Cousins, if he stays healthy and doesn't catch COVID, then, hey, great. He's got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen to throw to. O-line is pretty damn good at blocking for the run. Pass blocking, not good. They murder Kirk Cousins every damn year. Yeah, that's a bit rough. Kirk Cousins has to be consistent if they want to achieve their goals. Um, the offseason additions to the defense should get them back to what Mike Zimmer is all about as head coach, and that's a solid defense that's going to keep him in games. Will it? Who knows? Over-under on the Minnesota Vikings, 8.5. What say Turbo Yoda? Well... Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to bring up the defense before I go to switch over to their offense. I love Mike Zimmer. He had former Bengals I defensive coordinator, former Bengals I defensive love- coordinator when the Bengals had a good defense. This is I back. love Mike Zimmer. I love Mike Zimmer too. And I, and I, my team competes against him year in, year out. So I, I, I he's one of the best, better coaches in the NFL. I just hadn't put it together. I always hope Mike Zimmer has a team. Mike Zimmer's team does well. I'm not really particularly a Vikings fan. I'm, I've always been neutral to the Vikings. But I always do hope Mike Zimmer is able to put a good team together. Um, because, again, as the former Bengals defensive coordinator, he helped that Bengals team those few years they were good. Um, that being said, and if this defense is... A normal, stereotypical Mike Zimmer defense. The defense will be good. They have Dalvin Cook when, he, as long as he's healthy, he is good. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are good. Their offensive line is not phenomenal at pass pass pro, but they're great at run and, blocking. And the loss of Riley Reef might hurt that a touch. Just to know. Yes. Um. I still think the offensive line will be good enough to not not lose them games. I think 
everywhere. I think, so. I think everywhere across the board is good enough to not lose them games until you get to this man named Kirk Cousins. Ooh. As Kirk Cousins once said, "Do you like that?" To answer his question from years ago, no, no, I do not. That sounds like an under. Yes. I don't think Kirk Cousins is... He's a guy who, with his talent level, he should be a game manager, but he doesn't play like one. (laughs) That's probably the most accurate assessment I've ever heard of Kirk Cousins. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like, he's a guy who should be a game manager, but he tries to play like a Brett Varve, but he's not as good as Brett Varve. He tries to play like an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees or all Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, but he's none of them. He's... If he were just to play like a Ryan Tannehill, he'd be... He's not even as good as Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion. He has great talent no, around him. Not at this point, no. Absolutely not. He has great talent around him, but he can't utilize any of it because he's not good. So, again, as to answer Kirk Cousins' question from his rookie year or his second year when he asked if we liked that, no. No, Kirk, I do not. Captain Kirk, I do not like that. I'm taking the under on the Minnesota Vikings. All right. Well, my opinion on the Vikings, um... It goes to another Kirk Cousins quote, and that is, Ooh-wee! <clears throat> Ooh-wee, we're gonna be ass. <laughs> they got the talent, but Kirk I'm glad that was him. <laughs> oh, man. They have the talent around Kirk Cousins. Star running back, two elite receivers. Kirk Cousins holds them back. Yeah. Dude had, like, what what has this dude done in the NFL? We can't even call him Nothing. a dude. I mean, when we call him a not, dude, he's... He's not a dude! Yeah. He's, again... What has this guy... Guy, man, dude. What has he done in the NFL? Nothing. What did he do with MSU? He beat Ohio State one, once. He beat Ohio State once, and he had that one great trick play to Keith Nickel. Yeah. Keith Nickel. Whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, that's that's it. Eight and a half. I can't see it. I can't see eight. Like. I can't. I can't see it. I can't, I can't see, eight. see it. I can't see eight. Seven. I can't even see seven. Like, ah, seven, maybe, because I don't think they're as bad as the Bears. The Bears. But... I don't know. This whole it's, Super Bowl aspiration thing... Aspirations... I, I can't I, Here's it. the thing. They're not, that, they're not that team. I could... I understand why they have... Playoff and championship con- contention goals. Because, because they have to. Everyone other than Kirk Cousins on that team is good. Yeah. And I mean, is, hey, maybe Kirk Cousins kicks it into a gear that we've never seen. And maybe we're wrong. I can't see nine wins. Can't. No. Can't see eight. In a division with Green Bay. Yeah. Which we'll talk about momentarily. But which, it, it, yeah. So they might, we, they might split the season series with the Bears. I don't know. I, uh, under for the, for the Vikings. So we both set our piece on the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. 
Moving on to the just previously mentioned uh, Green Bay Packers. This is Aaron Rodgers' last chance at a Super Bowl in Green Bay. Let's not might the notes right here in front of me say might be his last chance. Let's be honest. If after this season, after this, the way this offseason went, after how tumultuous it was for a the um for the off this 2021 offseason, this is Aaron Rodgers' last chance in Green Bay. The offense is still stacked. The defense was top 10 in last year. They're already $49 million over the cap for next season, but the, the salary cap means really nothing in the NFL, let's be honest. It doesn't, but you can't be that far away. You can't be. I mean, you got to sign Devontae Adams. You got to sign a legit number two in Martez Valdez-Scantling or Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And yeah. you've got to somehow keep Aaron Rodgers happy. Yeah. Um, You're 49 million over already. Yeah. As uh, um, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and tight end Robert Tonian are all going to be free agents next offseason. The Packers, this is their window. Because the only way Aaron Rodgers wants to stay on this team is if he has the guys that he wants. He doesn't want to be playing with bums. Which, when you're that good, I don't blame him. Ten and a half wins is the over-under. I'm taking the over. This is the first time I've taken the over in the uh, NFC North, and I'm taking the over on ten and a half. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with you. And I hate Green Bay, but I, 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 can't, I can't do anything else. This team, um, just they have to. <laughs> like They have to. They're determined. This division's... They're better than any team in this division. Um, I don't see anything other than Green Bay winning the division and making a deep playoff run, probably to the NFC Championship game once again. Um, nothing, nothing else will do. And this is, I believe, Aaron Rodgers' last hurrah in Green Bay. <clears throat> because if they can't sign Devontae Adams, and they can't sign uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Robert Tunyon will be a loss. <clears throat> Even if they do sign all those guys, they're going to have to cut. They're going to have to find a way to free up cap. Exactly, and they've already done that. <clears throat> like I don't remember the Bible verse that was quoted when I was doing research, <laughs> but I'm half tempted to look it up. It was hilarious. Oh, God. And while you're doing that, um... Yes, go... Yeah, if you have anything else to add on the Packers, go ahead. Because I'm going to have to... It was absolutely hilarious. While you're doing that, I do want to just add in... We've already mentioned uh, one other NFC team that it's, it's essentially Super Bowl or bust for them. Um... The Rams are Super Bowl or bust right now too, because they probably don't have the Rams. Probably don't have a whole lot of time left in their window now. Um, this is very much a Super Bowl or bust year, and this could be the Packers, the end of the Packers window for the foreseeable future after this season. 
it the Browns are a Super Bowl or bust team this year. They need to. Nah, the Browns aren't necessarily a Super Bowl or bust. They are a vast improvement going beyond the divisional round or bust this year because they're a team that has to make decisions. The Rams are going to have to make decisions soon. The Packers have to yeah. make decisions this off season. This is going to be a fun year, I think. So I found the quote. Uh, and this is from uh, SportsIllustrated.com, Packer Central, uh, Fan Nation. It says, uh, G- General Manager Brian Guntekunst, as pronounced on the Pat McAfee show, you had to tell that the reference was coming to the Pat McAfee it was show. Only, it was only a matter of time. Robbed Peter to pay Paul to keep this team together just for this year. And then next year is fucking shit show. Yeah. They can't keep it together. There's no possible way. Yeah, it's it, it, it can't ha- it's not going to happen. But again, as I said, this season best team in the division, over 10, 10 and a half wins. It's it's easy for me. Yeah. I agree. Oh boy. <clears throat> Are we ready to move on? Yes. To our final NFL team in our 2021 preview. It's only been, I don't even know how long, it's only been a little bit of time uh, to get us here. Well, we've just been doing this portion, this segment for, let's see, we are on hour four of the show. Um, this segment has been going on an hour and a half. I was expecting it. I, I ain't even mad. <clears throat> It's the NFL preview. We get to do this once a year. No, this segment's going on two hours, actually. I'm sorry. Or two and a half hours. We were through all of the show up until the NFL preview uh, in an hour and 28 minutes. Fair enough. All right. So, as as brief as I possibly can, because we still have the whole picks to do. My Detroit Lions, the last team, and it shouldn't be the last team, but I tried to, to... put both of me and Austin's teams at the last bit of each conference. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan Campbell, the kneecap-biting sensation, takes over at head coach. His first year as head coach of the Detroit Lions. And I believe, as a diehard Lions fan, been that way my entire life. The Detroit Lions are going to be the worst team in the National Football League. And I don't even think that's a question. Jacksonville, probably going to be ass. Houston, going to be awful. I don't think anybody is going to be as bad as the Detroit Lions. In case you didn't know, there are 53 spots on an NFL roster. Yes. I know you knew. <laughs> I've brought it up a couple times tonight. 24 of those 53 are new players. So not quite half. On this, on this, Lions, on this Lions roster. Yeah, not quite half. Just do quick math for everyone at home. Right. Um, but 
most case scenarios. That's like, oh, cool, great roster turnover, good draft, everything like that. And I'm not saying we didn't have a good draft. draft we didn't have a bad draft. Pass draft on draft. Good, in my opinion. Especially with Tanae Sable. Well. we'll get to him. We will get to him in a second. Um, of those 24 players, a solid bit are just young, unproven guys. And I'll just say this. <clears throat> the Detroit Lions are entering full rebuild mode this point and i mean full more so than any other team in the league yeah <clears throat> yeah you're they right. are trying to find guys with those 24 new players on the roster <clears throat> to just find somebody who stands out find a good player get Get a guy that's going to be on the team for a few years, if not more. Find a guy, find a diamond in the rough to get there. That's what this roster is about. And I'm telling you, the Detroit Lions are going to be bad. <clears throat> Awful. And as a Lions fan, all right with it. We're rebuilding. We're finding players. You put half of your roster as new guys, you're trying to find talent, evaluate talent. I'm okay with being bad if you find some guys. Not even some dudes, some guys. Just guys. No, you don't even want guys. You just want men. I don't want men. I want, I want guys. <laughs> Start out low. So, to evaluate the Detroit Lions, their wide receiver group is the worst in the NFL. There ain't a doubt. There ain't a doubt. Do you have any idea who our top receiver is? Negative. Don't look. Negative. The best wide receiver we have is Quintez Cephas. I will trade you one Jamar Chase for one Panene Saywell. I will get to the offensive line. The answer is no. Screw off with that. Darn. Even though on draft night, draft night, I probably would have agreed. Darn. Uh, so that leads the Lions to... Because they can't, they can't throw the ball deep. In essence, with what they have, they don't have a, they don't have a, I don't even think they have a guy. They don't have a dude, but they don't have a guy. On the, at the wide receiver position. So they have so a trash can. Essentially, yeah. And like, I mean, like, uh, fucking, his name's bizarre. Like Amare St. Brown out of USC could be a nice slot guy, but that's about it Um, for wide receiver. We don't have dudes, man. We don't have dudes there. And it's going to force this entire offense to run the ball, which is possible. 
DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams coming over from Green Bay. It's possible with the offensive line that we have, which I would say is actually one of the best in football right now, which is a problem because we're rebuilding. A good offensive line right now doesn't do us much of any good. Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnow, you've had Penny Sewell. Like, they got three legitimate, I would say, dudes. They got three dudes there. On the offensive line. And, and I love missing Taylor Decker, too. I know you do. And some Penny Sewell, but, I, but I'm not going to dig that hole. Uh, <laughs> Just keep throwing right. salt in the fucking wound, man. Oh, man. Oh, Jesus. But keep throwing salt in that off- fucking wound. I mean, it's my only good position group on this team. I have to. But the offensive line is good enough to provide some running game. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, they might have some decent seasons. I actually have DeAndre Swift on my fantasy team. More so because that's kind of what fell into my lap as a backup. But, hey, <laughs> not because be Not because you wanted him, but you didn't have a choice. Had a choice, but I thought he was the best choice given the O-line. Fair. Because um, it is a good O-line. It is. And that's the best part of the offense is the offensive line. It, it The wide receivers for Jared Goff. I haven't even mentioned Jared Goff yet. Jared Goff is is there. And he's got nothing to do. Like, he's, no. he, might, <clears throat> he might be awful, and it ain't even his fault. I'm going to talk it about that in a minute fault. once you're done with yours. I'm going to let you just take the floor yeah. as I have this whole portion, this whole little I'm, go here. I'm going to move on to the defense so we can get get this get this done. But the offensive line is the only solid bit of the offense, and I think they're, I think they're elite. But the talent around them just doesn't add up to the Lions. They, they, they can't. They can't win games outside of some flukes. I don't think. The talent on offense, skill position-wise, is not there. DeAndre Swift, I, I, I love the dude. He could turn into a stud. But not when the focus is all on him because Goff has no help on the outside to throw the ball. None. But the defense, that defense last year might be one of the worst defenses in NFL history. Against the pass, they were goddamn awful. And it ain't even their fault. It's not even Jeff Okuda and whoever the goddamn corner we stole from Arizona. It's not even their fault. They're forced to cover for six seconds. Because was, we have no pass rush. I was say, when the pass rush was as bad as it was. We have no pass rush. Jeff Okuda's probably going to be a stud when he gets a pass rush to help him out. But he don't have it. He doesn't have it. He still doesn't have it. Tier two of Jeff Okuda. It's not going to help. Like... I don't even know who the hell our safeties are. They ain't going to help him. Darius Slay's gone, right? He was a corner, but yes, he's gone. 
He he's been in Philly uh, now, going on year two. He wasn't there yet last year. That shows how many no, Lions we, games we, I watched last year. Actually, we traded we traded him before or before or after the draft. I can't remember. Uh, to to Philly. That uh, for nothing. That shows how much uh, how many Lions games I watched last year. Actually. I mean, Darius Slay, even when he was here, he was absent half the time. He'd come up with a big pick sometimes because nobody would ever target over to him. It was like, he wasn't there. God damn it. So wrap things up about the Lions. The defense can't be any worse. And they're going to be better simply because Matt Patricia ain't fucking Coaching up. Matt Patricia's scheme was flawed. They they ran. They were. They, he sent his defensive line out there to run block. Ninety nine plays out of a hundred. They couldn't get a pass rush. It's like they were literally trying to run block. Even though I don't think they were. Matt, that's what Matt Patricia wanted them to do. But now, he's gone. The trash bag on the sideline is gone. And if you think I'm joking, take a look at Matt Patricia's sideline attire throughout the entirety of his tenure with the Detroit Lions. He wore a black Moo-moo. Good God. <laughs> I knew I that was going to get brought up, to too. Good. I don't expect the Lions to be good, but they ain't going to be as worse, as bad defensively as they were last year. That offense is putrid. To move on... Somehow they're over and under is five. What do you say? I'm going to hold my uh, my number, my answer on that for a second. Um, yes, yes, please. Uh, give me your opinion on the Lions. Yep, I will do that. I'm going to keep it brief because I don't have a lot because, as I said earlier uh, in response to Twitter about Michigan State, this is a team that has they're not in the basement because they won a couple games last year. They were the sixth worst team by some act of God. Oh, wait, not an act of God. Jacksonville, Houston, the uh, New York Jets, and the Bengals were just that much fucking worse. Um, Somehow. Yeah. Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia doesn't belong coaching football, but yes, somehow they were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um... Matthew Stafford is gone, which I think with how bad this team... I that don't want to talk about it. With how bad this team, that doesn't help or hurt them. Like, I have no other way. I don't think it's going to hurt them because this team is just that fucking terrible. I think Jared Goff is not a terrible... I don't think Jared Goff is a terrible quarterback. I don't think he's going to have a great year with the Lions, though, because, again, they're just that bad. Um, their offensive line is great. As you said, that's all they have going for them on the offense, though. Um, DeAndre Swift's going to have to find find a way to do something. 
If he can't... Shot. Go ahead. That's all DeAndre Swift's got. That's all I got. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, he, he has to find a way to do something. Otherwise, if he can't, like, the wide receiver group is the, isn't, isn't possibly the worst in the league. It is the worst wide receiver core in the NFL. And so Jared Goff's just kind of dead in the water. The Lions, dead, yeah, right, the passing game's dead in the water. Um, defensively, all you can really hope for is that Jeff Okuda doesn't pull his groin again this year. Or whatever injury he had towards the middle part of last season. That way he keeps <laughs> developing into a good player. That and he was injured at the start of the year, and it was it was a lost season for Okuda. But uh, he only played what five games out of sixteen. I played a few, but uh, even the ones he did, he wasn't effective. He, he he was broken. A lot of Lions fans just gave up on him. Like, I did for a second, but I I I really think it was just injuries at this point. Like with how bad I mean. That's all you can really hope for defensively as a Lions fan is that because having seen Jeff Okuda firsthand, he's he is a good player. He is a good corner. Yes. He, he at Ohio State, and you can say whatever you want about this because he was an Ohio State guy. He was a dude at Ohio State. He was a no. I agree with that. He, he absolutely was. And he realistically should be able to transition to college or to NFL. I mean. Yes. It's just last year he had injuries, and then you throw in everything else where he really was the only he was the only well, defense. And you you throw in the fact that not only did he have injuries, he's your top corner out of the draft, top corner in general, and you have to adjust to the NFL. That Jeff Okuda was a dude yeah. at Ohio State. Yeah. I can't, I can't deny that. I wouldn't deny that. And, and but he, but combine the injuries with the transition to the to the professional league. Uh, what do you do? Of course, you're going to have a terrible year on a terrible team. And not just like he was the only defense. <laughs> like you said it best. You don't even know who the safeties or the number two corner are on. Hell no. This team. He's going to be their only defense this year. The only good thing the Lions can hope for defensively is that Jeff Okuda doesn't get hurt and he can continue to progress and that Matt Patricia's gone. Oh, like, oh, oh, oh. those are the two things... And I things. hope he never coaches in football again! Those are the only two things the Lions have... I mean, because, yeah, they're often... Yeah, the offensive line is elite, but you're wasting them. Offensive linemen don't have an incredibly long shelf life. They have one longer no. than running backs, but yes. they don't have this incredibly super long shelf life. So you're just wasting... And Taylor Decker, who another dude that I love, he's a phenomenal offensive lineman. Um, only have... he's He's been there, what, four years now? I think? Three? Four? Uh. Four or five, man. I, yeah, say at least four. Frank Ragnow's been there for a while. Uh, I believe three. Three. I think he's entering year four. Okay. So I mean, the Lions are gonna have to pay them. 
Um, they are, and and or, you know, we'll get to get to that when we get to it. But like, uh, it's either pay point, them or they we, just we let them go, which would be terrible. That on the show, I would rather not let them go. Yeah, I'd say letting them go because it's mean, just terrible. Already paid Taylor Decker. Okay. Um, because I mean, I do, we we have cap space up the wazoo right now. Well, yeah. So yeah. Um. Um. Frank Ragnow, I believe, is a guy that we still need to pay, and he's gonna be a pretty penny. But oh, you, yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta keep him. Cause three, four, three, four year deal, just, just Frank Ragnow. Your offensive linemen that are that are good, yeah, they are gonna be a pretty penny, but they're fucking worth it. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're Ragnow, Decker, Saywell. When it comes to it, I mean, you got five um, wells of Panani Saywell. Five five years of Panay yeah. Saywell or four years, whatever the whatever the rookie contract four. length is. I believe it's four. Four, okay. So now to the Lions season. The over under is five. Um, as you said, they're probably the worst team in the NFL. I I don't think that's I don't think it's a probably. Unfortunately for the Detroit Lions, I'm gonna have to go with the under. I mean, I I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, five, five wins. Who are we beating? Like honestly, oh. yeah. Like on, like I'm being serious. I haven't. Our and, best player, and he's got nobody to throw to. Who'd you say your best player was? Jared Goff. Yeah, I know that's actually accurate. Um, I mean, Jared Goff isn't phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, but he's a good quarterback. He's solid. He's fine. He's he deserves he's a, a starting spot in the NFL. Yeah. So yes, he's a man. So he's our best player, but he's got nobody to 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 rely on. Here's the I can't I can't pick them to win more than five games. Here's and the and I hope they don't. This is a rebuild. Yeah. Give me a high draft pick. Here's the Lions' schedule for anyone who doesn't know. I'm sure you already do, Jordan. 49ers. I don't actually go go oh. through it go through it slowly. 49ers. Loss. I mean, they're at home this weekend, but 49ers. Loss. Packers Loss. on the road. Loss. Oh uh, and two. Home against the Ravens. L. Oh and three. Traveling to Chicago. Toss up. Oh and four. Uh. Traveling to Minnesota. Oh and five. Home against the game. Home for a game that we could have a watch party for. Home against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. <laughs> We've got to do that. At 1 p.m. Oh, on Fox. Wow. I'm going to be kind to give him a dub. Fair. I would too, probably. Actually, that could be a game that ends in a fucking 0-0 tie. You ain't wrong. Uh, Only six. Traveling to Los Angeles to see Matthew Stafford. L. Big loss. So we're at 1-6? One 1-6, and six. One and six, yes. Uh, home against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Oh boy! <clears throat> probably a close game. Probably one will win. So okay. two and two and six. Uh, traveling to see Ben Roethlisberger. L. Traveling to see Baker Mayfield in the Barry, in the Mary Band of Cleveland. L. Okay. 
Um, home against the Bears. On Thanksgiving. Ow. Ah, yep, Al. We lose on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. I saw the day. I was like, all on Thanksgiving. Um, yep, Al. Home against Minnesota. Al. Uh, traveling to Denver to play that shithole. Al. Uh, home against the say not St. Louis Cardinals, wrong sport. Home against the Arizona Cardinals. Al. Uh, on the road against Atlanta. Al. Traveling to Seattle. Yes, mega Al. And in the final game of the season on January 9th. And wait, Packers. Packers at home. Al. So what was we, that two wins? Two and 14. <clears throat> Or possibly because the Bengals are also bad, a zero zero tie, so it could be one fifteen and one, but let's go two and fourteen. Yeah, it's it's under. It's way under. Way under. Way under. Oh wow. Um yeah, I'm gonna have to go the under two. So there guys is our uh, that was underwhelming. That was, was it? Uh, I'm talking about how we ended the uh, the NFL preview. I mean, the Lions are underwhelming. What do you want me to say? I know. Um, let's move on to the picks. The picks. Sorry, Kyle. That way we can all we can send everybody home. Yes. Um. Let's go. We. Do you have them pulled up? I have college football pulled up first. All right, perfect. Oh, boy, potentially the game of the week. If Oregon gets their shit together, the Oregon Ducks take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Oregon has a 13.5-point spread to cover. I'd, I'd say, who do you got? I have a feeling I know the answer. O-H, I-O. Ohio State, 13.5 point favorite at home. Um, I'm going to have to take this and take Ohio State. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Oregon, with you there. Oregon just didn't look impressive. <laughs> like, it didn't look impressive. It's not like Ohio State looked mega impressive, but, I mean, you're giving me two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we move on. Pittsburgh and Tennessee, both teams 1-0 close Fred here, uh, Pittsburgh, favored by three and a half points. Who do you got? I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm taking a Michigan guy because Joe Milton is not a dude. He's not <laughs> even a man. He He's a guy. I'm taking Tennessee, though. I think I'm with you. Uh, Tennessee looked... Oddly enough, impressive. <laughs> Something we will, may never say about Tennessee ever again. For fucking real. Um, but I'm with you. Tennessee plus three and a half. I pick them to win, honestly. Yeah. Moving on. Miami of Ohio. A matchup of two 0-1 teams. And they face Minnesota. Minnesota favored by 19 and a half. What say you? Well, Minnesota does not have 
Um, Mo Ibrahim. So they're going to have to rely on quarterback, which, well, Tanner Morgan didn't look great at times. He was no. uh, against Ohio State uh, until the final six minutes of the game. He was at one point uh, five for 16 or whatever it was. It was it, it was abysmal. Five for 16 with one touchdown and 40 yards. It was atrocious. But Miami of Ohio against Cincinnati looked atrocious. So I'm I'm going to take Minnesota. Well, the differentiation of our picks will come eventually, but not now. Uh, I'm taking Minnesota minus 19 and a half, the favorites. Moving on. Again, picking Florida in these picks, selecting Florida in these picks. They take on South Florida, favored by 29 and a half. Florida 1 and 0, South Florida 0 and 1. They're chomping already. Voice your pick to make it official. I, you know, you picked your sister's alma mater last week. I noticed Central I wasn't. I did, and I would have picked my sister's alma mater this week had they had a spread. They don't. It's Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The um, CMU game doesn't have a spread yet. Who do they play even? Just outside note. I don't remember. Okay. Um, I'm sticking with my alma mater. Gators win. South Florida is another team that just, they, they exist. I right. think uh, at 29 and a half, yeah, is a lot, but I think the Gators, if they can figure something out with who they want at quarterback, I think they do cover. All right. So this is where we finally differ. I'm going to pick the points. 29 and a half is a lot. And it's the only reason I'm picking them. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give her a go. You're giving me almost 30 points. I'll take it. Plus 29 and a half South Florida. Don't book it. <laughs> we move on. Another big spread. Big 10. I would say big 10 matchup. Big 10 team Purdue. They travel to UConn. UConn getting 33 and a half. What say you? Purdue the big favorite here. Uh, UConn's head coach just resigned uh, effective immediately on Monday or whatever night, day it was. UConn is ass. They are trash. They are ass. They are horrible. They are bad. They are putrid. Bad. Suck. Purdue. Even with that many points, Purdue. Connecticut's brutal. I'm taking Purdue, too. You, just side right. note about UConn real quick. Uh, it's been like two years since they've won a game, I believe. They have not won a game since 2019. I hear that's not good. So, <laughs> and they only won one. All right. Moving on, the number two team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. They're at home against UAB. Georgia favored by 25 and a half. What do you got? Oh boy. With even with Georgia's offense not looking phenomenal against Clemson. Twenty five and a half is a lot. It's more than two it's more than three touchdowns. I still feel like I have to go with Georgia. So I'm yeah. good. I'm good to take the Georgia Bulldogs at twenty five and a half. 
So as awful as they as awful as they looked against Clemson, it's Clemson. Their defense is still pretty good despite their offense being shit. I'm gonna go with Georgia. I think their the the Georgia offense just lights them up. It's yeah. UAB. Yeah. Sake. And that and I feel like that spread's too small. Moving on. Air Force travels to Navy. We have an Armed Forces matchup. For the Commander-in-Chief trophy. That's right. Air Force on the road, favored by six and a half. What do you say? I want to take Navy here. I I really want to take Navy here. But I can't. Air Force with that slight variation of the triple option where Air Force actually airs the ball out a little bit. Giving me less than a touchdown, I'm going to take Air Force at six and a half. So, Navy didn't look good week one. Uh, you're Again, you're only going to give me a touchdown, as you said. I'm going to take Air Force minus six and a half. Easy uh, for me. Um, can't believe I'm picking Air Force over Navy, but Navy's falling off quite a bit. Moving on. Ball State travels to Penn State. Oh, boy. Penn State favored by 22 and a half. What say you? We both been rough on Penn State. We don't think they're for real. But then again, this is Ball State. So, Ball State is balls. <laughs> balls <laughs> State. Yep. I I can't take I can't take Ball State. I can't. I I just I can't. I like some action in my life, but this is a Mac team that I can't take. Oh, man, I'm going to agree with you. I have to take Penn State. I'd like to do some things to get me back in the uh, race for the season because, again, I am currently in second. Yeah, I am one point ahead. For the record, I'm going to put the records for us on future graphics, but I was waiting until week three. I'm going to take Penn State as well, minus 22 and a half, moving on. It's probably Buffalo a good idea traveled. you didn't put our records on for this past week because both of us were putrid this past week. We were really bad with the picks. I, I had six, you had five. Yep, I know. It was Believe bad. me, I know. It was bad. Buffalo travels to Nebraska. 1-0 and against 1-1. One and one. Nebraska favored only by 13.5. Interesting spread. What say ya? Nebraska lost to Illinois. Illinois lost to UTSA. Yes. As I previously said, uh, with um, wanting to take some action here, I'm taking Buffalo. Wow! Buffalo is an underdog by 13.5. 13.5 is, by my math, less than two touchdowns. Yes. I... I am taking that, Buffalo. That is the reason I am taking Nebraska minus 13 and a half. I think they cover after what they did last week. Forget the Illinois game. What Lord have you done know. for me lately? What have you done for me? I know. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me last week more? I mean, they, Fair enough, lit, the, they lit the scoreboard up. And we were both wrong about that. They sure. <laughs> We sure fucking were. They they beat Buffalo by two touchdowns, according to me. 
big game in terms of a rivalry anyway. Iowa visits Iowa State. Iowa State the favorite. And again, both teams ranked. Iowa State number nine. Iowa number ten. Iowa State favored only by three and a half. What do you say? Iowa looked fan fucking tastic against Meanwhile, Indiana. Iowa State didn't. It, Iowa State, by my notes right here, it says Iowa State was bad. Yes. Against Northern fucking Iowa. I am taking the Hawkeyes to not just cover the spread. I am taking the Iowa Hawkeyes, the number 10 Iowa Hawkeyes, to win over Iowa State and effectively putting a knife in the heart of the Big 12 for their chances of getting into the playoff. I think, by the way, Iowa State loaded up with other Iowa teams to start their season. Oddly enough, um, I'm with you. I'm taking Iowa plus three and a half. Um, for me, that's that's easy. This is a this is a game that Iowa wins. Kirk Ferentz, incredible head coach. Um, and believe it or not, uh, the percentage of the picks, 58 percent agree with us with Iowa plus three and a half. Moving on. Eastern Michigan Eagles. They travel to Camp Randall, jump around, worst tradition in college football. Oh, Wisconsin is favored by 25 and a half. What do you say? Wisconsin 0-1, Eastern Michigan 1-0. I don't even know who the fuck they played. Yeah, I don't know who they played. Um, I got to take Wisconsin. Like, I don't think they follow up the... Not good performance last week against Penn State with a not good performance against Eastern Michigan. Wisconsin needs this game to get on track. So I'm taking the I'm taking Wisconsin. It's a weak Mac team in Eastern Michigan. Uh one of the weaker ones. Twenty five and a half, I feel like is low. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Wisconsin. That's an easy pick for me. Both of us taking Wisconsin. Yep. All right. Two 1-0 teams. Number 15, Texas, travels to Arkansas. SEC team, they claim to be contenders when they move to the SEC in a few years. Texas favored by only 6.5 against one of the lower SEC teams. What say you? Arkansas sucks. (laughs) Like... Arkansas has been one of the SEC teams that traditionally just gets their dicks kicked in. Yes. Uh, Texas is favored by six and a half. That is less than a touchdown. I would take that spread if it was 14. I'm taking Texas. I agree with you. Six and a half. It's easy, Texas. We move on. Oh, boy. Washington travels to the big house in Ann Arbor. Michigan favored by six and a half after the disaster that was Washington's first game. You're pointing up. You're pointing up. What do you say? Last week, last Friday, on this very show, 
when we were doing the college football preview, I said Michigan could struggle with Washington. Then Washington went and lost to Montana. This spread, as I just pointed out, is less than a touchdown. I would take this spread if it was 14. Um, I'm taking given, Michigan. Obviously, Michigan's my team. Um, so I'm going to pick them. But, I mean, I think that spread is very, very weird. Just because Michigan hasn't proven anything yet. They they were awful a season ago. They're just they're just trying to find that traction to to make you take them seriously again. I'm picking Michigan to give themselves an actual fucking chance at being considered legitimate. Even though Washington lost to Montana, this is a bigger game than Central Michigan, obviously. Michigan, six and a half. Easy. Moving on. Number 21, Utah. They travel to BYU, favored by seven and a half on the road. 10.15 p.m. on ESPN. Late night game. What do you say? You know, Utah, seven and a half is odd. I go back and forth on this, but I'm taking Utah. Yeah, I'm taking. Oh, uh, uh, like I've gone I'm back take and Utah. forth. I've gone back and forth on this one, but this is a hard one. I could regret taking Utah, but I'm taking the Utah Utes. Oh man, I'm taking Utah as well. It's it's my final decision. Um, I think Utah always puts together a solid program, kind of right outside the top twenty-five. Never really a national championship contender, but they're a solid team. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the Utah Utes. Last college game, and it's Pac-12 action. And, dude, well, it's ass. Stanford travels to USC, number 14, ranked in the country, USC. Somehow, someway, USC favored by 17 and a half. USC 1-0, Stanford 0-1. What do you got? As much as it pains me to say it, Colin Cowherd's going to be happy for another week. USC. I'm with you. All right, picks are saved on the college side. Load up as slow as humanly possible. I have uh, the The NFL NFL picks already. I got him. I said, you want me to lead us through this one since you took college? (laughs) Ah, I love the picks. All right. Thursday night football. Kicking it off on NBC. The Dallas Cowboys. Probably easily the best team in the NFC East if they stay healthy. Take on the defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay. Favored by seven and a half points. Big spread when it comes to the NFL. What do you got? I'm taking Tampa. All right. I'm with you. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Dallas might surprise us um, by how much they can score, but I think Tampa Bay is going to outscore. Moving on. We move on to Sunday, the 1 p.m. slate. The Tennessee Titans at home, favored by two and a half over the Arizona Cardinals. What do you got? 
I would take Tennessee if the spread was bigger than two and a half. Woo-hoo-hoo! <clears throat> I am ha- taking Tennessee straight up. I think I think Tennessee's going to win, and I think they're going to win by more than a field goal. Yep, so Easy do I. Easy for me, the Tennessee Titans. Moving yep. on, the shit show of the week. Fuck, this <laughs> but game's getting bad. But somebody's got to win. You would the think. Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval. <laughs> God damn it, I'm choking myself up. Travel to Houston to take on the Texans. The Jaguars, the worst team in the league last year, favored by two and a half. What do you got? Um, I think it's fitting that for this game in Houston, tickets are starting at $22, by the way. <laughs> Apparently, according to CBS. Um, I'm amazed that's that's as high as they are. Fuck, right. I am... Who the hell wants to pay to see Tyron Taylor? Yeah, no one. Um, The Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence era begins well. Jacksonville gets the win against Houston. I'm going yeah, with you, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both of these teams are booty cheeks. Uh, Houston is more booty cheeks than Jacksonville. I'm going Jacksonville, especially if you're, you're only going to give me two and a half points. Moving on, the I almost said San Diego, <laughs> L.A. Chargers travel to whatever the fuck their stadium's name is. I believe it's sponsored by FedEx for the Washington football team. The Chargers are only favored by one and a half. What do you say? Uh, the Washington football team was not good last year. I'm to take, be fair, now that we're the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers were slightly better. Actually, well, technically Washington was a playoff team. Um, if, if you could call winning that division an accomplishment. Um, I'm taking the Chargers, though. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think the Chargers are in for a, for a fairly solid year. Yeah. Oh, boy, here we go. The Minnesota Vikings traveled to whatever the fuck your stadium's called. I believe it's Paul Brown Stadium. Paul Brown Stadium, yep. Hey, I got it right. Yep, Paul Brown (laughs) Stadium, named after uh, the founder of the Bengals. Named after the founder of the Bengals. Does he have anything to do with the Cleveland Browns? Yes, founder of the Browns, too. (laughs) Cute. Vikings favored by three and a half. Small spread. Do you pick your team? Minnesota. If first off, if Minnesota has championship aspirations, this is a game they need to win <laughs> by more than three and a half. And the Minnesota Vikings are going to win by with you on that more than three and a half. Don't think the Brown or uh, Bengals rather are there yet. Um, could could see some improvements throughout the season. Not week one. Moving. On the logos didn't load in here, so I have to read the names. The Carolina Panthers are at home against the New York goddamn Jets. Panthers favored by four and a half. What do you got? Well, um, the Jets can't go see thick, chunky Sam Darnold. 
Uh, the, the yeah, that's of, that's cute that that got scheduled week one. Right? <laughs> that's hilarious. It would have only been funnier if um, Carolina was traveling up there. But I digress. Yeah, no, uh, Carolina wins, and surprisingly, tickets according to CBS those are going for uh, sixty-two ninety-eight. Are starting at sixty-two ninety-eight. Who wants to go see uh, Zach Wilson or Sam Darnold throw the ball around poorly? Um, Mormons and <clears throat> Panthers fans. I don't know. I was say actually they might be sixty-two ninety-eight just to go see Christian McCaffrey. Wouldn't that be worth the price of admission? I'm gonna say that the ticket sales are all Mormons. BYU. <laughs> They're all traveling gracious. to Carolina. I'm taking the Panthers. There's Mormons in Carolina. I'm sure. Moving yeah, on. I actually there are. Philadelphia Eagles. God, these week one matchups suck. Philadelphia Eagles traveled to the Atlanta Falcons bird on bird matchup. Falcons favored by three and a half. What do you say? I'm going with Atlanta. I'm going with Atlanta too. Uh, Philly's going to have some growing pains. Um, I think uh, with Jalen Hurts and everything, got to build some chemistry. We move on. The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Bill's Mafia, Buffalo, favored by six and a half against a team that is supposed to compete in the the AFC North. What do you, what do you say? What do you make of the spread? The spread is weird. I'm gonna say that. However, um, I also I love this matchup because Buffalo is the team that started the uh, that little midseason fall apart for Pittsburgh. And it was coincidentally at Buffalo last year, too, if I remember correctly. I believe it was. Um, which is odd that Buffalo play, or Pittsburgh plays Buffalo at Buffalo two years in a row. If that's even true, I mean, I feel like it wouldn't matter where they played, but I feel like you're right, but I might be wrong. Either way, I'm taking Buffalo. I mean, it's Buffalo, easy. I picked them as the number two team in the AFC, top three team in the NFL, period. So, Buffalo Bills, easy. Oh, boy. One of the final games of the 1 o'clock slate, the San Francisco 49ers travel to my permanent home in Ford Field to take on the Detroit Lions. I believe the... Largest spread we've seen so far, seven and a half, is the number in which the uh, this ain't baseball. Uh, <laughs> I did it the earlier. Though. Are favored. Forty ers favored by seven and a half. Who do you got? Um, well, the Forty ers have quarterback issues. The Detroit Lions have issues. I am going with the team that only has quarterback issues instead of every issue. I'm going with the 49ers. So, Lions are my team, right? I, I've, I've picked them when I shouldn't, so buy them when they shouldn't. Well, up until last year. I picked them against them, rather, last year because... I don't have faith. I don't have faith this year. 49ers. Easy. 
Seven and a half, too small. That that team, that team is an NFL team. Both taking San Francisco. Moving on, a decent game for fuck's sake, finally. As we round out the one o'clock slate, the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson, they travel to face Carson Wentz in his debut with the Indianapolis Colts. Tiny spread. One and a half is only the favorite for the Seattle Seahawks. Who do you got? Seattle. That's all you have? Yeah. I think this is going to be a great game. I think Seattle... um, This is an important game for Seattle. I don't think it's as important for for Indy. I think for Seattle, though, this is a game that... After how they ended last year, this is a confidence builder win if they get it. I'm gonna switch them up. This is the first time too. The, I'm gonna go with Indy. Yeah, I think this is the first deviation we've had here in the NFL. It's not the first, but it's one of the only. Um, I'm gonna go with the Colts. I'm gonna go with Carson Wentz. Prove me right or prove me wrong. I'm sticking with you. It's 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 what I gotta do. I, I, I believe in the Colts. Moving on to the four o'clock slate, the Cleveland Browns and what's probably the game of the week. Browns travel to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you say, Chiefs? Only favored by six and a half. This game's gonna be phenomenal. I'm gonna love watching this one. Uh, I, however, am going to have to go with Kansas City. I think Kansas City is just... I think Cleveland's good. I think Kansas City is just too good, though. I'm with you on that. You give me seven and a half? Oh, boy, I might have to think. But I have to say Kansas City six and a half. It's it's easy. You're going to give me a touchdown. Best best team in the NFL. I, I, I can't do anything else. Yeah, it's hard to... It's going to be hard all year to pick against Kansas City, I think. It really is. Moving on, the Denver Broncos travel to the Meadowlands or whatever the fuck that stadium's called, MetLife Stadium. Yeah, yeah, corporate sponsors. The Broncos favored by a point and a half. Tricky spread. Who do you got? You're basically picking a winner here. I think the Giants still aren't good. I think the Broncos have a little bit more going for them with Teddy Bridgewater. I think this, and and that good defense, I think the Broncos are going to win this game. We differ again, only because I'm trying to put my faith in the Giants. It's it's an attempt. It probably ain't going to go well. But both teams have questions all over the place. I'm going to go with the Giants. The spread's tiny. Giants. Okay. Moving on. Oh, a matchup that would have been a fucking pants buster early, like, last year. Yeah. Really, any time within the last ten years. The Green Bay Packers travel to whatever the fuck the Superdome's called these days. Mercedes-Benz. Nope, they changed the sponsorship. I don't know what it is anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the Saints are at home against the Green Bay Packers. 
Packers favored by a field goal and a half. What do you say? As I said earlier, this is a must-win season, or a Super Bowl or bust season for the um, Packers. So I think the Packers are going to win this game because they need to – I don't. I think James Winston's been playing good, but I just don't think he's gonna be able to keep up with Aaron Rodgers. So I'm taking I, Packers. I agree somewhat, but I think that Saints defense is a difference maker. I'm gonna pick the Saints plus three and a half. It's probably gonna be a close game. Maybe last second field goal gets me the cover. I don't even know. Saints. For me, divisional matchup with the Miami Dolphins and the Pitts, not Pittsburgh, New England Patriots. Scratch in your head. Oh, yeah, that'd be an interesting divisional matchup. It really would. Uh, Patriots favored by two and a half. Tiny spread again. Yeah, I don't like this one. Um, I'm going to take Miami. I think Miami is better than where New England is right now. At this juncture in time, here in week one, I think the Miami Dolphins are at a better spot than the New England Patriots. I think you're right, but <clears throat> still going to pick the Patriots. I'm okay. uh, going to take the tiny little bit of points going against my trend. I usually would take points at all. And I do believe the Dolphins are good, but I'm going to go with the Patriots. Come on, CBS. There we go. The Chicago Bears. The Bears. Travel to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles to face the Rams. Matthew Stafford's debut in L.A., Rams favored by seven and a half. What say you? Andy Dalton is starting for the Bears, so nope, they're not winning. Chicago. Or, no, not Chicago. Uh, the other team that isn't Chicago. <laughs> My brain. This has been a long show. My brain's kind of quitting. Rams. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, final game of the NFL slate. Sunday Night Football. Maybe? I don't even fucking know. Monday night, you mean? Monday night football, yes! It's been a long show. Well, the the, the words are tiny and I can't read. Monday night football, the Ravens travel to Las Vegas. Can you believe that sentence? To take on the Raiders. Ravens favored by four and a half. What do you say? I'm going with Baltimore. Going with Baltimore as well. It's 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 easy. I think I think Baltimore is just so much better than than the Raiders at this point. I just I, I we've seen some madness on Monday Night Football to start the season in years past. It's not happening this year. It's just where I'm at. Yeah. That leads us gets us through the picks. Um, champ and chump of the week. I will let you take chump or champ of the week because I gotta get up and go get some stuff for my foot. For my some broken foot stuff here. Stuff for your foot. Get, when did you break your foot? That's I got ran over by. I got ran over by a car at work uh, a few weeks ago. That's why those crutches behind me are for. Oh. Yeah. 
So I will be right back because I can't even, if anyone hasn't noticed, I haven't been able to sit still because my foot and lower right leg hurt that fucking much right now. That's why I keep kind of shifting in my chair. I will be Here's back. Podcast, podcast listeners without video feed will have no goddamn clue, but yes, yeah. sure. I'll I be will back. go on. My champ of the week can't be anything other than all elite wrestling. And I hate bringing up wrestling on this podcast because it's not what, it, not what it's focused about. It's not about predetermined fights or anything like that. But good lord above. My champ of the week last week on the season debut, a couple weeks removed, was CM Punk coming back after seven years and returning to wrestling and everything like that. But my champ of the week this week is Ollie Wrestling. Um, they provided one of the best pro wrestling moments that has ever existed. A essential triple swerve of a debut at their last pay-per-view all out. They straight up debuted two superstars in what I believe might be the best way possible. So, All Elite Wrestling debuts Kenny, or not Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega retains his AEW World Championship. Goes on his typical heel spiel about, hey, look, I'm the best there is. Ain't nobody can touch me. Blah, 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 blah. He'll speak. Lights go out. Adam Cole. Now, let me provide some context. Adam Cole recently, and I mean very recently, a couple, two, three weeks ago, ended his, his time with WWE's NXT. He debuts when nobody expected him to debut. It's just, it, it, it was incredible just the, the, the reaction that he got. Fingers up in the air, two fingers up in the air, rather. Adam Cole, baby, he's here. I am back. I see that. I'm going. I'm going on my champ rant. Okay, who was your champ? It was All Elite Wrestling as whole. Oh, okay. It it it, it, it can't be anybody else. But Adam continue. Cole debuts, gets into the ring. Adam Cole, baby, the entire crowd fucking erupts. He's staring down AEW World Champion Kenny Omega. You think he's the next challenger? For Kenny Omega's world championship. Ha ha! He ain't. Super kicks Jungle Boy. Down to the mat he goes. And good lord above. He'd been in the company 30 seconds and turned heel. Incredible. They go on some, some spiel on the mic. Doing what they can do. And then all of a sudden. Ride of the Valkyries plays. 
And holy shit, it's Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Bryan Danielson. He fucking debuted. They debuted them both. How? It might be one of the greatest finishes in professional wrestling history to a pay-per-view. I still can't comprehend it, and I've watched it 30 times. There really isn't any other way to describe it. It that was that was incredible. But I mean, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Just the entire segment, the beatdown after Kenny Omega retains his championship, and then and then they debut two superstars at once. Incredible. Like I said, haven't seen it. Go watch it. Who's your champ of the week? My champ of the week is Florida State quarterback, Mackenzie Milton. Ooh, I love it. Mackenzie Milton on Sunday played his first game in over 1,000 days and after nine surgeries. Doctors did not think he'd barely, he would barely be able to walk again, let alone didn't even think he'd have a chance at football. And Sunday night, against Notre Dame on the biggest stage of the week, more or less, because it was the only game on Sunday. It may have not, as I said earlier, may not necessarily have been a game that people really wanted, but it was the only game of the day. It was the only thing in the world of sports worth watching that Sunday, other than the um, United States World Cup qualifier game. Leads Florida State back from down two scores to force overtime, and then obviously the kicker, Florida State's kicker, missed the or missed the field goal in overtime. Notre Dame gets gets their win. It it sucks that Mackenzie Milton's first return couldn't be a win, but phenomenal story. Great to see. You love it. And as a college football fan, as a guy who is primarily a college football guy, I love it. Mackenzie Milton's champ of the week. I, 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 I 100% think that's a phenomenal champ of the week. Um, he, there was a chance that when, when he first got injured, that he wasn't going to walk. Yeah. Let alone play football. Yeah. He, he, there's, he, doctors were able to save his leg just so he could possibly walk. Yes. Possibly walk. You said it perfectly. Like, and 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 yet he's out here playing Division One football. And not just I love the guy. I Power love the Five guy. Division One yeah. football. Yes, he may have I been. Love the guy, I love the guy at at UCF. I thought he was phenomenal there. But the fact that he's that he's come back the way that he has, such an incredible story. Love it. And uh, what I love I, I, even I just more. love it. And if and if, and if anybody, this is my last little bit on this. If nobody loved that, goddamn, what's wrong with you? Accurate. Like you don't you don't have a soul. Accurate. What I love even more about it when he transferred from UCF, the reason he gave, at least that's what we were. The reason he told the media and people who had asked him is. It's, and I can't remember what UCF's starter is, his name is now, but Mackenzie Milton said, 
it's his time. I don't want to take the spotlight away from him. So he I love this dude. Which phenomenal response. He's a leader among he's a leader amongst young men. And he is he gonna have an NFL career? It's hard to say, but guess what? He's making the most of what he can do. And he went out and played really good against Notre Dame in the two drives that he let he played. And I love it. Of course. I mean Mackenzie Milton. Guy is a warrior. Fighter and I mean I just, my champ of the week was goddamn pro wrestling. And so. I had I just mean, to go find a way to one-up it. Apparently so. So, like, you talk about just fighting through life, dude. Mackenzie Milton goes to UCF. It ain't no, no powerhouse. And yet, he's made his way through the injury to Florida State. It's it's incredible. The fact that he was even able to walk is incredible. His whole story is just phenomenal. I love it. I love every bit of Mackenzie Milton. Yeah. Loved him at UCF even before the injury, just as a player. And now the the whole story after that's just amazing. What can you beat? What can beat that in in terms of a story in terms of sports right now? There is none. Like, there literally is none. I agree with that. Like, it's this story, Mackenzie Milton's story, is almost Alex Smith-esque. Yeah. Like, very, very, very similar. Because Alex Smith wasn't sure he was going to be able to walk again. Alex only, Smith almost lost his leg. Yeah, the only real difference is just the span of time. Alex Smith's everything with Alex Smith's story happened in a slightly shorter time frame. Yep. Mackenzie Milton's was over the course of I think like almost 1,200 days. It was like 1,148, 1,140, like almost like 1,150 days or something like that, yep. and nine surgeries. Yeah. Okay. Right. So moving on to the chump of the week, who do you got? I want you to take yours first because I I feel like yours is probably better than mine. So go ahead. Mine's going to be a rant. That is all right. Okay. Do you go? My chump of the week is ACC football. This week, the top three teams in the Atlantic Coastal Conference, Clemson, North Carolina, and Miami, all three of them lost. The some of their other out of conference games, loss, loss, loss. We knew the ACC was bad, but Clemson, Miami, or Clemson, North Carolina, and Miami were all supposed to be good. Clemson had two yards rushing. They looked terrible. They didn't even belong on that field with Georgia. I don't care what you want to say about. <clears throat> I don't care what you want to say about Georgia not scoring an offensive touchdown. Clemson did not belong on that same fucking field as Georgia. North Carolina only lost by seven, but they lost to an unranked Virginia Tech team. North Carolina was never in in that game. They were never in control of that game. They never had a shot. They got outplayed. They got outclassed. Mac Brown even said it, that they were overrated and didn't belong where they were. And then Miami, who 
talk about a team that didn't belong on that f- football field. They didn't belong on a football field with, with Alabama either. None of them belonged in a, on in anywhere in the top 25. Miami didn't belong in the top 25. Miami still doesn't. North Carolina didn't belong in the top 10. Don't believe don't belong in the top 25. Clemson definitely didn't belong in the top 10. They don't belong in the top five. They don't belong where they are now. Still. They are a joke. They are a fraud. The whole conference is a fucking fraud. We keep getting duped because they've had one fucking powerhouse the past four years in Clemson off of the backs of Deshaun Watson and Hunter Renfro and Sammy Watkins and then off of the backs of Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. The ACC is a fucking joke. It is not a good joke. It's a fucking terrible joke. And they just are all fucking bad. All like no matter what you could say about Clemson and North Carolina, their games being close, they were never in control. They never, never. They, they they never even threatened to win. And it's just it's a joke. The fact that we continue to give the ACC this well, they have a powerhouse team, and this one team's just so good that they walk through everybody else. And then people say, well, Ohio State does the same thing with the Big Ten. The Big Ten is, across the board, better than the ACC. The ACC last year went 1-9 and nine in bowl games. 1-9. and nine. And the Big there was Ten some, usually doesn't do much better, but I, I the agree. The Big Ten ACC does a lot better, awful. usually. I mean, they, they, don't, they don't do great, but they're better than that. Like, one, the ACC, across the past four years, have won... Like seven bowl games, eight bowl games, and most of and half of them are by Clemson. Like, come on. The I mean, ACC, that doesn't even count because they're in the playoffs and they get to play two games most of the time. Yeah, like the ACC is a fucking joke, and they are my chump of the week. They, the ACC football right now is contender for chump of the fucking year. After so, this, after <laughs> this week, if. Actually, I, the year? one second. Go ahead. Go, yeah, go ahead. Just to finish this off, the best showing we got from an ACC team this year was from a Florida State team that wasn't supposed to be great against a Notre, te- a Notre Dame team that was supposed to be really good. That was the best showing we got from the ACC from an ACC team this week. Wow. That was on. Uh... That the game was on national stage. That's that's very fitting. That yeah. you bring up that game. Now, very, now very, over to very you. Very fitting that you bring. Very fitting that you bring up that game. And I've already talked about it. And I've already ranted about it. I don't even know if you were here for that. Bob Brian Kelly. <clears throat> no, most most Brian, of it I was. Brian Kelly is my chump of the week. There, there, there ain't ain't nobody else I can give it to. The yeah. ACC was awful. But the fact. And and given that I've already talked about this, I'm I'm not gonna go into too deep of anything with it. But the fact that Brian Kelly has directly or indirectly caused the death of one of his players, grad assistant, but yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. The death the death of someone on his team or staff. Yep. And he comes out and says unprovoked 
I'm in favor of the execution of my players. Doesn't sit well with me. Doesn't sit well with anybody. You can defend it with some quote from the 70s if you want. It doesn't work. <clears throat> it doesn't work. Flat out. Doesn't work. Defend it all you want. I've never thought high of Ryan Kelly. I don't think any higher of him now. Certainly. He's been a and I It's hard to say that I think any lower of him. Because... I thought low of Brian Kelly throughout his entire tenure at Notre Dame. So, hard to say. All I got on that is Brian Kelly is a shitbag of a human. He is. And I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you want from, from some dude? Even from more, some lower. dude coaching this this Catholic university bullshit. Hell yeah! The hell else do you want? Like, and you know, the only team itself that has its own TV deal. Yeah, with NBC. Fuck. And Peacock, we're streaming on Peacock now. Oh, yeah. I always forget about that. Um, and this is what makes this worse. You look at some of the line of coaches that Notre Dame has had pre-Brian Kelly. Um, I know hard, Char- to, hard to think about because I know Brian Kelly's been there for ages. Well, I mean, I know Charlie Weiss was not never a 100% stand-up human. No. But before, even before Charlie Weiss, there was some form of integrity that came with that job. That you had, you had to have some form of integrity and not be a human shitbag. Be a human trash bag. And look where Notre Dame is now for coaches. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think much of that school, period. But Brian Kelly and the, uh, the football team, man. I mean, Brian Kelly, just in if, general, he was a shitbag at if, Cincinnati. If, if Notre Dame can, for, you know, just avoid any sort of stupid controversy for, oh, I don't know, 10 years? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Says Monty Teo's fake girlfriend. Fuck. Fuck. That was, yeah. Bad. Okay. I hate Notre, I hate Notre Dame, but so does everybody else. Oh, I hate them. Move, I hate Notre move Dame. Move on if you want. Move I on whatever yeah. you want. I hate Notre Dame. That's a that's a conversation for a whole another day. That's a conversation for eight years ago. But yeah, let's move on to one for the road and get wrapped up, everybody, because it's been a five hour, five hour and sixteen minute show. I ain't even surprised. No, <laughs> I was I was half expecting this. I knew we were gonna run incredibly <laughs> long. So, uh, you want to go with your one for the road for the week, or you want mine? My one for the Reds is easy. It's it's Browns Chiefs rematch from the divisional round of the NFL last year. Um, it's gonna tell a major story as to where those two teams are. Two teams that I consider to be big competitors in the AFC. It's gonna it's it's gonna tell you more than you think. Yes, it's week one, but what moves they made. And where these teams are in 2021, this game's going to be big. And I think 
hopefully not like Georgia Clemson, doesn't turn into a shit show. But I think that's my one for the road. It's it it's got to be. I think it's a solid game. Should be a solid game. I mean, college football ain't the NFL, and the NFL's a lot closer. So I'm gonna go with Chiefs at the Browns or Browns at the Chiefs rather to uh, to to wind up my portion of this podcast. That's my one for the road. Well, if anyone couldn't notice by the uh, crumpling of paper that was either heard or seen, depending on how you're watching this or intaking this. I didn't hear it, but I saw it. That was my one for the road. <laughs> I mean, apparently. I, um... <laughs> apparently, that's a, that's, that's a game you better tune into. That was my one for the road. Because... Just look at the game, the the rest of the NFL games this weekend. Look at the college games. There aren't a lot of standout games. Best game, easy. Chiefs Browns. The best, honestly, the, the best college game of the week might be Oregon Ohio State. The best NFL of the game, maybe if Oregon's good. If Oregon actually kind of gets off the bus, gets off the plane, <laughs> gets off the plane even, or even got on the plane back in Eugene. That might be the game of the week. Um, otherwise, you look at the NFL, all of them are just generic week one bullshit matchups. Um, so game of the week is without a doubt 100% Browns-Chiefs. And I could go on and say more about it, but it's going to be the best game of the week. It's going to be uh, 100% worth the watch. It's going to be fun. Uh, Jordan watch this be wrong. Watch yeah. this be wrong and two weeks in a row for one for the road. And, yeah, and that and that game's absolute bullshit. Like, I mean, might as well continue the season, the the theme of season five, and just have our one for the roads be absolute shit. Yeah. So, one for the road is for both of us apparently Browns Chiefs. With that being said, that is the that is the, the there we go the show. Um, probably the longest we've ever done, but and we'll then probably again, be the, I, ain't even, I ain't even upset about it. We'll probably be the longest we will do until next year. Until we do this again. Unless we do the, I mean, we might find some alternative ways to shorten it, but we'll burn that bridge next year. Um, with that being said, everybody, thank you for making us a part of your night uh, into early morning. Well, not even early morning. We're still in the night just after midnight here in Michigan um it was fun the show great we will have this on Spotify I will have this on Spotify tomorrow I'll have this on YouTube tomorrow or Friday probably tomorrow um or someday it'll I'm, be up there eventually and when it is I'm gonna shoot for want, tomorrow if you want to rewatch it YouTube uh podcast networks and I will tweet it out at both uh, HD Podcast underscore and Motown Rundown underscore and probably my own Twitter at Twitchy Niche. I'll probably just retweet it. Like, I'm not going to go through all the extra steps. <laughs> well, I know you won't because I have all three of, those, three of those accounts. But just let me know when it's up there. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, I have this little tiny piece of paper. We're getting to br- bring an old tradition back of... I was going to say, this is a March Madness thing. Yeah. After our brackets are busted because we're ass at yeah. predicting March Madness. I mean, that was like a, even a fall season thing, but we're bringing that back now. Um, 
thank you for making us part of your night, guys. We will see you all next week. Until then, stay classy, Internet. I kind of lost my train of thought in the outro there. It's been a long show. I get it. Peace out and stay classy, everyone. See ya. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence.